and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the digital doppelganger of Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Werner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 513. 513, does that mean you have no soul, is what that means? No, it means, doesn't. Eric? One day you'll understand the concept. I don't know. I ended up last Probably night, not. I was, I was going to make my AI of uh, Sammy Hagar to do a song, and I thought, I don't want him coming back and killing me. So I didn't. Again, you you have affected AI. me. You have affected me. It's the AI, uh, and I don't want that to happen. Sammy Hagar. I heard the AI was bad, so now I'm a scared. AI Sammy Hagar could come back really strong, and I don't need that. But welcome all Stronger of the weirdos, too, maybe. I, I doubt that as well. Episode 513, as you said, uh, Legacy number 513. And we have a big event starting this week and a bunch of other books it's another one of those big giant weeks we have a ton of books we won't waste too much time in this intro we'll get right to it with the fact that if you want to see us all around go to twitter at weird science dc we'll follow you back then go to our website oh. weird science dc comics.com to read written reviews for most of these books then go over to the youtubes at the weird science comics where you can get reviews for these books and marvel and some other stuff and then, really, what we'd love you to do is go and check out our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weirdscience. Help us out for everything we do here, plus get more, 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 including the big show that we do each and every week, Thursday night, me and Eric get together and do a two-book Patreon spotlight picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. This week, they picked some weird ones. I didn't see this coming, but hey, that's the, I don't know, the randomness of the badasses. People say that. You never see it coming, though. Well, Steelworks number six and the Penguin number four. Now, I, I'm people not going to tell you that those are not ones that I would expect people to rush to the Patreon to listen to. But maybe those so. are the ones we have the most fun with. And we did end up talking for a while about both of those books and what we think about life and love in general. We talked about this crazy roller coaster ride we call life, Eric. And so if you want to listen to that, it go to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weird Science. There's a bunch of other shows as well. But like I said, we have a lot of books. We're going to get right to what I like to call the badass roll call, Aaron. Yeah. Uh. Listen to that. Uh, 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 uh. No, no, they call me, Jim. Uh. uh. I don't get the uh. I wish I got the uh. Here are the badasses. David Fink, Trevitt, Dad Nation. Yeah, y'all. Eric K., Jeffrey Greek, the Zach that smiles back. He gives back too, That's I nice. guess. Stephen Batdad Mitchell, the Annihilator. Ted Probst, I love Punchline Stork. Michael S. Cam, Matt Razor. Niels T. Work, David Baum, Jason Kobe, Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G. Ken Halleck, Comic Boom Rocky, Scary Potter. I love that guy. guy. Lazy Esser. That's what I call him. Mark Jager, Bill Beer, Ruben Carlos. <laughs> you better not. No far. Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, probably sleeping and or drunk. Simon, same thing. Luis, man, shoop. Andrew from Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Batman Beyond, Mark. B, Muir, Brandy, Murray. I just want to point out that his bills went down to our Eagles and double A, Ron. Doxing his ass. I said my bills to somebody else. Doxing it. Well, really, you have plenty to share and, and pass around. And also all-time great Reggie and Rob Lewis. So here we are, Eric. We have a bunch of books, as I said, and I'm fired up. I'm hoping that Funtime Eric has shown up. I kind of know that later on, 
It kind of does. I don't know. I think that you're going to have some fun today. I, I predict a little bit of fun. I'm always fun. Are you going to be maybe loosen a little up? No, are you fired up be. like you say you are? I'm, I'm just like you I'm know, not downtrodden Jimmy. Let me tell you the woes of the Jimmy boy. Last night I ended up sending you a picture. I had both pickle ice cream and mac and cheese ice cream. I was so mad. I was like, why can't you just buy good ice cream? Why do you have to be disappointed in everything in your life? Remember before I sent you a picture Down of that mac and cheese? Jimmy. Like I sent that mac and cheese before. That was just I saw it online. I was at the Walmart. They had it there, and it's it's one of those the things. Walmart. Yeah, you have to try it because it was at the Walmart. They also had a. You don't yeah, have to. But when are you ever going to get pickle dill pickle ice cream? When are you ever going to get it again? It. Or mac and, when you look at the mac and cheese ice cream too, you open it up, and it does have like what looks like swirls of just like cheese and stuff. But it's okay. Dill pickle is very odd, but I like that taste. But one of the things I want to do, they had kettle corn. That sounded pretty good. Kettle corn, Eric. But with, <laughs> it, just, I'm telling you, the they, monster. they both were pretty bad. But the dill pickle one was one of those things where you kind of keep belching it up all night. And just then maybe like ice cream. you belch, it wakes you up, you go down and eat more of it. Right? Oh. And you're like, well, might as well eat it. Started eating. But I, it, what is the opportunity for that isn't going to come off too often. So I That's went cool. with it. I went with it, the, Eric. The opportunity to get my ass kicked doesn't come up too often. I ain't going to go search it out either. Well, yeah, you do about every Friday and fucking Saturday night. I'll tell you the way you talk to me. You're searching it out. You're asking for it. That's not a threat. I got to wait for you to get here. That's not happening. (laughs) I can get there. Might take me a while. Be funny. Like, I show up there. I finally find out where you live. You live two blocks away. I have no idea where you live. Haven't seen you Uh in three years. And Uh I finally get there. And then I forget what I'm even there for because I, I'm too old. I'm too senile. I'm like, what the hell? And then I just slap you and leave. Because I know, you know, the slap is just a given. And then I leave. And then you're fine, right? It, would you be happy if I just slapped you or would you want me to punch you? <laughs> I just love you the idea you, you right going to open the door. Well, I might have to break it down. I don't okay. know what I would do. I would actually, <laughs> it would be like streetcar named Jimmy. I'd be a... Eric! I'd be yelling. You wouldn't open the window. Everybody else would be opening their windows and yelling no, at me. already calling the cops. Yeah, that's true. And then the cops My come. My job is like, done without doing the anything. Cops the come, best and kind I, of job. I'm going to finagle it, and in some way I can figure out that they'll have to let me know where you live. Like, I'll make it something like you're in Look trouble. Look at you. You're I, freaking Moriarty over here thinking you're some kind of mastermind. You're getting handcuffed and putting it back in I the car. I said I heard that you were in trouble. I came here, but I can't remember where you lived. You know Eric Shea. They're like, well, we are there like every three days. So we go up there. They open the door. Then I punch you, and then I get arrested. Now I'm arrested for assault. But at least it's worth it. It's worth it. Oh, just the idea right. they think they're going to walk you up to my door. We don't know where I am just so this is going to happen. because, like, I'm going to say you OD'd. And that they better get the Narcan ready. Off we go, Eric. And I, then yeah, I'm there. Why do they need you? I'm telling you, it's it's a ride along now. Now I'm with them. Then after we do that. You're not a likable person. How is this happening? I'm there for the rest of the night. The best would be if they ended up like, I can, you know, I can kind of fake it. So they're like, hey, can you, you want to, you know, ride along with us? And then I'd be like, yeah. And then like two blocks in, I'd be like, can, can you just take the fuck out? <laughs> I'm bored. <laughs> I, they would actually get so annoyed with me bouncing around in the back seat and stuff. And I mean, like, bouncing like I'm a little kid on a bed. Oh, <laughs> I know. Sleepover, right? And I'm like, do I get a badge and a gun or something like that? Though I don't like guns, Eric. I don't like touching. But that's it. Like that's badges. the beginning. Yes, we're going to go off. And big event time. It doesn't feel like it. And I'm talking about the, you know, general, I don't know, Zeitgeist. Amazon's tech? Nah, well, we'll get to that later, too. 
But is there a lot of talk about, oh, my God, another event? Or is it that people weren't really looking forward to these? I think that people are confused about what the hell this would be. I didn't know what the hell it was going into it. The last like week or two, when they had those little like you know preview pages and like you know, the opposite side of the cover and stuff like that, when you open the book, that was the first time I realized that it was a Starro story. Because it had Starro in the freaking like name of Beast World. And is it there? Is it a Starro story? Were you, were you upset? I, this is something that I will bring up again, probably. I don't know why I'd say it, but are you upset that Jaro wasn't involved? Did you think Jaro might have made a little bit of a sneak no, appearance? No, I, I didn't. I nobody's did. mentioned Jaro in years. Well, nobody's mentioned Garo until this week, so it, everything's evener. And again, after that, nobody will mention Garo alone again. Oh, there will be one more time, and I'll tell you that when we come back with the books. With an ancient deed in their hand Walking through the streets of Gotham in the rain They brought a big guy with them they call Gilten Claw He's got the old asthma running in his veins See two face standing at the door. Does she not go in? Ubu got mutilated late last night. Werewolves and Gotham again. He has been just forgotten. He's forgotten fine. by the masses. Well, what the hell's going on with Two Face? <laughs> that's what I want to know. Fine, the guy has just disappeared. Uh, of course, that song is for a book that we're going to be doing at the end of this section as we do things. Eric, I was going to play a a bit of Magistrate City to make you giggle. Just to <laughs> throw it in there, we will mention it later in the show. I do predict, but. We have a big section of books, and usually we would start with, say, an action or detective comics. But it is event time once again. Is it ever not Amazon's event? attack. It's not really an event. You end up it's having a tie-in book with a book, but not really an event in my mind. The problem being is... The world versus the Amazons. Most people are a little event fatigued. We ended up having the whole, you know, what's it called? Gotham War. You also had night terrors, a lot of things going on. And then when you have this beast world, I don't think people were even, I'm telling you, I don't think this is on anybody's radar. And I think that a lot of this is going to be played out of, do a lot of people read the Titans and the Nightwing book by Tom Taylor? They seem to be the media darlings. They get awards. People who seem to be in the know, unlike me and you, Eric, say how great it is, but I don't really hear many people down at the malt shop talking about it. And then with this, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe people are like, well, I don't really read that. But when you get into it, whether we like it or not, we'll see if Eric Shea likes fun. 
but you don't really need to read those books per se to get into this. So I will tell you that if that's the thing that's keeping you away from it, maybe you should get involved. And I think that this has like a better feel, a mouth feel even, Eric. And then maybe the first bit of Gotham War Night Terrors. It gets wonky by the end. I think. What about the Gotham War Red Hood number one? Because that had a good mouth feel, didn't it? That had a horrible mouthfeel, a horrible mouthfeel, Eric. But give us the credits of this, and then we'll jump in and see. Because you're not going to reveal your hand to me. Why would I? I I didn't even try. Let's talk about a book. I've given up. I like to get the lay of the land. Most of you, I hear people who do podcasts, they'll like send each other outlines and notes, and I'm going to say this, and then you say that. Spur of the moment. Spontaneity, Jim. I Sometimes I want us to be like Paul and Michael, little say, say, say. We go back and forth. I don't know. But we don't do that, Eric. We never have. So, Look, if I let you do this, we'll end up talking about the book for 45 minutes before you ever hit record. Maybe. But would that help? I don't know. Hit the credits and let's go. Titans Beast World, number one, written by Tom Taylor with art by Ivan Rice, Danny Mickey, and Brad Anderson with letters by Wes Abbott. I don't know why I wanted to separate the letters, but I just decided to. A little, it's like real, real dramatic. A little spontaneity, Jim. <laughs> That's what I'm doing right now. <clears throat> That's what you're I, I had something in my throat. I was actually, I was actually really throat. worried about... I was actually really worried about getting all raspy right there. I got something in the back of my throat. I can't get out of right now, but we are in Beast World. How about you the come over here, big boy? I, I started trying to get something out of my throat, not in there. Oh. Now, oh. you say the idea that you don't have to read everything from the Titans at night when you get in this, but the Titans do build up to what we're doing with the Beast World, with the Church of Eternity and Brother Eternity sending people into outer space. To what he's calling, which I actually like the term of, the forever nuts, to leave the, the wasted forever. Earth behind, to find a new suitable homeworld, which is the Titan, uh, the moon of Sat. Uh, Saturn? Uh, what is the now? It's Titan. Titan. It's, okay, yeah. and now it's the moon of Titan is going to be the new home place. But it's it's this guy who was we revealed in the last issue of Titans is obviously a Tamaranian in disguise, and he's actually taking on to the role of Brother Blood, but Brother Eternity. Because you're trying to rebrand. If you're going to rebrand in this whole thing, and you're trying to fool people that you're not bad, don't buy, get go in by saying. Yeah, we used to be the Church of Blood, but now we're the Church of Eternity. I'm like, no, you, people are going to still associate you with the Church of Blood. But even with that idea of the Titans, they know he's up to no good this entire time. Nobody does dick about this. The guy's able to have all these fundraisers, all these people donating shit so he could build a spaceship and go into outer space to do his forever not to find a new home for him and his followers on the moon. Titan. And that's the thing. When you're talking about this, I think that, and as I said, I still think that you can jump in. You may not get a lot of the background of oh my god who is this brother eternity what has he done but really i think that it might be at a detriment to know because again when you were playing this out you almost get the idea that tom taylor because of his really awful pacing in his titans book and and titans i'll say not even just pacing but there's like seven million mysteries in that book including wally west death of the future the idea that right, you have tamaranian Tamaranian tech that seems to be ruining the environment. What happened with that, Eric? Because that seems like that was the main setup to what we get here. That he was the one doing it, but we never really got much of it. But that would He's make sense. He's trying to gain some followers because the Earth is a shithole. Look at all these terrible things he going on. He wants to destroy the Earth so that people. But you never really develop that. To then get to this and boom, we're hitting the stars. Well, even and the idea in the last issue is like, you know, it seemed like this Tamaranian. Not many people got eternity. that he was Tamaranian, by the way. That we oh, really? said it all when we were talking. Not many people seem to realize that. Remember, I thought that that was a setup for later a swamp thing would end up sprouting when they t- and I'm like, nope, didn't have to wait for that because it's not at all right here, right? But the but the idea though that we he had some leader that were preparing the earth for it. I'm like, 
Is that just the Necro Star? Or do we have to make the Earth a shithole just for the Necro Star? It's is that weird. It? <laughs> I, it feels like when they get there. Yeah, because here's the weird play, and I said it from the beginning, and again, I will reveal right now, I do like most of this issue for an event-type deal, but when you have Brother Eternity, he's kind of one of the weaker links, and you have him here where, I said, the idea of... Broadcasting his ass all over the television sets. And like an Elon Musk, as this was leading into it, he's like, I'm going to do something nobody's ever done. We're going to reach to the stars. And I said, that's kind of silly. When you end up in a world with a Green Lantern Corps, you end up in boob. And it even comes in here where he's done all this work to get, like you said, money just to get people on Titan to find a Tamaranian temple Forever so nuts. he can talk through like their speaker to unleash this when you just have the Titans. Just It's not a temple, Jim. It's a prison. Well, it's a temple over a prison. But still, what he's doing is trying to get people there, it seems, just to open this up and release this thing. I still oh, think God, it's God. silly that he needed and, and to get all this things going to get people there as if they were going to populate. I Titan. will say, I will say the idea where he has to, for some reason, take on the moniker of like brother eternity instead of brother blood and be associated with the idea that we used to be the church. But that's silly to be start out that way. But then the idea that you've got to go and do this. All right, look, I'm a Tamaranian bad guy. I want to unleash all death and destruction throughout the universe with this undead star conquering monster thing that Tamarans defeated freaking thousands of years ago. You know what I don't want to do? I don't want to be there when the doors open because my ass might get killed. So what I have to do is set up the long con, send some other people there. But me, I'm just a poor Tamaranian boy. I can't afford earthly rockets. I got to do some fundraising and send rockets. some other people. Them earthly the rockets. things that he's doing here. And in the end, I mean, I think you can, again, um, this is kind of the things we're talking about right now that are not so great. And I'll get to the stuff that I really do like. But at the end, then I'm thinking, okay, do you think that this whole plan involves Amanda Waller and, and Dr. Hate? Or do they just show up? I think it's just side stuff. Uh, it's, but it's a weird play that all of this then is that they're just hanging out. You just happen to have all this go around. They might have prophesied they're coming through Dr. Hate's helmet. I don't know. I think that we might find out because what happens then to Brother Eternity? He kind of disappears. He's nowhere to be found. The whole idea that he's sending people out here so we can say a magic word to unlock this ancient prison to this Necro Star, which is just a scarier version of Starro. For some reason, we just have to have Starro, which isn't like scary enough for to be a world conqueror throughout the galaxy. But now it's a Necro Star. It's just one of those silly renaming things to make something more like devastating for no reason when one is fine the way it is. But it's a Necro Star. But we are unleashing this ancient god Necro Star. But is it the same thing that we had? Or like those little things that come off of him? Is that what Gar has inside of him that he shot in Elena's mouth? Are those little Necro starlets? Those those things that he shoots are just like the Starro spores that oh, I'm he sends that, out like, then. And, yeah, where it's did they basically come from? the evil version of yeah. I, I, that's the thing. Like what you're saying is before you mean when they yes. were controlling everybody in regular Titans when, when Garth is taken over, he that's put what's those weird. Evil st- Evil spore mouth monsters in the Linda. Then they, Linda shot it out, and we killed it. Are those the little baby necro stars? That's what it seems like. And and but it could have been, but maybe it was. And this is why I'm saying I think you might be better off not even worrying about what came before because it really seems like things were fudged to get to here. And I kind of don't mind once we get into it and we start having this big feeling event. But again, you have this guy. It seems like maybe, again, when you have Amanda Waller as this big bad in the background. Shown in the background everywhere. Even during nighttime, like everything seems like everything's coming up Amanda Waller in a weird way. Like things are going on. She doesn't really have to be the big bad. 
because everybody else is doing all the heavy lifting while she sits there and waits. But it feels weird by the end that we don't really know what happened then to Brother Attorney, how he got to Earth and what he's doing. Because, I don't know, from, from in my mind, at one point he passed Saturn on the way to Earth. He might have been able to stop there this and do this. ain't going to do that. Earthly rockets. The idea of this is that he comes to Earth, right? And then right. he sets himself up as a new brother blood called Brother Attorney. Okay, you're already pointing fingers at yourself. You're already, you know, announcing to the world you're evil. Now nobody's not doing too many things against you. What a, then he builds rockets to then go to Titan to then let a Necrostar out of... You could have done this in a really easier way, I think, and also a little bit undercover. Like, you could have gotten some people that would go to the the moon Titan and do this, but you have announced it to the world and tried to finagle it into this whole play of, we're going to say, like, Yurt's a shithole, let's go. Okay, there, there's a problem for me with this issue so far, but it actually might be something that's in there, in my problem, that might be stopping him from the long run of doing that and has to do it in a more sly way. Because as I'm reading this and the idea that, oh my God, we've they've unleashed this Necro Star, this undead Starro thing that's somehow worse than Starro, even though Starro can defeat it. We don't have a Starro handy. Oh my God, what are we going to do? The Titan's boom tube to the, a boom tube to the moon of Titan to try to stop it. Starfire's like, Oh shit, I know what this thing is. We need to get the hell out of here and regroup back on Earth before it comes to Earth. All I kept thinking when everybody's flying off doing all those things, where are the United Federation of Planets? Because Earth is quarantined right now. This whole area is screwed up and we have a gigantic necro star that's been unleashed. Where are their Green Lantern Corps and stuff like that to take care of this? Now, is the idea that if a Tamaranian came to this sector, which is supposed to be in quarantine, is he allowed to do this stuff or did he have to come into the sly and make it so that Earthlings, the regular humans, were doing this? So it didn't make them, like, awares. Again, I, I don't think that he's keeping any of that into account, or he would have mentioned the United Planets. They would have had something, or they would have shown At up one after point, the fact. When we, when we had all the heroes come together, like the former members of the Justice League, and I thought they were all flying into space. I'm like, how? You can't do that. But he didn't end up doing that, thankfully. But it looked like everybody was just flying straight up at one point. Like, I see how it's the Titan's Tower. That guy's, you know, he's in the background. Now, what I'm saying is, if you're going to do this where – He's playing all these games and he ends up where he, um, you know, mind controls with those sport type things, you know, Garth. Then you get, then just go to Cyborg. Cyborg, then boom, tubes to Titan. You talk through yeah. Cyborg's speaker, boom, you got it. You got Necrostar, nobody even knows. And you end up, because you would think the Necrostar, you want it to come to Earth to attack and you want to kind of make it undercover. And as I've seen lately in the DCU, say a huge giant meteor. That might be hurtling towards Earth that can destroy the whole eastern seaboard. Nobody knows that's coming. So they are already just schmucks. So you could just get well, the, the next star and go. But when you we know it's in it. orbit, but what but what the astronomers don't realize is they're, you know, watching that meteor is that some asshole and goblin's gonna collect these other meteor parts, they're gonna act like a magnet to pull it down. Yeah, those little pieces. So but you you know what I'm saying? We we talked yeah. about the whole brother blood stuff and how he's kind of, Yeah, he's gonna rebrand it, but he's still Kind of right on Front Street, and then you're broadcasting it so that Corey can see and yell, "Oh my God, that's ancient Tamaranian!" Only set up in the last issue of the cliffhanger of his eyes glowing. We're like, "Oh shit!" And then we get to it. But when you do get down to the nitty gritty, it does feel big. And I, I said one of my hot takes here is that if you are kind of sick of Tom Taylor, but you like deceased, you know, some people like it way more than us, or you liked Injustice, you like his Elseworld stuff. This does have that feel of going real big, going, you know, it, it has a deceased feel to me. But in the continuity, again, a little fudge the way we get there, as we said. But 
by the end, once you get Dr. Hate involved, it's it's going to take me the next issue for me to really say, okay, I'm on board because this is cool. Because well, yeah, I need to know more about Dr. Hate that. and what's going on with that because right now he's just doing like, hey, I'm Dr. Hate and I took your mind the end. I need more of that for a Dr. Hate to really get on board with him. What you get here, though, is this Necrostar versus our heroes, including Beast Boy, who comes up with a plan because they get together. When this is all going on, it's a weird, a weird way to play it. You end up where... Oh my God! This Necrostar—it's—it's it's coming. We see it on TV. It's yeah, oh, it's yeah, spores across Earth, and even before they get there, when they go to to confront it, and everybody's going off. So you have this. Then they come back because they have a little bit of time. It's a weird play you gotta to see it. Then come back and have a plan, and that's where some of the things are kind of—it's cool enough, but some of them get a little bit eye rolling when you end up having Batman's like, "I don't know. We're going to do this, this, and this." And when Beast Boy says, "No, I have a plan." Oh, what's your plan? Well, I can't really say because I don't have a big brain here, but it's a cool plan. And then everybody's like, yep, that is a cool plan, Raven. Yep, I scanned him. It's a cool plan. How about you? No, cool plan for then Beast Boy to pretty much say, I really don't have a plan yet. I need to figure the plan out so you guys have to go fight it again. He he has an inkling of a plan. plan. And I think as we talked about this on the Patreon spotlight where you're trying to rile me up a bit because in the previous uh, Titans issues where it's been a thing where they want to talk about uh, Beast Boy separating himself into like a, you know, different flies and different bugs into all these different like little insect things. That's all for this. Exactly. It was was all for this. And like that's been bothering with the idea of using his powers in that way. And then you wanted to rile me up before I even got a chance to read this stuff. What about if Beast Boy used himself to become a whale and he had the size of a whale's brain so he could think better? And I'm like, oh, this is, I was already upset. But now, you know, ever since we talked about it, I have been thinking about it. And Beast Boy, he shapeshifts into different animals and he uses their physical attributes, strength, size, and all these different things. And I thought to myself, why couldn't he use the mental power of something that he's using in that same way? I mean, I'm like, that could work because he's using all the other physical attributes of these animals. So why couldn't he do that? It might make sense and I might be okay with it. I don't like it because it's more taking the idea of, uh, you know, size rather than cognitive ability as well. I mean, if he's going to do that, he turns into an ape and he starts throwing shit and going, arr, arr, then I'm okay. Right. But he still maintains his brain. The the biggest play of this, though, and I know it's supposed to be this wow moment. Hey, I, and it, it reminded me, I said to somebody that it reminds me a little of Guardians of the Galaxy when they're like, OK, well, what's the plan? He's like, listen, I need an ocean. Cyborg and a whale and then they go off Like I need that guy's leg and they go off into The ocean he does this but really The plan was kind of Set up by Corey Just a little bit before it Including the idea that she has a book So if anybody ever said Well Gar he has to study things And know of them you do have that book At least he can look at the picture and think of what he knew I think the whole idea is how is he going to He had to work out in his mind how he was going to Be able to shape shift and mass shift into a gigantic starro and then also separate himself and keep his mind in lock with all those different That's spores. the thing, though. He's been doing that. He's already been a, you know, a swarm of bees. He's already been a gaggle of ants, I think they call it. So when you go in his but big now plan, that you have size on top of him, like this is all new territory for God. I don't think size would matter when it comes to <laughs> separating. Your wife said, "Well, that's true. I mean, now you got to upset me. <laughs> I thought we were gonna have a fun time tonight. <laughs> I'm no, having fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, really, you're having a fucking ball. You'll get a ball right up inside your head. You end up in that sense. Uh, Again, I think that one of the things I'll give credit Tom Taylor, and you know, we haven't really given him a lot of credit lately, but the idea where 
we we bitch and moan a bit about things not being set up for, say, events or big stories. We didn't love the idea that Beast Boy turned into a swarm of bees or a gaggle of ants. Because then he loses part of himself and yeah. everyone that's destroyed. And that's the thing. And I, I will get to a part where I think there's a little swerve. But when you get this, I just it's a weird play because it seems like the big thing is that they're like, look, oh, my God, this happened before. That was a prison. Way back, the Tamaranians ended up fighting the Necrostar. We couldn't beat them. Billions but of years what ago. happened was Starro shows up. Starro fights the kind of, you know, Starro-y Necro. I was going to say man and woman. <laughs> they start no. fighting, Eric. They weaken each other. Starro backs off, but the Necrostar is uh, it's weak enough for the Tamaranians then to imprison it. So the big play is, okay, well, maybe we need a Starro. Oh, we can't do that. So really, Beast Boy, the plan... I don't know. It should have played out more of what he actually needed to think because it seems like he has to have a big brain to just then say, I'm going to, I'm going to be Starro. It's kind of silly, but when he does it, kind of a wow moment. But with that, he's going to kind of lose a bit of himself because it's so big. But even though we see how big a whale. So you have those things well, playing this out. This is bigger than a whale and then separating yourself into thousands of different things at the same time. Every time we see him separate before, they're all little tiny insects that are less mass than he actually is. Here's the play of it, though. And this is where, and this is kind of a side deal, but this is going to go with mass and weight. And you know all about those when you get on a scale and it says to be continued, Eric. But when we're there, separating into a, uh, separating into a colony of ants, to me, is just as hard as if you were huge separating oh. into a bunch of spores. Because it's the, the numbers are probably still very equal you still have it's just just because you're little things separating and you're big i i think that he's kind of got that down in this he's got to be a little more careful because he's got to really control where people are going but when he does change i didn't even know what was going on i'm like look at him he's like oh crap he looks horrific but then he does change into what he calls garo a garo you do end up seeing somebody has to be Infected before you know you change, you know how to change it back. Unfortunately, it's Billy, <laughs> it's it's Shazam. Well, at this point in time, though, people have been like you know infected by the Necro Star spores all across the world. Like at that point, Garo, when he becomes Garo, he he's just spreading himself so thin. Just sort of like these things have already gone in people's mouth. Now he has to put himself into all of these people's mouth to drive the other Necro Star spores out. Yeah, and and in fact, I would think that maybe I don't know. It's one of those. Do you end up if you could kill the Necrostar? Would that change? Would that kill all of those? Because then the hive mind, I don't know. But the big problem is we've had so many mouth monsters in DC Comics in the past years, and we just had this play with the Brother Eternity that he was controlling people with these kind of you know plant spores, and it kind of looks like that, that but doesn't. So it feels very odd. When you're doing this, of the connection, because Brother Attorney, he's he's out. Like, he was there to set this going, and we don't really see him again. I don't know if we will. I don't know what's going on. I would assume we will. But, yeah, you end up where that's the big plan. Where And it looks great. I mean, when you have that big, giant Garo. When he's, oh, this, um, this book looks amazing all the way through. And this is where it feels, even the narration feels very deceased. It feels like that really, you know, pretty much like it's it's a huge event. You have this really big narration going on as this big fight's going. And I was actually shocked that with a Tom Taylor book, you actually kind of resolve the one storyline here as if that was all they needed to do. You know, you end up fighting the Necrostar, take him down, and then we win. But then that's when Dr. Hate 
shows up. And Oh, not even that, because even the idea, because when we have Gar become Garo fighting the gigantic Necro star in space, and I'm just wondering where the United Federation of Planets are, but that's an aside we don't have to worry about at this point. He is weakened by the, this attack because Star is the only thing, or Garo is the only thing that can take it down, apparently, but he's weakened, he's afraid because Raven can feel its mind and its fear, and <laughs> Cyborg opens up a gigantic boom tube, Garo pushes the Necro star through it, but while it's closing... Garo loses a piece of his arm, which we've told before, like he loses a part of himself when this happens. So it could be a problem in the long run. But then I'm also thinking that wherever this boom tube is, because of this being a Starro, you know, you know, obviously Garo, but still a Starro, it can grow from that limb. So we could have another Garo out there as well. Well, Garo, we're going to, that's at the end of this, Beast Boy seems like he's dead. Like his mind's gone. They, they wipe Well, his mind's out. gone. But like the, the, the Garo that we have right here in this sector of the, of the universe that's just there, and Beast Boy's mind is lost. No, I'm saying, yeah, I think that that. But on the but on the other side of where the Necro Star is, that's how is, they're going to get Beast grow. Boy back. They're going to okay. get Beast Boy back by that tentacle. That's what I think. And the funny play is, if you look, because in that when Raven says his mind's gone, I'm assuming he's dead. He's gone. His mind has been completely demolished, and now he's being controlled. And we're going to have that. And then as we get. Along Jim, are you deal. saying that somebody's mind is the only thing that makes them up? No, no, because he still has the deal. And also, it's not. Because if you don't a, have it, you're dead? Well, here's the thing in a living thing, yes, not an AI that has a helper bot. But they, stop your nonsense. But you go, <laughs> here's the thing when I looked up, because I was like, I know that. And he says, hey, I lost an arm. It's not a big deal. And at first, I thought, is that the play Tom Taylor really wants to push? That if you lose all your pieces and things like that, you lose it. And that he's actually going in a twist and a turn roundabout that you don't even think, but you said that that's the way you get another Garo and then, and then Gar. Because yeah. what happens is I looked up and I, I was like, think that they could grow back a full body from an arm. The oh, big totally. play of it is the arm has to be somewhere totally safe. Like you can't have the, um, like if, if a starfish arm and we threw it, you know, down the, like it, it could cause problems. But in this, it got sent and is immediately frozen. Because it went to this boomerang galaxy, the coldest place. So it's actually just, you know, cryogenically frozen, preserved like you would in Oregon or something like that. So I'm like, yep, by the end, they're going to go and retrieve that to then make another Garo to then have him revert back to to Gar. And that's how I think it will. And probably also you'll get a bigger Garo thing at the end before that And I don't know, because back. also, I, I just want to think of the idea going forward, like, outside of Beast World, where let's say a thing was resolved, whatever, like, you know, Garo is now without the mind of Garfield Logan. By the end of this, we somehow get Garfield Logan's mind back into his body. He's fine again. He can revert whatever he did here. But then down the line, this thing is also out there, a duplicate of Gar- Garfield Logan that can come back and attack. So you have two Gars. I mean, and here's the thing. There's some problems here at the end. Once you get Dr. Hate involved, I'll admit that there's going to be problems. Oh, he does. And he reveals his identity to Beast Boy. Beast Boy knows who he is, and people have been wondering who. Now, again, I think it might be Deathstroke. I think you're going to get your big play that Deathstroke in the Bakta tank ends up getting the Nightmare Stone that seems to be there with him, also the Helmet of Hate. See, that's the thing is, like, is that the Nightmare Stone? Because I thought that as well, but I don't think it is for some reason. Because we already have the Helm of Hate, which is an offshoot of the Helm of Fate, obviously, and then the idea that we use the Nightmare Stone as well, it's just such a crazy, like, overpowered monster of a man. It was like, here, you get this, and you get a Nightmare Stone. You get it. So this is the problem being that, like, it's hard to guess out like i can't say i know that it's somebody because amanda waller's doing such wacky shit that who knows who it could be so you have that but 
even when you're doing things like I was going to say to you with Gar, if you think that maybe they could get his brain back, like where do you think his mind went? Because we wouldn't know. But you have Dr. Hate. So that could be something he does that we Inside don't know about. Stone. You know what I'm saying, though? We don't really know anything about him. So you could just throw things out there. Oh, oh yeah. you didn't know this? Well, here. He's in the Nightmare Stone. He's in the helmet. He's there. This could all be thrown at us. But I think it's a weird as play. As you get Dr. Fate show up. Okay, restore his ass. Okay. <laughs> it, yeah, and isn't, isn't it a weird play, though, when you end up saying his mind, it's gone. And this is Raven, you know, his lover, Eric. She doesn't There's say he's dead. There's been communication with him this whole time. You would think, like, oh, my God, his mind is he's gone. He's, he's dead. She just doesn't say that. It's a weird play. Like, Tom is afraid to fully say he's dead because he's going to come back. It's very odd. Is it because we just played that game when Deathstroke shot him in the face during Dark Crisis? And that's the thing about this is, and then... Poor Gar, yeah, he's gone sit through shit lately. When, when you get to the end, when, when Gar sees who it is, he kind of almost like, oh, God damn it, you again. You? That How? would make sense. And if it is, De like, Deathstroke, he got screwed by Nightwing, and he tried to kill Gar and, and failed. And that's not uh, something that sits well with a death stroke either so it would make sense for him to want to get revenge on this team as well but again what is the whole play is this they were manipulating brother eternity or is he doing it on their own and then they kind of jumped in and a, and a weird right, coincidence it's very odd down to something weird that i want to throw out there just because it's the weirdest thing i could think of that might be cool okay we have the green arrow series going on right now we'll talk about it later in this podcast but the idea from that is you know Amanda Waller's got a time travel check. She's willing to hand that shit off to Merlin just to do some real, like, you know, weird revenge stuff for no reason. But then I'm thinking to myself, while you do want to think that this is a Deathstroke, because that's what your mind always comes to when it comes down to, like, you know, a Titan's baddie and everything we've dealt with recently and Dark Crisis and stuff along those lines. Where has Deathstroke been ever since the end of that? And, like, you know, recovering from whatever the, the darkness did to him in the Bakta tank. We haven't seen his ass is what I'm getting to. But now we have the Helm of Hate. We have the Nightmare Stone. Where all of the things that are to create this new character, Dr. Hate. And this, you know, we, it's got this dark, ominous, like, um, lettering going on with the word balloon. So you can't really get a gist of anything besides for, oh, my God, it looks evil. That's all you got here. What if using time travel technology that Amanda Waller has and all these things and, you know, even jumping back to Christopher Priest's Deathstroke run, we make this Terra. We make this Terra and the Beast Boy doesn't have any idea that Terra is still alive in this continuity of this universe because he watched her die all of those years ago. And this woman that he one loved, once loved who betrayed them terribly, what if she, the person takes off the Helm of Hate and it is Terra there underneath it all? Here's – it's weird. And again, you you can't really go 100% with the idea. But with you, how – that might make more sense with Terra, but you would expect a bigger reaction, maybe? maybe. I, I know that they don't want to play their hand. So, But it, obviously, it's somebody that he recognizes and somebody who should not be possible to be there. So right. that would work. Uh, the weird play, and I, I do want to say it's kind of a Geo weird Force. thing. But <laughs> later on, when we talk about Green Arrow, I didn't really, I had something that I wanted to talk about just as a general deal of the idea of what happens in that book. Just keep thinking of why, as they explain it, why did that keep Cotter and Leanne away from anybody? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So I was talking about when they got back together. It's so ridiculous, the deal. So, But when you see this, I know that, and one of the things going on, what I was going with, once we find out that Merlin, he's getting, like, weird tech from Mandel. Mandel is just throwing shit out there, like candy. Like, then if Brother Eternity was involved, why wouldn't he have been able to go with a clever plan? 
you know, something a little more subterfuge to get to that temple prison. No, but I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, if if she was going to give time travel shit to a Merlin, Merlin? she might have been able to get a rocket ship for. for, Like, you you wouldn't have had to. I, I really, to this point, think that Brother Eternity had like seven telethons set up to try. Okay, people, we want to get to that Titan, and then they have that going on. It's just kind of silly, but by the end, you have to play a game. I think that. We don't like to play a lot, but when we get to it, I think this seems like a cool story. I think it could be a lot of fun. So do I. But to get there, you're going to have to jump through some hoops, though, by the I end. I actually with- really enjoy the idea of the startup, everything, like the start the story off with the Necro Star. Yes, it's a, like one of those lame things you get from Joshua Williamson where it's just a like, different play of a name of a known it like, is, villain or like hero and stuff like that. Necro Star is kind of lame. It could have been cool if it was just a Starro versus Starro. I don't know, but this is what we're dealing with right now. The way we're getting to Gar and stuff like losing his mind, introducing more of the Amanda Waller stuff in the background, Dr. Ray, it's all super cool and interesting. And Ivan Rice draws the hell out of this book. And like, you know, Brad Anderson colors the hell out of this book. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the best book and look I've, book I've seen in a while. I'm having a lot of fun with this. But then oh when Gar loses his damn uh. mind from whatever Dr. Hate did to him, and he starts shooting more spores all across the earth. And when these spores enter people, when these spores enter the people's mouths, and all of a sudden everybody on earth becomes animal people, like the island of Dr. Moreau, where it's just, you know, Commandy's freaking future. I don't understand why any of that happens, and I'm looking less forward to what we have going forward than I was with this initial idea, which I found like you know pretty cool. It is pretty good. Here's the weird play: is if we didn't know anything about Beast World, now I'm saying it's not going to explain what happens. The only thing that I can go with is you have Starro mind control mixed in. Yeah, he's fine. Like nothing happened to him. <laughs> he just looks out. He like walks out. He's like, "Ah, eh, fuck you," and goes back. In, goes back down to the sewers. Uh, the way that that maybe he'll just go back and revert to human form then, like like Lion Mane's out there. He's like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just Lion's Mane. <laughs> but maybe I guess you're going with mind control with the kind of shape shifting type. Thing. I, it doesn't make much sense. But when it's you're weird. going and if you didn't know Beast World, if you you know you came in completely unaware of anything, you get this this Necro Star deal, and you think this is the event. Oh my God, this is going to be crazy! They're going to have to, and then all of a sudden they do. They stop him, and that is actually kind of it. a refreshing thing. Then though, what happens is, and then it shifts to Beast World. That doesn't feel like a, a really natural shift. But I had fun up until that point. Like, man, this is like a, a really cool event feeling, you know, story. This one thing. We'll have to see. That's- and even the stuff that I thought I was going to have problems with, I didn't. It worked out in my mind when I sat back and thought about it. Like, I can see this happening this way. Yeah. And so I hope and even next week we're going to get one of those world tours. And I I don't like to say that I'm going to base anything on tie-ins. They haven't really worked out well at DC or anything. Ever. The tie-ins usually never do. But when we get back to the main book, the next issue, I hope, because right now I'm, I'm pretty pumped for this. I've recommended for people to check it out it could get really good it could fall apart you're on that like teeter because we don't really know how to explain some of the things by the end but that's the cliffhanger because well, so everything's the job different of the now. next issue yeah and it does it switches all of a sudden but i think that that feel that's kind of neat i was like oh yeah that's cool so let's go so when we go do that i will tell you that Ivan, of Dr. Ivan rice the art's great he's not going to be doing all the issues because no. he usually has uh, I'm not talking times. I'm talking main. Okay, book. he's only going to do shame. like three of them, uh, and then you're going to fill an artist because he does end up taking a while. I wasn't aware that of his delays and things like that, so he's not going to do all of them. And then, unfortunately, because this is again a reminder of how great he is, he's then going to go off to that what Ghost World or whatever the 
Jeff Johns imprint. He's going to be exclusive to that after this. So it sucks. Everybody's going over there, so we won't get him at DC or Marvel. But where's Jason Farbach at? What's he? What's his ass up to? What's he? He's with Jeff Johns at that thing. Ah. He's exclusive over there. So when they're done, <laughs> uh, but we'll see how long that lasts and things like that. But uh, at the end, what would you give? Them? Ultimately, I had fun with this issue right up until the end. I'm going to give it a seven point eight out of ten. I'm an eight out of ten. I really had fun with it. It looks great. That's always a bonus. That United Federation of Planets problem, though, I had. It was like, you know, it set me back because we have all this build up for what's going on, you know, in the rest of the cosmos and DC comics and how Earth is a special little planet right now that's quarantined in the sector, but everybody's able to go into space. They're not doing anything. I'm like, what does that mean? They, they say that. And the quarantine stuff, I don't know that the United Planets can tell, like, a, a Batman not to go out. It's, it felt weird. It felt like they, they didn't really explain it much. We need to get that developed more in the Green Lantern books as well. But I don't know. I, I don't have any faith that all these books will tie into each other and, and reference things. It, it's cool when they do. No, that I, I don't. Well, their attitude, their lameness. But, yeah, I'm, I'm an eight. Uh, but what? Well, what are we doing next, Eric? Action Comics number 1059, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art by Eddie Barrows, Ever Ferreira, Matt Herms, and Dave Sharp. And in this issue, this penultimate issue of Philip Kennedy Johnson's run on Action Comics, we have Superman and the Superman family taking on the Blue Earthers, who now have the ability to take the Super Family's powers and make themselves to have the, be the, you know, essentially Kryptonian. So we have that big old fight to take on while Superman wears a steel costume and has a sword and whatever. the thing is it's, it's not bad because we have this great like spotlight on otho of the super twins which i like that progression of where that's going because she would be a weak link in like the superman family and somebody that like a villain could prey on when you have superman is going around in a suit of armor with, with a sword it just makes the thing come kind of like come off kind of silly though it is kind of silly, and uh, I didn't like this issue, and it's a shame because you end up where Philip Kennedy Johnson, he does slow burn things. He right. likes to set up things. He likes to play things in the long run, and he didn't learn from the war world because whether or not you like that, you can't say that at the very end when all of a sudden it seemed like DC said we need Superman back on Earth. Boom, things change. And you ended up having to wrap that up really quickly. And the ending wasn't quite set. But it the reason I remember us talking about it, the reason why we kind of said, well, it's not so bad because we're going to continue it just on Earth. We're going to have the war world there. That kind of ended up getting, you know, Sinar, Sucker. Then you have A-Town, things like that. So it did continue. This won't continue as far as we know because this is the penultimate issue of this run. It will end next issue. He gets more space next issue to end it, which is good. But you can tell that he was not quite prepared to end the story right now when you just have reveals, you just have fights, you just have things that kind of feel fudged to get to what I think the next issue will be is just let's all hug and be great and let's go on and Superman rules the, you know, the schools, stuff like that. Because I don't think there's that much. Rules the schools? Yeah, I don't think there's that much set up here to like really finish except, okay, we're going to have to end up saving the kids and then kind of taking down who was Nora Stone, that then is revealed. It's like, this might be one of the worst reveals that I've ever seen of a of a villain besides maybe Leviathan. Uh, uh, you know, it's bad because it is Well, that's a- the worst part because it, it's, it, it calls back to Batman Superman, the authority special number one, where Batman and Superman were on a parallel world where this woman is the daughter of Talia al Ghul and Bruce Wayne and the head of, like, the League of Shadows. Or, like, it's, something, it's called something different than that, too, and I can't remember what it is, but... I tried to go back and read it, but then I couldn't, like, you know, I couldn't find a way to read it well. So I'm like, well, that's going to go off, I guess, and try to figure this out. I don't even remember us reading that issue, though. Like, when we talk about all the things that we do, 
this, like we were all about the authority too. I don't remember that book even coming I don't out. Either. Like, how is that possible? And it's Earth Al Ghul that they end up at. Earth and Al Ghul, it, yes. Yeah, and again, it is that kind of like a, and they they do yell it out. Oh my god! It's like they the, do. It's not the League of Shadows. It's like the. Uh, we'll we'll see it when we get there. Yeah. It's, uh, the Empire's Shadows. The Empire's Shadows. Thank you. The Empire's Shadows. But even then, if in my mind, if that was said before me and you, really would have chuckled because we ended up where even in like a Tynan's detective, when we start having League of Assassins, then it's League of Shadows. Now it's the Empire's Shadow. Like it's kind of silly, but overall, in that this is not. I, I don't think anybody out there, even if you remember it, this is not going to be the Eureka moment. That I think it was supposed to be. This, this, this should have been the folded man. I think there was going to be more setup to this, not just <laughs> out of nowhere. Lois is like, I don't know if I recognize her. Wait a second, she looks like Bruce. She, she First off, I'm like, like no, I'm like, no, she doesn't. I don't know what you're uh, talking about. No, oh my god, say. let me squint a little harder here. I love the idea. Now again, I can play the game that Lois and Clark—they are award-winning journalists. Maybe they can see it, but I'm like, nah. I don't see it at all. And then just boom, boom, boom. Oh, my God, I know who it is. Doesn't really work. Also, just the idea when I'm like, okay, what does that mean? And then it just ends up being the thing. There's some cool moments in here, but there's some really odd things that happen. When you end up having Otho and she ends up being taken away by Nora or Slash, whatever, (laughs) this whole Al Ghul deal. And, you know, saying and taking advantage that, oh, my God, I see the steel in you. You also have that play. It's kind of a really cool way that she mentions it. You want that steel back. You want the change. The change. You had those chains. You were proud of them. It weighs you down at night like a phantom limb. Yeah. And then says, like, when you go to bed, you're, like, wrapping blankets just so you can feel like you were doing it. And, and sitting there as a kid, you might think, oh, it's it would just be like a sport for me. The idea where you're sitting there, man, I would have been like, I would have had so many more chains by now and all, you know, you you do get that play. And I like that. But then when she comes back and this is where there's the fight and it kind of I don't mind that you don't have to see the full fight with the blue earth. It's going to be lame anyway. Right. It doesn't matter. I'll hit that because it doesn't. But when they come back and they're like, oh, though, oh, though, come on. What's going on? You you were not paying attention and you look like this and that. She's like, I don't know what happened, but now I have this pendant necklace. Oh, where'd you get that? I don't know. I might have picked it up. And they don't do anything about it. They're not looking into it. Anything. I'm telling you, when, when the fight is going and Otho is whisked away of the mind, it could be real life too, who knows, because of the physical object as well that she has in her hand, and confronted by Nora Stone, and you start having this banter that's well-written and stuff like that. And then she comes back. Hey, what do you got there, kiddo? I don't know. I just have this thing. I'm just saying, oh my God, it's Volpecula. It's an end metal <laughs> amulet. She's going to get you in the future. I just love the idea that they're like, you you, you were out of it. It's the same thing, though, because they even use the thing to, to get back to Otho later on to transport her to Norristown. So it's the same thing Volpecula does. When you, when you get this and they're like, you know, you weren't responding. You were there. You didn't have, it didn't seem like you had anything before because we were fighting it out. You have it now. And no, like, there is Clark. He's right there, right? Clark, who can jump to conclusions and realize who this Nora Stone is, but can't figure out that they might want to look into this pendant that just suddenly appeared when she kind of phased out of her mind look, there and came back. Children got shit in their hands. I'm not going to ask them a million times what's it going on, especially if they're not mine. You know, especially cousins and stuff like that. Go off. I don't that, care. There's weird things, too, because then they come back and you need Superman because we're, we have a final issue, next issue, obviously. You don't want Superman in his Dark Knights of Steel fucking armor suit. 
All right, <laughs> but you don't want that for the finale. Agreed. Let's power up Superman so he's at least half power. So they need to power him up a bit. So they go to the Steelworks sub-basement three and start working on this big, you know, it's solar it's battery, this big harvester array. You end up, it's, it's weird to me because Nat says, oh, I started working on this right when we got back from War World. But that was weird because when he came back, like almost the idea of I was worried about you, Superman. So I did. Superman was so supercharged when he came back that I don't know where she got the idea, but it's kind of neat. Well, I am, I imagine the idea would be for how underpowered he was that entire time on World War II. Let's make sure that doesn't happen again. This is on Earth, though, with the yellow sun. You know what I mean? Like, if this was something that was mobile, this is in sub-basement three of Steelworks. If he gets out and about where he's at a you know, red that sun. that shit's nanites. It can go yeah, anywhere. Well, I'm telling you, the red sun, they're like, oh, man, if only I'm, we were in sub-basement three. I'm but, going to sub-basement three up from one of the irons. I'm like, hey, look at you, Solar Ray. And then it's going to, like, come in the little tiny robot bits, make a ro- steel suit around me. I'm going to fly for Superman as it's like, okay, robots. And it's going to go make another Solar Ray right where I'm standing because it's Steelworks. The funniest thing in my mind, I'm such a dummy, that I'm there, and then when the Blue Earthers are like, look at these two fucking assholes, and I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Steel just did another Steel show. I didn't even get that from last issue. I thought he was going to look like a knight in shining armor, and I'm like, now Steel only knows one thing. He made him another he, Steel He suit. knows how to look good. Hey, he made another Steel suit. I'm like, even why have the, you didn't need the cape as well. I don't know. He's just like, he, they wanted to be twinsies. That's when they have steel without the cape, I don't like the way he looks. No, I'm you saying Superman. Oh, no, I'm just saying, though, in general, you need that. <laughs> For some reason, though, when I saw the armor last issue and we kind of laughed about, oh, he's going to be a knight. I never thought like right off, oh, he's just steel junior. <laughs> I thought it was different. He didn't make it any different. But he's a there. dark knights of steel. Yeah, he is. Oh, my. But yeah. So when, when you t- and the play I said about this harvester array. I, I think it's kind of a neat plan. And even they, yeah. they explain it. You have satellites together. Yeah, it's up just again. that that little bit, it's nothing, but it's that little bit of having to have, like, somebody's going to complain and say, oh, when did they have time to do this? So Nat has to say, I started working on this the day that we came back from War World. I'm like, what, like three weeks ago? Because I don't know how long it's. Honestly, I'm surprised it took you that long to come up with this. Yeah, I, I, it's really cool. I like it. It's just that weird little, there's always that extra thing where people seem to think they have to describe or explain something like that, which is whatever. And then Superman says, hey, I'm going to go clean up. Who's with me? Everybody's looking the other way. Nobody wants to clean up. But Blue Earth is cleaning up, Eric. Oh, my. They're making our supers look like a bunch of chumps. And on top of that, they released you know, the video of this. It just looks like the Superman family wrecking house on their own. It's funny, you do see, like, Supergirl's kicking the groin of one of the Blue Earthers. You have, like, them. I actually thought to myself, like, I kind of think that that was what they were doing. (laughs) Doesn't seem that far off base, but they're just fighting Blue Earthers. And this whole play is that Nora and Blue Earth are releasing this idea of, listen, we made these nanites. They're not going to say that we stole alien powers. They're not going to say that they drained the power out of Superman. So they say, we've developed a play. That regular Earthlings can defend themselves. You humans don't need those stinking aliens. I agree. Of course, how things go on, the Supergirl can never get out of anything lately without having something happen. She feels a little sick the way that Superman did when his powers were taken. Get her ass in the harvester array. Get that shit back. But that's when they realize who Nora Stone she is. She's just in the solar array that we have in the Force of Solitude because of the kryptonite poisoning. She has to keep doing it. She keeps getting hurt. I don't Can't know what's bad. up. She's always on the DL. I hope that her contract isn't really big. We get, get her on incentives. Like you can last a battle without bitching and moaning at the end. 
There's an incentive there. I like Supergirl. In this, I like that long, luscious hair she has, too. I really right. like it. Uh, so you end up where all this is that play of this Nora Stone. And even when you see that, like, crazy gauntlet thing, it makes it seem like that was supposed to be a tell, but I don't really see that in the picture they're showing me that they say was from that authority. Well, even the idea, I'm telling you, none of that rings any bells for me. It almost feels like it's made up, but I saw that it was a thing at least. I should have gone back and at least read the synopsis of it when I couldn't get the comic going. But even the idea that we have Nora Stone and her Blue Earthers trying to cause problems in Metropolis because of what Superman's doing here, because apparently they did he did something on Earth that I'll go with the authority all those years ago or whatever it was for them in their timeline. She does have the power to pull herself from Earth Al Ghul and even pull Otho Ra through magical smoke to her world of Earth Al Ghul. So I'm like, I really need to go back and read that issue or reread it. But again, that seems like something that would definitely be on our radar that we would talk about, but <laughs> no idea about it at all. Does it make sense that I'm thinking like, oh, when I go back and look and I'm like, oh, Eric, I just looked. It was 89 pages. You're like, yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I got you. But no, I, the thing is, I was like way more impressed with Superman and the Authority than I ever had I any thought that I would be. So I definitely would have read that. I just like, and then again, when you see this and you see this next Superman, Hellblazer and the Demon, like, is that where he thought that everybody would know right away? Because we did end up seeing Etrigan. It, it doesn't, it did doesn't we? click. <laughs> yeah, we saw him there. I said at one point, it might have been when you were gone, the one issue or whatnot, but I said, What's Etrigan doing there? Like they, and I thought what she was is just a demon. The thing was, there was that weird, like little statuesque kind of thing in her back hallway. I don't know that was, that was the last issue, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when she walked in there and it seemed like there was some crazy seance shit I, going on again, and stuff? It, and, it seemed like some back way hallway to the Oblivion Bar that you never really get to see, but it didn't seem like Etrigan was actually there to me. I I actually just thought that she was kept his like mouth some, shut. some demon. He wasn't rhyming and scheming. Oh my goodness gracious! Uh but yeah, they. I. I don't. I, it's that's the worst part of this is the idea of this is the Eureka moment. But I think that things would have been set up better. Should have been the this folded didn't man. Get cut. Could have been. Could have been. Uh, but we keep going on because we have more stories. It feels like like we're uh, you know winding this up, but we do end up and we are. I don't know. D- does this Jean Luen Yang? story does it seem like i guess it doesn't feel that rushed but by the end it, it, it doesn't feel as satisfying it definitely as feels rushed be. because our next story is written by gene wen yang with r5 victor bogdanovic mike spicer and dave sharp where we deal with the new superman of china and the idea from the previous issue where he found out the identity of clark kenton because of project blackout that lex luther set up anybody who knows the identity of superman has themselves a stroke and or dies and <laughs> kong keenan or keenan kong so i can never remember how to say it anymore mm. pretty sure it's keenan kong or for Ke- how everybody says or kanan kanan kong exactly yeah it's a crazy play that he kind of digs in in this one he dies and finds himself in the world between life and the afterlife where his master then talks to him he's got to meditate meditate work on your chi a little bit and you can find yourself back in your body and keenan wakes up a okay knows the identity of Clark Kent and Superman and is willing to leave everything he knows in China behind, like there was Batman of China, Beijing, and his good friend, because he doesn't want to put him in danger. But there are easier ways, and it's totally icing him out to say, "I'm a part of the Superman family, and they gave me a jacket." <laughs> Boy, I'm sad. <laughs> what? Why is it that this is now a thing? If you join the Superman family, new or it's recruit, like a Letterman you get, jacket, you get a fucking jacket. I don't get it. You join but, the team uh, when when you have this going on. And forgive me for a second. I was I was trying to look up that authority special. It was only yeah. like forty some pages. I just looked through a little of it. It does not look like anything that I saw in my life. So I don't know. Did, is so there weird. A, 
Is it a possibility it just slipped through the crap? Because we, we talk about almost everything and everything that means yeah. something. And we talked about all the authority and enjoyed it. I, I was waiting. I, I thought that I was going to just like page quickly through and like, oh, there's Light Ray. Okay, I remember that. But I'm like, no, Light Ray seems to be the thing that would be like, would have been pushed in that. I don't know why oh, yeah, I think well, that. Light, but Light Ray is, Jim, remember? Light Ray is. Uh, but yeah, this this whole play <laughs> with Kung Kino, it's a weird thing. Me and you and Reggie, God rest his soul, Eric, we ended up we're talking about the you? new Superman. I, I, I have some feelings. I do miss Reggie, uh, especially with something like this, because I in my mind, I don't think Reggie would remember anything from like this because but this stuff was in it. the idea of the, you know, the dead. You even start thinking of spirit world a little if you've been reading that yeah. when you go into this. But, you know, with the master and things like that, that was one of the plays. The problem is, though, it's so far removed. From when we did it that I didn't get that Wow feeling that I thought I would You know what I mean but Especially didn't you think it's like so you should so anticlimactic when we get out of this whole thing It's only a few pages oh you just gotta meditate And work on your chi a little bit oh I'm okay Goodbye Master Rai Chi and it's just like It's so underwhelming for how it's presented And I know that a lot of people You know are haven't listened To us forever like I expected Colin Keenan to have like a strokey mouth or something When he came back to or something Remember when we when we were doing the the new Superman it was one of those things where not a lot of podcasts or sites were even covering it. And we really? ended up doing it and we started really liking it. And it became kind of a thing that we were like, we were the big, you know, flag bearers of this deal to the point where, and I wish I could find it. Jing Luan Yang sent us a audio clip thanking us for keeping the book going for the idea that we were the only ones talking. Well, it about. That's how crazy it was. And, and we really did like it. I like, that's one of the things I actually liked it. From the beginning, unlike what I usually end up have happening, and then you and Kyle Reggie kind of was such an up. asshole, though. At the beginning, I hated him. Remember, like I kept saying, if he ends up being better, it'll be such a great transition. Even in this, he did and, get better. Yeah, and it did, and he got better. Though it's yeah. funny in these stories with him, this and the others, the idea that he's like this really smart kid is it, it didn't really jive for what he came from. He is a good kid, and I really do like him, but. In this, again, well, like she's I said, a little bit more vain, like he used to be. Though, like he's trying to overcome it, but it's still there. You know what I'm saying? Like he's like you know the self centeredness that he had. I just like I wanted to still be there in the back burner because it's who he was for him all of his life. But he's still trying to be the new Superman. I I see people still reacting to the new Superman, Kung Keenan, with that kind of I I don't know, just hateful towards him. But at this point, he's just a cool character. We're not getting a lot of him, but when you get a thing with Bei Shi and him. You don't really get like this should have been so much cooler. Maybe you got the, dumper, dump you yeah, again. Yeah, I know what happens to Batman Inc. <laughs> I mean, the guy. It's weird. You could go with a play because it says where it happens, but I w- I wished or hoped that this would give you that feel of like, oh my god, because a lot of people may not have read the new Superman, but if you got that cool feel, you'd want to go back and read it. I don't think that you get that feel from this. And even no. me and you read it, it. Like I said, I wanted to get this. Like, oh, man, this is for us. This is awesome. This is what we wanted to see again. I don't really get that. It's kind of just as a, a paint-by-numbers deal. And then when you end with, you can't – it's a good play. You can't have – Conkin cannot tell the secret or even start to say what he was doing because Beishi is too smart. He'll figure it out. So that's where you get at the end. He's part of the super family, but he had to say goodbye to us. Bat I'm buddy. just saying, though. He's you so have sad. He has his friend, the Batman of China here, who's like, like you know, not the world's greatest detective, but a hell of a detective in his own right. He is a Batman who was a part of Batman, Inc. Just tell them, if you ever find out the identity of Superman, you will die because of something Lex Luthor did. So don't. 
I saw you. And he's like, no, I'm going to leave you behind and I'm going to tr- trust the bat fa- I mean, uh, super family over you. Goodbye, Beishi, forever. I'm so sad, but I've got to check it. But here's the thing. I'm looking at Beishi and giving him a clue and saying not to follow this, like telling him to give out, you know, no midnight snacks. That's well, that ass is going to Lex Luthor sets something up where it's going to kill your Joker-ass sister. Just call Martian Manhunter. That's all you have to do. I mean, you actually should. If there's actually legit superheroes, call them, get the mind whammy going. But even that, when you do have this, you get the idea that Beishi's an asshole this by the time at, at the end. And he, to me, is like the the cool character. He was the nicest of it, he which then played out. He thinks that people out. murdered this guy in China, this journalist, so he, and he thinks he's a superman family. He has the right to feel this way. I'm saying, though, but in this little story, most people who didn't read that are going to think that he's kind of an asshole. He never really played out like he feels like in this more Batman-esque than he actually did in the new Superman. He was kind of the the fun-loving deal. Almost reminds me of like you could reveal now it's actually Roundhouse. It was all the time, Eric. Like they they had that same feel to me in the deal. But in this, it's kind of played out because he's pissed off. He thinks that things are being manipulated. By the end, you have the play of get out of here. I don't like you, Tubbalard. And then the tears going down. I love you, Beishi. <laughs> it's such a weird idea, though. The only reason he's in the Superman family because he was he came across a secret that he had to force to keep, and he had to leave everything he knew behind in order to keep that secret so he had nowhere else to go. Well, I guess you get a jacket, guy. You You're got part a of the Super family. It's like he's in the Hall of Fame. You got the gold jacket. There he is. Hey, welcome well, like, there. That's the thing is, we might have joked about the idea of Khan Keenan hanging around with the Superman family. Like it felt out of place for how little he interacted with them as a whole. We joked about that because he always was just hanging out and like watching movies, playing video games. And he always just felt out of place. Like, why are you here? I don't know if we needed two issue many to really show that <laughs> because it just it feels like everything's sad now. And I don't know how we're going to get more Khan Keenan to make this feel any better. Here's the thing. If you did, he's sad. Because he had to tell his tubbled friend. I just, I want you to react to me calling Beijing a fat ass, and you're not doing. No, that. I don't have to because all the listeners are. Oh, <laughs> and how how are they doing that, Eric? Oh, they're unsubscribing. I get it. You end up though when you get that end. That is a way to set up the deal in a Gene Luen Yang way. I think it's kind of a clever deal that you show that he is sad, and he'll go and you know talk to him. Then maybe we'll get the Green Lantern Corps of China. We'll finally get what we want. Like if you're gonna do this. Go full out. Give us that shit that you promised that we never, ever got that we were so excited to see. But you didn't not have enough, enough time. Didn't have not enough readers. That's the problem. Uh, but there you go. That's the end of that story. Then we move to the next one. And here's the thing. This next one, it's just filler. I mean, you have to have three stories. It's this John Kent Superman story written by Dan Pant with art by Marguerite Savage mm, and Dave Sharp, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's it. Is more of a like a young adult romance type feel, or maybe even a, a shoujo manga type deal, and it's shoujo. not anything. Yeah, that's the that's a certain deal. It's not the you know deal. I'll tell you later. No, it, yeah. that's like the romance deal. Don't. It's not the shonen, you. you know, where they got fighting robots. There, but here's it's a weird play. If you if you like the idea of Jay. And John, I think you'll like this. I don't still think you're not going to be well because most people reading a thing like this once, like a superhero comic or whatever, and it's just thrown in there. It's this last bit. It just Jay and John in their I, new lives. Did you lives. read their text? Because I didn't even bother. Well, well that's the th- I, I did. And the thing is, reading the text is what bothered me the most about this because you know John and Jay, Jay being the new like you know head of like um of uh what's it called PR now a steel or stuff like that. He's working all people the time. looking John- into his background of Gamora and that shit, right? There's it's fine. Shit it's, going it's, down. it's John Henry Irons. He has a freaking way in. It's not like he also was kind of leading 
an underground bit of uh, terrorists, but that's just me, Eric. Truth seekers, Jim. Yeah, Truth the revolutionaries seekers. killed some people. They were terrorists. They, they, they might be freedom fighters to some. <laughs> they, were, they were murderers. But you, you have all this crazy stuff. But anyway, but they're trying to figure out how to have a relationship in their like really hectic lives with John Kent's out there doing Superman stuff and Jay's out there doing Steelworks stuff. And they're trying to make time for each other, and it's very hard. And they talk about the idea where Jay's not going to get out of this building until like after midnight. Well, just call me when you get done because I want to hear your voice. And they end up talking for hours, it seems like. But the way it's presented is all he wanted to do was hear his voice and hear his boyfriend's voice. But I swear to God, all they did was text each other this entire time and actually never called them because that's the way it's presented on page. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? But again, if if you everybody's ha- has that at least one time in their life, whether they're you know young or old or whatever, when you're like. Young love and you're on the phone You're like you hang up first (laughs) The whole point was though of talking to each other Not texting Could have just let Jay go around his regular day And he'd be able to hear him with a super hearing Just tune into him in his regular Comings and goings but it was just there to fill space. It was just there but to I'll get tell the you page this, count. With this issue, though, and this ba- this backup, this part of the thing, it is really nice because you are really seeing the um, the uh, the super twins being asserted as one of the family because they keep talking about the idea of my brother, this mom, this. You know, like they are actually instead of just in name only, feel like they actually are like you know Clark and Lois's kids and John's brother and sister more than anywhere else so far. You better push that shit hard and heavy because I don't know that that's even going to continue or how it's going to continue when Philip Kennedy Johnson's gone. I'm sure they'll be around, but I don't think it's going to be hard. You did have the part with the Blue Earth in the Philip Kennedy Johnson story, and I did see people think that it felt a little forced because we haven't seen it, but ended up saying to the Superman out of nowhere goes, listen, Blue Earthers, you hate group. I don't think you're bad guys. And that's what I told my daughter here. And I'm like, who the fuck? Oh, I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm think- I like this because I'm like, yes, assert this idea that she is your daughter. This is normal for her and for your life in general. Because like, we talk about the idea throughout the series, like, oh, we're going to adopt the super twins, stuff like that. But they, they just felt like they were just almost foster care. They're spending a hot weekend here, but now it's starting to really feel like they are there forever. Yeah, but I think that, it was this issue did that because we only have one more issue left of Philip Kenny Johnson. He is trying to nail that down. I don't know how long they'll last and how if they do get rid of him, will they get rid of him? Or will it be like like Naomi and just a fucking disappear and never be seen again? You never know. You never know what Joshua Williamson has in, in his plans. And if you're going to play a game where you do want to have something along the lines of a, a real big loss for the family, it will be somebody doing something to those twins because they are expendable though you know you're not going to kill john you're not going to end up so they're kind of there but you have that also i do like at one point where john is like passive aggressive where i swear to god anything that goes on they're like hey you're gonna have to make yourself dinner tonight john he's like yeah yeah like like when i was in that volcano bitch like, I was, was so angry at John out of nowhere using this almost as a loaded it. weapon against his mother for no reason when talking about the twins. I'm like, you fucking asshole. The writers will not give you any kind of depth to your emotional character for how this affected you, but you could use it as a passive aggressive weapon I whenever it. you want. I was I like so the angry idea. at that. If they're not going to do it, also, I wanted this him. This hurts your mother so bad. She is so good to you, John. Fuck he off. Didn't go, he, they didn't go far enough. At the one point when you have Otho's gone, like, we'll find you. He's like, yeah, I didn't hear that. <laughs> you know, oh a couple years. Like, you asshole. Where was that when there? I had to just imagine that. And then Superman's Fuck you, like, John Superman turns to John and goes, well, this asshole, ruined your parents. I heard that you were sitting there waiting for Nightwing to save you. Good luck with that bullshit. If you want to be mad at anything, John, just think about how your shitty aunt, Lucy Lane, <laughs> 
when her fa- when your um, when your grandpa died at the funeral, didn't even realize you were seven years older. Had nothing to say to you. That's what you should no be mad idea. at, John. Well, he was mad, Eric. I am so mad at comics for not being realistic and nobody caring about these things inside. When was the last time we saw Lucy? At the funeral. Yeah. He killed her afterwards. He was so oh mad. God. He heat visioned her as she's dead. He gave her a lobotomy. I sit back to myself, like, you know, probably like three times a week and just think of Ben as saying, there's a thousand stories to be told with like Superman's <laughs> identity. And just the idea of all the stories that he wants to tell with John Kent being aged up because nobody wants a young John Kent. And I'm like, you motherfucker, you, you, you just did these things and you did nothing with it. You wrecked everybody's toys and went home, you fuck. But Eric. The identity would give us all these stories. How it, would you have bet that Gene Luan Yang would tell more than Bendis would? Because he told one. I mean, seriously, he's <laughs> actually Project Project Blackout wasn't Bendis' story. This is an aftermath. We're now to 998 stories we're still waiting for. We need to keep going here. When you had the issue, when everybody found out that Clark Kent was Superman and all the villains that he's ever faced saw this information and nobody did dick, I'm like, it's over. Why did we even bother? This is stupid. Toy Man became a good guy for a second, started part of, being a part of Checkmate because yeah, oh, he's just a dude. Cool. Just think, like, when we talk about the, the twins, and I kind of joke, like, it'll be wiped away like Naomi, but even stuff like, oh, my God, Superman. We got this email from outer space that he was saying he ruled the earth. And then that dissipated. All these things like it's such a weird play. Roy being a black lantern. We mentioned that later in the show. Like things just get pushed aside. They're, they're never really. I'm still working ending. with that. We'll see. Yeah, you are. You're the only one. Yeah. I, I, I bet you if you asked Joshua Williamson, he'd just deny it. But uh, yeah, so the whole play is this This was a bit of a down issue for me. And we only have one more issue left. It feels very forced. To get to that last issue, uh, we'll see, though, when we end the no, run. But, but it's it's a shame because, again, people really do like Philip Kennedy Johnson. But a shame is his books don't really sell. So while the quality is there, if you end up getting the new shiny thing like Jason Aaron show up at DC and he might have said, I want to do some Superman story, they give him a bizarro story to be on action. And then Philip Kennedy Johnson's done. And it's not even like we're going to let you do this or you do no, it's what just are you done. talking about? The guy's doing Green Lantern War Journal. He's busy. At the end of the thing, it says you'll see these cats. They'll show up. They'll be still keep showing up in that War Journal. I bet you. Babysitting. That's babysitting for some reason. Oh, yeah. We'll have some weird things go on, but that's fine. That, that's fine. Yeah. But it's a shame. I it's think a shame. I kind of like the Super Twins. Like, you know, I just want to see them be actually a part of him because, like, they could be our counterpart for a young John if done properly, and they could. And they actually show more damage from their world world trials than John ever did for anything he went through. Maybe so you I don't have know some of that problem as well. Also, is it weird now that it, this whole thing is ending and we might not see him? And I finally know their names. Also, no, also seems like he might be like on Zoloft. He he doesn't react much. He he gets upset when people are, but but it's more Otho as the real. You know, heart of that deal. Oh yeah. Also, just kind of eh, just hanging. But I'd like to see him hang out with like a Jay uh, West would be pretty cool. I think they would probably both be shirtless down <laughs> I, I in think, the uh, you, know, see, you say that in such a weird way. I don't even know where you're going with that. I, I just said I'd like them hanging out. They'd I just want like this other boy out. to be with this other boy, and them to be shirtless in the basement of the school. Oh. I was, that was the joke. I thought I, think, I just want them to be friends, Eric. And then they're like, "Hey, do you ever go down the basement of the boiler room Stop with your it. shirt off? It's pretty cool. It's like a, it's like you. a tanning bed. 
Look at me. But it, no, I'm when you said I want him to be friends with Jay, my mind took a blank. I'm like, who the hell is he talking about? Jay Nakamura. <laughs> I, I don't know, like Jay Nakamura and like uh, those other Jays in my mind. And now I'm drawing a blank on that. But for some reason, Jay West was not somebody who jumped in my head, especially because if, like when I did it in my mind, it was like J-A-Y. And, and that's they're completely different than Jay West who's J-A-I. If I would have, if I would have normally, <laughs> if I would have normally said the deal, like even saying Jay West for some reason doesn't click in my mind because all the time I'd say Jay and Irie, Irie and Jay. So if I would have said that, you get it. So then get Oso Otho, go over with Jay and Irie, you know, get uh, Maxine and you got them all. Get them all in there. No, have I'm this telling you, the idea of the cool. super kids that we had, they, you have a super quality, like those are the, like, they, they're fixed part of that. You have the other super, like the Flash twins. So you have all this stuff going on and it could be really cool. And even if you want to separate them off because, hey, I don't want to be with my stinky sister. I don't want to be with my stinky brother. You can still have offshoots of that to make Is up really cool Is he just stinky because he's sweating down in the boiler? No, it's because kids don't like their brother and sister all the time, especially as they get older. Like, we still don't know what was going on. There was, like, that so little, weird. like, puppet master guy. No, I'm saying, remember we saw that little, like, blade guy down there? <laughs> no, no, I just want to get back to talking about that boy with the shirt off. It's, it's cool. Actually, okay, so I, I will get less sus. Do you think that I at any it. point during Beast World that we'll see Maxine or Buddy, that we'll see the Bakers because of the green, or the red, I mean, and the whole Beast World deal. Because I think you kind of want to put them aside and maybe not get them a ball, but might be well, too. Well, even with that, like, they might be, like, players to actually help, like, stop all this. Well, that's what I'm saying. They I are think we so. will see that because that would be cool. That would be Honestly, cool to give Maxine is, a step up, too, to actually remind people This whole people idea of, of the world being turned into animals, and it looks like the majority of the world, maybe everybody who's inside is okay right now, like Raven and Batman, but I don't know how this is going to work and who all it affects. But I don't know what the story's about. There's, people are turning into freaking brain-controlled animal people. I have no idea where this is going. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. I don't either. But I'm, I'm still pretty positive with that. But what would you give this action comic? I give this a 6 out of 10. I think the art is pretty strong throughout, even if I'm not a huge fan of the John Kent art. But it does what it needs to do for the type of story it's telling. And, you know, the middle story of G- with uh, Keenan Kong, it's it's kind of lame for how it ends. But it's like, you know, it's it's a little in-betweener tale. Like, you know, it gets you through, like, why Kong Keenan is a part of. The super family. It does what it needs to do. It's not a great overall issue of action comics, but I'm just really like satisfied with the idea of Otho and Oso being called like, their children finally and everybody accepting that. It really just made me my heart happy seeing that for these two little outsiders that never really felt like they belonged. Kind of like a Con Keenan. Like they have more of a right to be here than him in my mind, and they're not sad about it like his dopey ass. Yeah, I just, it's like one of those where it feels like it's forced in because we only have one more issue left of this run. So it feels like it's like when my dad was drunk and he said he loved me. Didn't feel real. See, Eric. You're saying it felt it's fake. I'm saying it's about time. Well, it is about time. But it, I'm telling you, I think that most I think you even when you read you, you liked it. I think that you still had that. It pulled you out a little when Superman said, hey, my daughter, I wanted to tell her that you were good. When he, when I did, he so, said that, I was so happy. I know you were happy. But at, at the instant that I, it had to have pulled you out a little for you to like, oh, oh, he's t- because we have it. It was weird. And then you'd end up where, you know, John's like, what about me? He's like, you asshole. You're not my daughter. Shut up, John. He's yelling. And they're like, hey, John, we need you to go pick up some eggs. You know what I couldn't pick up when I was in that volcano? Fucking eggs, bitch. That's what he says there. <laughs> Passive aggressive. That may have you. made me laugh the most out of anything. I was so angry. Was, the, the idea that you were so happy for the wholesome moment. Of Oso and Otho being accepted in the family, and yet there's me on the side giggling. That now John he, is just that troll of the family. Everybody's having a great time. They're I'm accepting. He's you, like, better fuck th- this up a little now, bit. <clears throat> I also wanted to have him, and I even said when you end up where 
uh, Otho gets, you know, yanked away. I want him to say, like, you can't keep a hold of, like, the idea that they are the worst parents. They are the worst parents ever. But to put it into perspective of how much of an asshole John is, just imagine if you had a son that you knew of, Eric, or one of my sons, uh-huh. and they actually did get kidnapped. And then anytime something came up, they brought that up. It's so bad. I know it's a comic book you think, so it seems kind of funny, but that is so awful. And that's why I love that guy. That's why I love that John Kenny. He's got an edge to him, Eric. He's sassy. That asshole. Maybe giggles <laughs> so much. Oh, but we'll move on to Detective Comics. Detective Comics number 1078, written by my man, Ram V. Me and Ram V oh, had yeah. a little bit of an argument uh, the one day. and I That turned into an understanding. It did turn into an understanding, but at one point, he did get a chuckle because I kept calling him Mr. V. <laughs> <laughs> then he said, you realize my last name is not V, right? And I'm like, yes, I do realize that. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Art by Jason Sean Alexander. I do like the art. It's colors by Dave Stewart. Letters by Tom Napolitano. Uh, the, the big problem I have with this story, and it, it really you can't get away from this one big problem. It's like the idea of Gotham War, where I said the idea that Catwoman would think that Batman would ever get involved in any sort of crime. He might not be able to get past that. But we're still dealing with a story where foreign dignitaries have just waltzed into Gotham because they have a deed to the old Arkham land. Now they're allowed to hang Batman. But, but don't no worry, because, because the crowd surrounding the gallows as they're about to hang the Batman, they're starting to say, boo, don't do it. So what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? I know what it means. It means that Batman is too strong a symbol and guy. Public opinion on this whole thing, the whole idea that we're wrapped their head where this is okay to make sense, allowed to happen because the Falibus engine is there making it happen. When they change their mind, I'm like, well, is that a part of it still? Like, what? Is, how is any of this happening? If you want to be realistic about it. Like, we're trying to make it work with the Thalamus engine, but once they start booing, I'm like, come on. And that's on. the thing. The Thalamus engine is in there for the MacGuffin of trying to make it work. But yet what I'm saying is the, the government, other cities, other heroes, they're, they're not there with the Thalamus engine. This is not going to work. Then you can Look, have. When, I actually when the, U, wanted, when the U.S. government shut off freaking Gotham from the rest of the world after, like the, the thing is, you almost think they should again, right? No, no, nobody got the memo that it was back on. Like you go back to Gotham now. What I need to have happen here? Still, no man's land for everybody. Have the talking heads on the TV and just uh, they're like Gotham being Gotham, right? or the idea that be- no, because you couldn't write that. Well, because the Thalamus engine is going and somehow. Looking in from the outside seems like everything's fine. I I don't know. It just doesn't work. But in this, like you said, now you're starting to play this weird game that some people are not affected. In the meantime, Batman. Batman gave a rousing speech and he he touched the hearts of the people who wanted to see him hang a second ago. The asthma's not fully affecting him. One of the problems, and I think that Ram V, while I'm not really down with his writing style and I think he gets a little fancy and he does these weird things, but. I usually think, okay, well, he's a decent writer. I, I understand. But when you have this where you have, you know, Shavhad, and they're like, hey, what's going on, Shavhad? And Shavhad's like, listen, I told him what to say. I just hope that the asthma doesn't, you know, that it, it ends up making him say it. The problem is we don't know he's what. He's fighting back. But that's the thing. We don't know what he was supposed to say. So then when he does say things, at one point I'm like, were they playing games? Is this what he was supposed to? You never get that moment of, oh, my God, he's fighting back. You assume he is. Yeah, because they even say the idea that it's not completely taking him over. And, but the idea she says, though, well, then, if again, if you're Shavhod in this, you're saying they want him to make Hi, a speech. Right? Hey, I want Batman to make a speech. I don't know, Shavhod. 
He maybe still got the Asmers. Oh, shit. Cancel the speech. That's what you would do. If you really think that he's not going to give the speech that you want him to give, you would cancel. But they let him do it. But what I'm saying is we don't know the speeches, so we don't even know if maybe that was the speech. Maybe this whole play of doing it would be weird, but we never do. We never set that up, and it's a weird play to then be like, well, is he affected or is he not? Is he doing this? It didn't look like he's fighting all these things, and then he's going to get hung. Which is just kind of silly. <laughs> it really is silly. And if you want to play the deal and don't go with the whole Thalamus engine, you can just play the idea. Do a lot of propaganda of like Batman's lost Gotham. How many times in, in the past? Like Deer State, Magistrate City, you end up getting Joker War, City of Bane. This guy is asleep at the wheel. Play that and then it's a little more realistic. But in the meantime, he's going to get hung. And everybody's starting to boo. I don't get it. But you end up having Catwoman. And her, you know, escape squad. Her ragtime crew. Her rag t- <laughs> the ragtime crew. Hello, my baby. Hello, my daughter. <laughs> Hello, my ragtime gal. When you have the crew that she put together for the heist to save the Batman, we have people paired off to do different things throughout Gotham while Catwoman is p- talking about gambling and what it means to block. I don't know where why. she's going to go down and try to, like, threaten the life of the prince. Ours and... and but what is everybody doing? Because at one point we have this idea, oh, my God, the people are being released in the underground tunnels. And at one point, somebody's breached the underground room where the Falmer is. Solomon Grundy. But, but, but we have people going off like the like Cheshire Cat Leanne and Cheshire Jade, just like kicking ass and taking names. You have uh, you have Azrael Asbat taking on the freaking Wolfman. And you have all these different pairs of like that girl and like, you know, Mr. Freeze pairing up and taking out more people. But. I have no idea. For the most part, if you can understand the idea of the underground tunnels and saving people. Oh, yeah, like, that one you can. I don't know what everybody's doing here. Just to, like, you know, dis- is it just all a distraction? Like, they're doing stuff, but I don't know how far they're getting. Here's the play. And it's, for the it's, kind of plan. A, it's kind of a simple plan of the deal with Catwoman. She wants to cause not just a distraction, but she wants to cause a disruption here. Yes. So that the guards that are around the gallows, they leave. And then the guards around ours, and they leave. That's fine. But when you really think about, like I said, where's Solomon Grundy? He was going to be the one to lead them down into the sewers to free the people. Jim, that's that's it that's, was Saturday. It was Saturday. That this is the most clear part of it. They're there to free those people. That's fine. But when you sit there and think, okay, what was the what was the plan with Azrael? Because there is a truck. They end yep. up yelling. The truck is about. The truck starts driving, it gets blown up, and then out of the truck jumps Azrael. The fight people, I, I don't know what the fuck just happened. I don't know I don't what either. you're doing there. What, like, the plan is, listen, Azrael's going to you know, hide in their truck, but we have to wait till it pulls away. Then we'll blow it up. Then he comes out. I'm then like, Azrael slices and dices out of the truck and starts fighting a wolfman. And I'm like, I'm telling you, the thing is. We had all these little pairings off, and I actually liked the whole idea of Leanne and Jade working together as Cheshire and Cheshire Cat. Mother and daughter just kicking ass. I, I thought that was cool, especially because I thought I loved the stark contrast of their white masks around the, like, the muddy darkness of this book. So I think they really stand out and look great in this book, and I just like those characters. I'm like, I'm having fun here, and then there's like, you know, Mr. Freeze and Batgirl doing stuff. You know, Mr. Freeze is a little bit more brutal, but he can't kill people. I'm like, we're doing some, but it's when we Those people are so there's, dead. When there's just this truck, and then it blows up, and Azure comes out and starts fighting the Wolfman in the Asbat suit, and I got to this point, I'm like, oh yeah, what are we doing? And then in the shadows of the bar, it looks like Joker's enjoying the scene. Then then you're going, and again, this is where, and you mentioned it, it, it drove me nuts, because Ram V, again, a lot of times, it's like, it's more mood than actual, like, reality. It, you know, the mm-hmm. idea where it looks cool as hell for Azrael to come out and cut himself out of a blown-up truck. 
I don't know why the hell he'd be in there and then blow it up and then find a werewolf. Like, (laughs) all right, we're there. But this play here, and he's kind of done it a bit, but it's really heavy here. The idea of this gambling motif. It's like Kenny Rogers just walked in here and it's like, I don't know when to hold him and when to fold him. And I don't want to bluff. And you have all that stuff going on. Okay, we'll play that. But then when you go and you have Arzen, where she goes down and has Arzen with a knife to his neck, and then the mom starts talking in the metaphors of gambling. I'm like, this is too much now. Why is she doing it as well? Do it, bitch. You're bluffing. I'm like, oh, yeah. she's a better poker player than you, can't like, Why are we going with this whole gambling play out of nowhere? Like the idea of a, you know, a cat burglar and these foreign dignitaries of an old school family. And next day, like, again, Kenny Rogers talking there at the thing. It felt weird that it continued with her. I get it when Kevin's like, listen, you got to know when to bluff. And when you show your hand, you got to put all the chips in. Like, you have all that bullshit. And then at the like, end, she's like, well, when you're gambling, I'm like, what? Everybody is doing something to some degree, whether I understand it's a direct point or not. I know that they're doing something through the terms and phrases they're going. Thalamus engine's being disrupted. People are being like, you know, escaped down in the tunnels that we put together for whatever reason because we're doing as the stuff with them, maybe. And then we also have, you know, uh, Asbat, John Paul Valley taking on, you know, Gail Tenkwall, keeping him distracted. So we have people doing things. But it's weird to like, get there. Release the Batman or I kill your prince. Hey, uh, give Shad Hod the, uh, the warning. We're going to hang Batman right here. And then Batman's talking like, you didn't be dick cat woman. <laughs> it's like, fuck you, Kevin. And even then, that's the big play where, first off, it seems like, you know, she knows that he, she, Catwoman won't kill Arzen. But even says he's fully, you know, down with dying. He's he's fine. Yeah. That's part of the deal. And then what's it? The gamble, subterfuge, and chance. This was first a game of kings. Did you know? What? I did. Because you're telling me. <laughs> you have done so well, my son. You could slit my son's throat faster than the guards come. And then he's up to you. And that just keeps going with, are you willing to lose with that hand? Never, I'm like, never play a hand you're not willing to lose. <laughs> Like, where did it become? Like, you were just Vegas. in the same train of thought that Catwoman was this entire time. Two peas in a pod. Again, when they first showed up, I used I got a, a Hang flag. the bat. Remember, I got a lot of flack because when these fucking orgums showed up, they were talking like they were straight out of like a William Shakespeare play. Now, all of a sudden, they're talking just dirty gambling. And it's nonsense. But overall, you don't really do much here. At the end, yes, they pull the deal and it looks like that. But. Really, the progression is just seeing we we had a couple issues of them gathering the team. The team is doing things like you said, that's fine, but it's not really progressing the overall deal. But then there's these little odd things thrown in. So I can't say that I hate this because I think I'd like this a little more than some of the issues that we had previously in the, the long organ thing, because there were things that I just got pushed aside or whatever. But still, by the end, you're still talking about them hanging Batman, I don't think it's going to happen. That's just me, right? And then now people are going against, but not in the way that they're saying, oh, my God, we have to keep fueling the thought because we don't really know what the thalamus ascension is. So, you know, who gives a shit about public opinion? Because they're just saying, boo, it's not like they're storming the gallows trying to save Batman. Yeah, they were not killing a man. We're killing a symbol, symbol. which then goes back in time to the end of the Revolutionary War, where they wanted to not have a like all of this stuff twirls around. Where you can kind of think, oh, this was set up, or that's cut. But then when you really think about it, like Azrael coming out of an exploded deal, looks neat. I don't know what the fuck happened. I really don't know what happened in that play, but hey. Why did he do the Azbat for that? Who knows, but it looks cool. It does look cool. And, you know, it gets real dead. Like, when this thing blows up, there's no way. 
that anybody survives. I mean, this thing blows up to the point where the actual semi truck lifts in the air that is and, and falls apart, and then it's fine for him to cut himself out of it. Because he has the system. It. Also, who jumps out of the, the truck? The driver. But why would he? Did he know? Was he part of it? Was he in on it? He jumps out right before it explodes. I don't know how he got the tip. It's well, I just imagine he's driving along, singing along to the radio, and then all of a sudden, like, what is that noise? He hears it. He's that tick, 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 tick. So I'm like, oh, my God, a bomb. And then jumps out. I, I just know. thought the idea that Ram V was told, like, he can't have somebody die. So he jumps out. I'm like, was that, like, one of them? We could freeze somebody's foot off to where the ankle that snaps was the off best. on pace. I'm Nobody telling you, die. when you see that, that's so brutal. And then I love, again, like John Kent talking Don't shit. Don't I love the idea that Mr. Freeze, a lot of lip service. The, the, it's, basically, he's going to say, listen, I didn't kill him. The temperature the did. did. Exactly. <laughs> temperature, like, he's going with the Arnold. Gravity, Gravity was his enemy. Was his enemy. Yeah. That's all it is. Like we say with Batman a lot. Batman didn't kill him. The fall did. When he threw him exactly. off the building. It makes me laugh that they just have to go with it. And I wish they even went with the idea of like, you're not fooling us. Because those people are dead. I mean, that person, when they thaw out, just imagine the slow process of thawing. Adding look, on to I'm the actually idea happy. that your foot got snapped off. Look, for the first time in so long, it feels like that we actually see a ramification of Mr. Freeze using his goddamn freeze gun. Any other time, you freeze an entire freaking crowd of people completely. Oh, I throw them out to be fine. I hate that shit so much. They, all those people are dead. This is actually a ramification. You, you didn't realize that was Beast Boy. It's <laughs> one of his tentacles. You end up to, uh, it was funny, Ram V ended up putting the one, like, he put the page there with Mr. Freeze, which looks really cool. I mean, sure it does. does look really cool. And he put it, he's like, oh, man, I hope everybody reads this issue because I love I love writing this guy. And I get to the issue. I'm like, bastard, that was the only page. Like, I, I, the way he was talking, it was going to be like a big Mr. Freeze. Down. I'm like, that was his only page. Like, I already he read He takes that. the wins where he can get them. I guess. Also, yeah, he's got, well, he's got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. I mean, really, don't bet on black. I don't. I don't know many gambling metaphors. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God, a baby on the table. That's good luck. Seven. There you go, Eric. You do it. Snake eyes. Gambler. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but what would, oh, and there is a backup. There is a backup. Sure again. is a backup. An Ico Catwoman backup. I don't know. This feels a little like that John Kent one a little, but it does. I don't. I, I does don't it even do? know why this is here. Nothing. It does nothing because it, it annoys me. Look like. Iko Hasegawa, who is now taking on the mantle of Catwoman once again, she is dating a woman who's a part of a, a different crime family, but they are, you know, they're friendly. I'm like, you know, better than friends, it seems they're like. They're lower class crime Exactly, family. but the thing is. Oh, they're lovers there. She's doing stuff on the side, this woman bet, where it's like, I'm going to still, like, you know, have, like, goods out to a school. Iko hears about this. Like, I don't think you should be doing that. Like, hey, we're both the same kind of people. You understand. Iko thinks of. You know what? Maybe I do understand because we're both dirty crime families. And at the end, she puts out a Catwoman costume, ruins us all, and then breaks up with Beth because she's not the same at all. <laughs> yeah, does it, Eric? Again, here's the it's a, it's an issue that or a story you didn't need, especially us. We like Ico, but it seems yeah. like what has happened is with the stuff going on in the Catwoman book, maybe in the Gotham War, where they're thinking, and it is Dan Waters. Maybe he's thinking the idea that people think that Ico's a big piece of shit. I'm going to show that she. Isn't that and and really? But the play here is it she almost feels like with pieces of shit. Well, it feels like in this, and I didn't like the way it even starts out. It's like she was a piece of shit, but now she realized she needs to be better. But I never thought that of her before. She did take Me over either. for her dad, but she was always trying to do it different. She was always trying to like 
hey, we're not going to do drugs, no trafficking, things like that. We'll, we'll figure some stuff out. And even in the Catwoman deal, she was doing that and, and filling in for Catwoman. So when you have this idea of like, I'm going to sell the drugs like we all do right there, I go, wait a minute, that address, that's a school. Yep, it is. And I love selling the drugs to the school kids. And now all of a sudden she's got this conscious that's like, but she, this would have never went with her. It's still a weird idea because like she realized like, hey, we're, we're both pieces of shit. It's what we do. And like, huh. It's like, damn it and damn her for being right. I can't lay claim to all the, like, uh, to the sins of the Yakuza, but I can lay claim to most of the rewards. What she still does after this, because she's still the head of a crime family and still getting all the rewards, she's just taking down other crime families that she doesn't Well, this is the thing. And again, this is such a low-rent deal. This is, But now she's doing it in style as Catwoman. But I think that the play with Ico, again, if I went to you last week before the story and I said, you know what I like about Ico? It's that she is part of a crime family she took over, but she's in, she actually has, you know, some morals and actually wants to help and whatnot. And you'd go, yeah, no shit. Like, why are you telling me well, this? Well, the thing That's is, all this is, it's weird because it's almost like that thing that we argued about. And I can't even remember what issue it was where that woman was denouncing her father and everything he did was trying to do better things. Right? And you're like, she's a bitch because she got rich of her family's fortune. She could have walked away. And it's the same thing that Aiko is here, but you're fine with it here for some reason. No, because Aiko's not. The thing is, that girl ended up where that was. It was one of the. The, uh, uh, one of those one one bad day issues. Oh, it was, was it? It might have been the Catwoman one, actually. It was okay. one of the one bad day issues, and I said, no, she actually had used the things that she... In this, though, I go, she's not using anything. She dressed up like Catwoman doing that shit. I'm telling you. High-rise penthouse apartment on the east side. Yeah, no, I don't know. I go seems to keep it pretty, you know, low-key in my mind. But, and... I mean, in this, again, but this story is pushing a different... I, it doesn't feel like the Ico that we've been reading. Ico has been kind of against that stuff forever, not just realizing it now. And you can play that this was before. This is a nothing thing. This is just there. Well, this is definitely after Catwoman told her to be Catwoman. Yeah. Even though she's there and she has the old thing, so you're going to play. You're kind of playing that anyway, but still. Also, she's setting up Catwoman for a big fall. But yeah, like, There's going to be so many gangsters after Catwoman to kill her. Well, they always are. Yeah, well, in this, though, uh, this was just there to add the extra pages that you needed, and voila. It wasn't very good in my mind. No, it wasn't. It wasn't good at all. It didn't elevate the issue. It was kind of lame. Uh, but what would you give this overall? Ultimately, I found this issue kind of, like, you get some action, you get some cool characters together, but it doesn't feel like it really did much for, like, you know, what it was setting up for the whole idea of gambling, because it was just a bluff that didn't work out in the end, but it was had a, a lot of characters show up who were fighting and doing stuff that I was kind of losing track of what they were doing or why they were doing it, and it just felt like kind of a waste of an issue, so I'm giving it a 5 out of 10. It's like any time you go out, because you're vain, and you take your glass, always blind men's bluff, Eric, is what I say. Uh, does this make more sense to you? Is that what you say? <laughs> That's what I say. Oh, man, Eric's going out. Must be blinds, man. Bluff tonight, Tanya. Like, I say, hey, Tanya, guess what? Blind man's bluff tonight. She's like, what the hell are you talking about, Erica? I ended I up, uh, get this, last last night, I ended up where I, I showed you, I ended up having that picture of the pickle and the mac and cheese oh, yeah. ice cream. Well, I ended up sending uh, a text to Tanya, Rafe, Logan, and Ethan. Now, Ethan, I just included because I feel bad not including him. Didn't include Zach, though, because he's a stick in the mud. But I was asking them if, if they would eat it if I ended up, you know, bringing it home. And for some reason, or I know why, I'm lazy and I'm dumb, but Ethan had switched his number at some point. So I have two numbers for Ethan. They both say, so I always text both and figure, okay, the, the right one will get it. So I do Just that. Just find out which one's Everybody wrong and get rid of it. 
nobody would respond to me. Nobody was responding. And I come home and I'm like, what, what's going on? I wanted to know if you guys wanted that ice cream. And then Tanya goes, yeah, there was big controversy because they didn't recognize that one number and they thought it was Eric. And I said, well, what the fuck would it matter if it was Eric? <laughs> wait, like, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What's Magnus said, what the fuck is wrong with Eric? Yeah, that's what I said. I said, well, even if it was, what was the deal? Why would you care? Well, we, you know, we thought it was weird. I'm like, why would it be weird? Like, I'm the thing is, it's kind of weird, but I just want to know why they're so bothered by this. Again, if they saw it, they could have thought, well, some kind of asshole? Like, or that I would have wanted you to just see the, I mean, it makes sense if I wanted you to see a picture. I'm like, yeah. listen. And I said, what are you, what are you, crazy? Everybody knows Eric doesn't have a phone. I'm like, what are you talking about? But yeah, he doesn't want to talk to you. anybody, let alone me. And I'm like, why would that matter? Why would I? they wouldn't respond to me? I just thought, and also probably because they so hate out me, of nowhere, your family's terribly jealous of me, and I had no idea, and they're plotting my demise. But also, you have to realize it's kind of a I'm sad taking their daddy thing. time. It's a sad thing too because there was no other person that they thought it might be because I don't really talk to a lot of people. I don't have any friends. Oh, that makes so, sense. There you go. I said, and I even said, I'm like. Could have been like Peter Jay or something. <laughs> They're like, you wouldn't talk to them. I'm like, oh, right. Well, at least on my end, it, it seems like they're giving me props for you that I do talk. But on the opposite end, they're like, they didn't want to deal with you. So there you go. So I'm, I'm a five. So weird. As well, it was weird. I just remember. And then I had to show them like, no, no, no. This is it. They both say Ethan. Well, but when they get it, it just is a number because, you know, I have okay, though, contact. Now that you are doing this whole I, explanation of it. Did no, you say, I didn't okay, this other number I can delete out of my phone now because I know this isn't the right number? Well, I said that, but did I do it? Actually, what happened then is then they started arguing with me that Ethan never had a different number. And I had to show them texts that I had from Ethan from a way, way back that Bet it was his Eric. number at one point. Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm like, when are we getting on tonight, 730? No, it wasn't, it wasn't you. It was Ethan, but yeah, they were, they were being weird, especially towards you. But five out of so ten. Weird. Five out of ten for this. I will say though, okay, like the greatest enemies down the street. I have no idea. You have to keep in mind here that when we're reading it, something that gets lost in the shuffle. I think Cloud because Maker. Ram V has been writing this story for so long. This is the middle story. This is the middle issue of this arc. It's a five issue arc. This is no, the no, third. No, no. So this it is, makes this sense. This is the middle story of a cooldown to the arc. The what is it? The mezzolo or whatever the fuck he calls it, being pretentious. Uh, when you have it though in a story, it is the middle issue, so it kind of makes sense that the things are just there to set up. You have a couple things happen. Some people are free. Some people are booing. Now we get to the big play. But Renvy doesn't like to be held down. I call him Wildfire. Did you know that, Eric? He I cannot did. be tamed, Mister V. It's weird. But we're gonna stop right now. And then we're going to move on. We're going to let Eric kind of gather his thoughts again because of that oh, you know, big deal that my kids think you're weird. And then yeah, we'll come back. <laughs> yeah, it is. We won't mention it right away. We may mention it at the end, though, Eric, right? At the end. It's weird. Of the yeah, it's a weird thing. But we're going to go off never to about it again. more books right about now.
yes, and here we are, Eric, with another section of books that's going to include right, the, the Flash. Flash is up, right? Uh, yeah, it's not right now. That'll be second. Hey, I, I can't have a song for every book. Maybe <laughs> we'll not? have an Amazon's Attack song yeah. eventually, which I, I don't know. This is going to be a, a weird section. We have the Flash book, obviously, that we haven't really enjoyed. But we have a Green Arrow book that's finishing up the first arc that we were kind of excited for at one point. We have Amazon Attacks to lead off the deal in the book that we said was doing the heavy lifting for the Tom King Wonder Woman bit. I don't know what I think of any of these books this week, Uh, at least in this section. I Well, I hope I figure out something. But the idea where this Amazon Attacks that we're going to start with, I, I was kind of into it enough. It actually surprised me. I actually was kind of into the play of, okay, this is where we're going to get the comic booky deal. I think we still do. But I don't know. Things get a little wonky. And some of the things in this are just like, I don't know. It's it's an odd thing. But we're just going to jump into it. You give us the credits and I, I want to see what you think of. I'm telling you, I really do. When I read it, I have some strong feelings about the next two books. This one, I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. So we'll see. What are the credits here? Amazon's Attack, number two, written by Josie Campbell with R5 Vasco, Georgiev, Alex Gamerez, and Becca Carey. And like the previous issue, we talked about the series doing the heavy lifting for what Tom King's little mini event is doing over in Wonder Woman. I still think this is a strong ass inclusion to the actual overall story because it is doing all the stuff that you want to see in the actual Wonder Woman book. But on top of that, one of the things that I do love in any kind of comic book is a group of villains getting together, like we had previously in the Coon Lads. My God, almost yes. freaking Max Headroom. The Coon Rads, yes. The Coon Rads run of Wonder Woman. We had the Villainy Inc. group coming together with Miss Dr. Psycho and Hera and all the other stuff that we wanted to see happen. It kind of fizzled out. It didn't really go where you wanted it to go. It's just the name Villainy Inc. I'm like, okay, we can do something here. We never did it. Maybe we can get it here, though, with the idea that you have all these different characters, even from the new cha- cha- the next champion of Shazam run that we had with Mary Marvel, with Georgia Savannah becoming into this whole thing. I'm like, this could be actually really good, and it's showing way more things in the United States and abroad, the rest of the world, of what's going on with people's minds and thoughts about the Amazons and what we should do with them. And I'm like, you're doing it. Yeah, the problem I have is, number one, this is a miniseries. Tom King's uh-huh. story is going to continue, and I don't think that we're going to see anything of this sort in the Tom King book, which is push, pushing the sovereign as being the big thing. Now you're you're muddying it up. I think that you're going with this idea of strife being involved. That's bigger than the Veronica Kale. That Veronica Kale. The, these things are bigger, but yet the main story is the sovereign and Sergeant Steel against Wonder Woman. And I think that you end up going too big already in this. I actually, when you're talking about the things, I think that the real focus should have been. I mean, this is cool because we end up getting mary out of the deal that that's kind of an odd deal and it seems like josie campbell because she read or wrote, wrote the new power you know the new champion of shazam book but you also get you know some farouk you end up getting you know even hippolyta in a deal but you're getting nubia what i'm saying you're getting the main characters and a, a place for yara floor but yeah. overall like the Just idea now you. when we're sitting Jeans there so when we go to do the tom king book which again whether we like it or not, that's the main book. That's the Wonder Woman book. That's the guy writing the story. Then you get this, and I think that unless he incorporates things, which I don't think he will, the idea where, oh, is this sovereign or is it Strife now? Oh, well, Strife's not here, so what's Why going on? Why all of them? Yeah, but I don't think it will. I, I think he has his story. I think that this is just an aside, and I think that Josie Campbell's going way too big in that weird way instead of, like you said, showing 
maybe just dealing with the things worldwide because the Tom King story is so U.S. Maybe you should have just stayed out of the U.S. in the story. Maybe you could have ended up having the stuff go to, you know, Brazil and down South America, which it does in this. And and Greece have that stuff. Canada, we saw at the point, deal with that idea of terrorists. And, oh, my God, there's these people who are copycat deal. That's fine. But once you're in the middle of, you know, New York City and you're having strife there and you're going to end up having the chaos apple and things, I think it might the muddy up things. apples of discord? Yeah, I think it might muddy up some things. And, and well, overall, the one part about the muddying things up, because when we were in the previous issue, the idea when we're walking the halls to have the big conference with the president of the United States of America, it seemed like that gas was affecting people. And now we have cops shooting tear gas into the streets, trying to, like, you know, send our heroes back. But you also have the golden apple of discord, which is possessing them, like we saw. So it's almost like along the lines, when you see the gas in the background, like, all right, was it just the golden apple of discord that was possessing everybody? Or was it the gas like we thought? Because when you see the gas in the background it's a yellow tear gas i'm like that feels like it's muddying it up a little bit the idea but let's just go with the golden apples of discord are possessing people more than they ever should have well it's weird they first tossed the gas out and it should have been a different color maybe like and then so it's amazon terrorists put your hands up and they're coughing but then they kind of don't get affected anymore and then all of a sudden the discord gas comes in but there's other plays here. There's there's weird plays, again, where they're going so big. And there's, you know, Josie Campbell playing that. I knew it was here for that whole, hey, we're going to have this conference with the, you know, the president, things like that. And then that even just kind of gets pushed aside to them just in the streets. And they're being, you know, the NYPD are out there trying to get them. And then you get strife and the things like that. And like I said, Harris. I think that one of the things that goes on here, that's kind of a cool play, but it is. It, it feels, I, I can't even explain, like, it feels like a trailer for uh, a movie because what you're doing is like, and next, Veronica Kale. And you see her and you're like, oh, crap, that's cool. Hey, there's Eris, there's Strife. Oh, that's cool. So with the idea of the villainy ink, that you start things off with Veronica Kale, Veronica Kale on TV being the head of the like, you know, company talking about the idea we got to get the Amazons out of here because at one point I trusted Wonder Woman. She helped get my daughter out of the clutches of the gods. But after all is said and done, we can't put our faith in her. We need to get her out. So you have the, the idea, you have the different talking heads. Or pretty much everybody except for the ambassador of Greece is like, hey, um, we, we, need, we can't trust these Amazons. We need to send them packing. But Veronica Kale being there, I'm like, she's just adding to the whole thing. I don't know if she's going to be getting down and dirty with Wonder Woman or the rest of them with the idea of like throwing punches or doing more than just being the talking head to media. But that is a big power play for a – I just want to call him Villainy Inc. because it's a better Villainy Inc. than what we had previously. But then you have Strife sowing discord on the streets. And then you have, you know, Georgia Savannah going around with actual foot soldiers, combining, you know, technology with magic like she was in the Shazam book. I'm like, you have all of these bases covered on top of the U.S. Army just going with the Sovereign, pushing things over there. So it just seems like everything is just pushing to a head with both the books, but mostly in this one, in my mind, with what we're doing to get the Amazons pretty much off of all soil except their own and maybe even take their own soil away from them. Well, and, and they're even arguing here, too. I mean, you're having that weird play with Farouk, like, hey, we're going to go to Benny McDowell. No, no, no. You know, Nubia wants to go back to Themyscira, so you're going to get... Yara wants to go back to Eskazita tribe because we have the prophecies going on over there. Yeah, and then you have Mary Marvel thrown in there, maybe just because of, you know, being able to teleport with the rabbit, with Hoppy. Hoppy so yeah. Hoppy ends up, and it's a weird play where he can overdo that. So Josie Campbell tries to set up rules where Hoppy's like, listen, I'm getting power from six things now. So Bullshit. I got, and I'm like, what? 
what are you talking about? That that is that's complete this, bullshit. This, this whole thing that we have to like spread out this issue. It's actually one of my biggest problems with this issue as a whole because we have Hoppy the Marvel Bunny, who is the big pretty much. He's just going to teleport people wherever they want. That's his main thing, besides for being a rabbit that can talk to people. But before we had Billy give him his powers to go help Mary. That was his powers being given by Billy, who his powers are from six separate people, champions and gods. And now it should be, you have an intermediate part now. This should be better, Hoppy. You don't do a teleportation like, boy, I need to eat now before I have to recharge my magic. It should be better. I, I thought that like, shit, you should be portaling all over the damn place. But it's it's to extend things. It, it really is. It's to fill out some things. And also so that later we can't say, well, teleport out here, go here, go there. You kind of set it up to be kind of a be all end all. Then you nerf it just to end up so that you can extend things now. The, again, Until you eat a little bit and then you can teleport. It's almost like the idea of where we have out of nowhere. Boy, I'm the Flash. I have the speed force, but boy, I'm running low on energy. Better go carve up real fast and now I'm back on track. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a very odd play. Now, here's here's the other thing about this and where I think something went a little wonky because we did have a little bit of a backup in the Wonder Woman book. But now we have that Trinity deal. And I think that that's DC because, again, Trinity was introduced in that 800. Then we were going to wait a while. I don't know if things change, but I really think this would be better suited as a backup in the Wonder Woman books. So then you might end up having to be tighter between the two stories. After reading this and thinking how much I enjoy this more than Wonder Woman, I think the reason that people are into the Wonder Woman book right now, besides for just Tom King fans, is they want to see the Trinity story, and that's it. The Wonder Woman stuff, I think, is secondhand. They don't even really care about it. They want to learn more about the daughter of Wonder Woman, Trinity. So this isn't even going to be given a chance, even though it's better in it my mind. And that's the thing. It won't get a chance. That's my big play here. And the idea, I think people – well, Tom King has his fans. Yeah. Wonder Woman has been a wreck for years. So, you know, some people are – and the art's great. So then you and then you add the Trinity deal. And yeah, the Trinity backup seems like and the people we talk to, at least that's what they're there for. And that's scary. So when you're doing this, it is that weird play like you're saying to to people, don't worry about the Tom King story. Read the Trinity. But if you want to get a fun comic booky wonder, like the Wonder Woman story is not fun comic booky. What are you getting out of that so far in three issues? Misery is what I'm getting and a headache. So in this, though. I I agree. I agree that it's trying to do things. Again, though, I have to defer to the bigger. It's a weird play. I have to defer to the bigger book. And I think this might be going a little too big. But also, it feels like it's not going to matter at the end because it's not doing well. So it's it's a shame all around. It's a shame. It it, It can matter to you. But I even said like this week of the books reviewed out of nowhere, Action Comics came in with yet another reviewer for. Like, nobody's, oh my God. that's crazy. But this is supposed to be a big thing, and it has three reviews. And why I bring up the number of reviews, not just the score, the number of reviews, as we've talked about before, even with sales numbers, not really able, you can't really get real great sales numbers. So what you have here is in two issues, you already see that sites that only care about clicks, which are driven by people's interest in a book, they're already nil and void. They're null and void. You end up where nobody cares. And there's another book that we're going to talk about later where when I ended up talking about, oh, man, we're going to be doing this podcast, a bunch of people didn't even know the book existed, and it's almost over. And I think that this Amazon attack, it's going to end up going through the cracks. And again, I'm not saying that it's bad. 
that's where I said that's why I kept saying I don't really know how to talk about like what I'm feeling about this book because I do think it's it's decent. I knew you loved the Revenge Squad today, sort of. Oh thing. my god, so good. Veronica Kale, heiress, this new sovereign. If you want to add him to the whole thing, and you have Georgia Savannah. You know, you have a Doctor Savannah in here. Like you're already doing all the heavy lifting with these characters. And that's another thing I'll tell you. If you have a you know, uh, villainy ink. I don't think the sovereign's involved in that. I think that that I know. Would be, I, I, I think he'd it be feels his like own it should thing, be a part right? of it, though. I know. Or maybe what you could play. Or villainy ink can go and be this whole thing where it's like we were working together, but the sovereigns are like, "Hey, I'm a man, and you're this stupid ass woman. And I don't like you anymore. You serve <laughs> your purpose." And villainy ink takes out the sovereign. I was actually going to say the idea of since you're really playing in this book of. Ooh, you know, the Amazons, but these we're going to deal with these like copycat terror. Like you could have the sovereign look at them as just, oh, you copycat, but they're big. And that's the big play here. Tom King's doing his own thing, obviously. He's introducing the sovereign. That's more against like, you know, it's more of a, a government type thing. That's more of a let's explain why the well, government's the always shady. It doesn't feel the, like a Wonder Woman villain. It just happens Wonder Woman's there. I agree, but the shadow government aspect with the sovereign, this family that's been in the background of every major decision in U.S. history for its entire existence, that's a cool story. But even in the last issue of Wonder Woman, when you break it all down to, and now for my next phase, I'm going to have a guy kill himself. And in the suicide note, he's going to say how Wonder Woman took his masculinity. I'm like, you just made it stupid. Well, yeah. And and again, like I, I said, you have like you have almost the same play with the Orgum yes. in the Batman <laughs> book, right? You have the Orgum yeah. like the <laughs> you're ending up you're That's the emperor sovereign. you end up he is kind of like the emperor but you know you have this like big thing oh my god and and again this isn't tom king coming up with a sovereign to explain anything with wonder woman it's more trying to explain why the government would act like this and why they're now against the deal that's fine but when you have veronica kale when you have strife Harris, when you have these these are big dr. deals Savannah. for wonder woman dr savannah which then and that, ties into mary. mary marvel it's great let them all play together. Again, Tom King, in, in my mind, again, it's kind of a fancier type of deal. You're deconstructing the government, you know, all the. But in this, it's just let's have a kick ass based on Wonder Woman Amazon story. And I think that that's why you can have some fun with this, why you can end up like, OK, this this feels like it would be like if, if Tom King wasn't involved in the Wonder Woman, you could have had this as the main book. It would have. It might not have been as, you know, wow moment of getting a Tom King on the Wonder Woman, but this is already better than the Clunrad stuff, I think. And you're having characters that are going to take advantage of this thing, of Veronica Kale. Or they are going to jump in. If the Sovereign started this, they would certainly jump in to say, okay, well, this is kind of our thing. Let's do our stuff. It's just a weird play. And I again, I wish that it was a backup, only because then you know that everybody who's reading one story is almost 99.9% reading this then. And I don't think that's the case. And that's where things kind of get probably wonky by the end. And this will just fade away because it doesn't look like anybody's giving it much of a chance. Let's, and with uh, all this stuff going on in the country, we also have this, like the seeds of discourse being sown within the Amazon tribes, because even though we had the whole, like, you know, queen Nubia, everybody's on her side. You're the queen of everybody with everything that's going on all across the world. Everybody hating Amazons. You have all these people bickering the, the, the heads of the different tribes, essentially like you have Yara for uh, you know, the, the heads right now, just because it's the main one that we know from the Esquizita tribe. But Nubia, she feels responsible for this. Her being a queen, she wants to take care of this by herself because that's what she knows of being the lone guardian of Doom's doorway pretty much her entire Amazonian life. Nubia's like, Farouk is like, uh, 
hey, we're the Ben and Big Doll tribe. You might be fine over there in Themyscira, but we're mortal here. People are going to come after us, and they already hate us. We need to work together if we can save my people. And the Yara Force is like, look, there was a prophecy in my tribe. We need to go back there because I had to find you three assholes. And now that I have, let's get back there to see if we have some new information. When we finally do get back to the Escazita tribe, it seems that whatever is going on with the asylum thing that we had in the previous issue, that's like creating this gigantic problem, like, you know, acting more from what the uh, the original Amazon attack did in the Wonder Woman book. It seems that the Escazita tribe has been totally like demolished and you have the words asylum written right there. So we already might be too late to the point where, you know, Yara had to find these people to save the day because death awaits. And even when we had, you know, Nubia looking for that golden apple of discord, when she grabbed it, for some reason, she was shown a vision of the future, the underworld, something that's coming in her mind, or at least maybe just a misgiving that she has about what's coming because she sees Hippolyta saying, I made you queen and you destroyed us all. And there's this, this figure of death that stands above her. And she has no idea what it means, but you know, by the end of this issue that it shook the hell out of her. Oh, yeah, it did. And Yara Floor at one point, I like when she says this, Eric. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was pretty good. And then like when you part. get this, like, again, though, she grabs the apple. So you think that, okay, there's some discord. And also the idea of fruit, like the tribes, what they're saying doesn't feel like they're bickering because of the apple, though. It, it actually feels like shit has hit the fan. Oh, and yeah. That's how they would act. And when I thought of this, and when she does have Apollo, you know, of the mind, when she goes and, and deaths there, and it's like, oh, my God, you know, I ended up ascending. I left you in charge, which, you know, not really, but she worked her way to do the deal and won the contest that nobody wanted to win. And then I just thought the to myself, just think, though, when you, when <laughs> you think of this, right? When, when, <laughs> and then I'm like, where's Artemis? But you end up where all this going down, Nubia does look pretty bad. I mean, since Nubia took over, and I know that that's just the stories that have come about. But we have had some real bullshit stuff happen with the Amazons, and Nubia has been in charge. It's her reign going on, and hasn't really had anything but nonsense happening to the Amazons. Well, we talked about this in the first issue of Amazon's Attack, where this actually might lead to the idea where she's overthrown by her sisters and kicked off of Paradise Island, because in Future State, we saw her back in Man's World being the, like, the Wonder Woman of Future State, where like she was on her own because of all the stuff that happened during her reign. That's a weird play because they've really been pushing. We've had a bunch of Nubia books, miniseries. Oh, yeah. She's been in charge. To then, I mean, I know that you could say, yeah, we could get to that. And that would be kind of a neat little tie. even though some of that's averted, but you could still play the game. But the idea at this point, like all the people who are excited, oh, my God, Nubia is in charge. This is going to be great. Oh, my God. Like, it's been a shit show for it. I'm not just saying bad writing. I'm just saying what has happened in the stories. Like, nothing has gone right for her. So I would be shocked at the end if they do kick her to the curb. You got to get some point where she steps it up. I, I just, it's weird. But what, what was that group called with Simon Saint? What was his thing called now? Like, we're so far removed from Future State now. We always think that everything's been averted. Like, even though everything we saw with the Four Horsemen, the Apocalypse with Titans Academy and Shazam and everything like that, everything feels averted. But there, I feel like there are still a few little things in there that could still happen from that timeline change. Even the idea that Philip Kennedy Johnson is grabbing a hold of, you know, his Green Lantern War Journal from stuff that happened in Dark Crisis, it still feels like there's things out there from the past that were predicting the future or a dream world, something along those lines, that could still be coming in here with nobody would be expecting. How could I forget the magistrate sitting there? Magistrate, yes, thank you. I knew it was an Emerald because, like, you know, the munitions. And I, I'm thinking of the stupid saints that were in the back. Like, the Batgirl book, they couldn't get out of that shit. Like, we were like, <laughs> man, we're so far now thinking back back it, it was so far removed from that but it, it's eh. i mean the idea that nubia ends up hitting chide town 
and and doing some things in that future. That was pretty good. We did enjoy that. But right now, with her in charge and the shit show that's going on, it's trouble. But in the the one thing that I will, you know, a couple things. I like the art. It, it's pretty oh, good. Yeah, it's great. not fantastic. I don't think it's you know that it's, it's it good. Again, we keep saying this. It is good art. It doesn't detract from the deal. And you're dealing with these side characters, especially Yara Floor. We're not going to get Yara Floor in anything but stuff like this. If she shows up in Tom King's run, watch out. She's dead two issues in, so you don't want that. We get Mary doing some stuff, and you can do other things. You can expand things. It's just like I said, I'm worried about the idea that none of this will matter to the Tom King book, and then we'll just be shoved aside. But maybe, just maybe, this, it's not, though. If it would do well, I wouldn't mind having this set. We've had a couple of these. Like I said, there was a Nubia book. You end up having, yeah. you know, these miniseries. I, I Two like issues these characters. This is already the best so far, though. Yeah, I like these characters. And I like that it's not trying to, it, it's not trying to make anything like new. You're not doing what Clunrad did and try, oh, we're going to grab this one guy from one appearance back then. You're giving the heavy hitters. You're actually giving the things that feel like, Oh my God, this is Wonder Woman. I just, I wonder if even Wonder Woman fans are paying attention to this book. It seems like it's lost in the shuffle. I hope but so. It's called Amazon's Attack. Yeah. Again, though, yeah, that's also really giving you that oomph of, yeah, that was a real shitty story. Like, is that the original turning off was very shitty, yes. Yeah. <laughs> is that, is that a misplay? Again, I, I don't know. I think that, I just think that it should have been a backup. And you see, you have some padding. With Hoppy and hey, we're gonna do yes, definitely. We need to teleport out of here, but it's gonna take a little while. I know you, they want to, you know, cash grab and and get some more money with this, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like it is something that people are grabbing onto. But it's easy to jump into. You have some cool characters at the end. It is trying to do something Eric Shea loves. It's just I wonder if it, it's gonna matter. But what would you give it? Ultimately, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. I think the art's great throughout this, but the biggest problem with the issue overall is the padding it out because Hoppy's not magical enough right now until he eats some carrots. But it's just, you know, it's still a fun story. It's doing some cool stuff, and I still feel like it's the most interesting part of the Wonder Woman book so far. It's just not all the way there because I want it to intersect, but it's just its own little thing. But still, it feels way more important than what Wonder Woman's doing right now. It does. <laughs> I know that people are going to say, well, it's Tom King. It's a big book, but it should be. It's Wonder Woman. But yeah, for the actual comic booky stuff, it is the last issue of Tom King Wonder Woman we talked about last week. I guess it was. She's just standing around. She's taking elevators. She's just doing she that stuff. So at least they're they're doing that stuff. We'll see how it continues. But I have I have a fear that by the end of this, me and you'll be the only ones reading it and talking about it. But I'm, I'm going to give it. A, I'm going to give it a seven as well. Again, like I said, I was trying to kind of get a grip of everything, and I'm worried, but it is decent enough. And I think that people should check it out. Just check it out and, and see how it is. Yeah, you're always <laughs> going to like that. But is there enough, you know, six issues? That's enough to get the team together. To talk, but And that's just the first six issues, Jim, because this, this stuff with the Nubia offshoots that we always have, they never go away. They're always coming back. Six issues after six issues after six issues. They'll be packed, baby. If we get here where we're four issues in and then they say, oh, by the way, it's just announced Villainy Inc., the book. I'll be more excited. I'll say, okay, now I, I can invest some things in here. Like you said, there has been a bunch of, but eventually they're going to say these newbie things aren't selling. And it's a shame. It's one of the things like, just say Wally West fans, when you ended up shitting on them, 
you know, Heroes in Crisis. And, but Not having them from the New 52. They gave up getting, once you get to Jeremy Adams, who actually is going to give you a good deal, they've all given up and left. True. I think that there's a lot of these Nubia and Wonder Woman fans, even when Tom King was announced, they're like, oh, really? You're going to have our t-? That they bail, that they don't even know about this. Even the idea they've bailed, they haven't been around because Wonder Woman hasn't been good since 2016. Oh, that's why they bailed. They bailed a long time ago. We're the suckers. We, we never bail, Eric. We're just suckers. But I'll go seven, give it a little thumbs up, tell people they should at least check it out. And, you know, Definitely. Come, up, come up with the idea by yourself. But I think that it's one of those where I don't see reading it where you could really get angry about it. It's If anything, you're going to say it's padded. But so I got a seven, Eric. But we're going to move to the next book, which was the basis for the song. That started us off, and it is Flash number three, written by Cy Spurrier, with art by Mike Diodato Jr., Trish Mulville, and Hassan Atsame El Huau, who we were told by one of the reviewers this week that it is like the master class <laughs> the of letters. of the issue. <laughs> when, when somebody says that the letter is the standout of the issue, you know that there's something wrong with the issue. Yeah, when, when you're watching a movie and somebody somehow says it's the key grip that was the greatest thing, I don't want to you know really rip on letters, but the idea, or you're watching a baseball game and I say, man, you know what the best was that umpire? Like letters are the thing that kind of just you're there, you don't want it to distract, and at a point it might do that at one point, but it's okay. You get some kind of clever things. I just think that what happened with this book, and this is allegedly a. They all got uh-huh. together. Cy Spurrier called up Mike, said, get Trish and Hassan over here. They all got high and just said, what the fuck? Let's do whatever we want. Because it's one of those things at this point, I think everybody's like, well, if that guy's going to get fucking crazy, then I'm going to get fucking crazy. And now we're all getting crazy. And it's it's crazy. It's my, there's my whole thing. It's crazier. I think that this issue is so weird. I don't like it. But I, no. think, I, I, don't, I think that maybe the reason why I don't like it is more based on the other two bullshit issues before it that has totally left me on a you know out on a limb. Like I don't even know what the fuck's going well, on. When we is, get to this, I guess a little bit that I think there is this a bit of a story. What you had in the previous two issues, the ideas and far out concepts that just want to leave you behind to do weird, wacky stuff visually and freaking, you know, describing things with like, this is like this and this is like that. This continues that, but you know what? You get Max Mercury, you get Mr. Terrific, and you get Bart Allen, the impulse. And I'm like, that adds to it, at least in my mind a little bit. But even impulse is just impulse from 1999. I'm just so sad of that character never having any growth, even though he was at one point, you know, Kid Flash and then grew up to become the Flash, died, got reverted back to Kid Flash. And then New 52 happened and became impulse again after Bendis said, hey, young justice, everybody. Yeah. And so and and here's the thing. Maybe if, if I went back and reread those two issues, but we're poking with a stick. Quiet down, Bart. You're not going to pay me to go back and read those other two issues. Uh-uh. But when I get into this, like all of a sudden, like, oh man, Wally's making jokes, but it's it's more annoying now because of spooky speed nonsense right? like that. And like now, it's like he's like before it was he was talking gibberish with Mister Terrific, and they were trying to do these things. Now he wants to be Mister Goofball, and it's as if I'm in class because this feels like I'm trying to be taught something because I don't understand it. And there's that smacked ass next to me while I'm actually trying to learn what's happening. It's like, look at me. I'm an ape. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I get so angry. And I, I didn't want to get angry. And so the, the nonsense <laughs> from the first two <laughs> And so you end up the first two so issues shit going on while you're reading so this. tough for me to get through that when I got to this where I'm like, okay, we're into the at least the long haul for now. I want to enjoy this. 
I, he, like you said, you get some characters, but then while he's acting like a smacked ass, Mr. Dredd, like we talked about this before, but again, I'll, I'll repeat it. When you end up having these crazy ass things, you need the point of view character to be somebody as dumb as us. That could be Wally. He's a good guy, but Could he's be. not smart like those. But instead, he's I'm an ape. And then Mr. Terrific explains his nonsense explanations and makes it worse. And we never know what's right, going look, on. I dig this. This is, this is the stupidest <laughs> thing ever. Eric. This bothered me for some reason. Okay, I'm gonna probably. I don't, I don't know how I'm gonna go about explaining this because I want to have a wraparound to go back to it, but I don't want to lose the train of thought. In this issue, we have a portal that's open through the events of what the gorillas and stuff were doing in the previous two issues. Mister Terrific and his scientists are trying to get to the bottom of it. Wally West calls him Max Mercury because he knows it has something to do with the Speed Force. Because while he can still access the Speed Force, he's doing something new with it. He's going sideways vibrationally into a side door of reality. Like, not out into the multiverse. It's still Earth, but it's just a different viewpoint of our reality where you can go to the, the Blobbyverse. Is he stepping out with Sideways there? Is that he's, ste- he's stepping out with Wally West is what he's doing. But him and Max are able to go sideways into this other reality on Earth where there's the dead universe, there's a Blobby universe, and all this shit is going on. At the end of this whole show, though, when you get to nothingness, we find out that we still have these teched up supervillains that we saw previously in the other issues and the lead up to this, where the folded man is there, all super alien teched up. And they wrap this around the way we we're supposed to have this clever little thing to say, I don't even know what the folded man's doing, honestly. He's folding realities, but he's there. I think, honestly, I think he's just kind of like hanging out there because he can, because he's a fucking folding man with alien tech upgrading him. But when we start this out, Mr. Terrific wanted to make sure that this wasn't magic-y stuff or spooky Speed Force stuff, so he even had Zatanna check it out. And all she could do was keep saying origami backwards until she got a back uh, migraine. And I'm like, but that's not – she She does backwards magic. She, why, why would she be yelling origami backwards for the, the idea? She has no idea. This doesn't make any sense. And when you do that, again, like you said with Bart, I'm going to poke it with the stick. Then you get Wally. I'm on a – and then you get this down, origami. <laughs> When you end up like just the idea, this is us in this book, right? And they're like, oh, my God, we went to Satana to see if it was magic. First off, just say no. The idea, you're trying to be clever. She said origami backwards. Well, what you say next isn't like, okay, you say, what the fuck does that mean? Is it, you have a, a migraine. I, I feel bad for you. I'll turn off the lights here. Give you a little time on But what the fuck are you talking about? You know, it's not like they said. Like, why are you using reverse magic? And saying origami and have no idea what that means. What is that doing magically? And why is that something that comes out ma- like backwards when you're trying to discover this? You should have the idea in front ways. Yeah, and, and, and in that, you're almost playing the idea that she was so overwhelmed by what happened that it put, she wouldn't say origami backwards. She would, yeah, she might. And origami is just a reference to the folding man at the yeah, end. Yeah, it's just really, a reference. It's th- supposed to be clever. Just the, just the idea that when you show up to, the, to Wally West being almost trapped in this other reality, by the uh, sideways reality, by the folded man with souped up alien tech enhancing his powers, that's not the reveal I think you want it to be because nobody gives a fuck about the folded man. I think it's cool that he's here because I, I say to myself, boy, we don't get enough folded man because it's kind of, he's a fun little character. But in this instance... What is he doing here? Why is he the, the be-all, end-all that is shaping this other sideways reality that has something to do with this portal that's open but se- seems to be different from what Wally West is currently doing with his powers? I sat there and I like, oh, Cy, you cute little guy. You you really think Folding Man is a wild moment? <laughs> it made me giggle. I, I'm waiting for next time. Is Then she yells, oh, my God, cuts, cuts, three times. Had a, it's paper cut, Eric. Paper oh, cuts no. back. 
I want him back now that I saw Fully Man, but blood work. It isn't like, hey, it, it sounds like Matt, like this is Wally in this beginning. Seems like the Speed Force. No, no, no. It might be Spooky magic Speed or Force tech. Stuff. You think it's magic? No, Satana. We ended up doing this. She yelled. She screamed at his origami backwards three times. Three times. How do you think you say it that? It must not be the spooky stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing, Wally? Like, where I want him to be the the dumb it down guy. Like, hey, listen there, science titian. Tell me what I don't know and do know. Explain it to me. The problem is that none of this makes any sense. Size Spurrier's trying to fool us all into making it seem fancier than it is because if you really do break down in this issue i think you actually can start kind of breaking down some of the things to realize there's nothing going on like before they had these things but really they go into that other space they see the like yes. you said the folding man well moment he's just hanging around he's folding shit and doing his deal but he's not doing anything else and right? he's, he's just, folding sideways realities <laughs> yeah he's folding sideways realities and then pissed off as if like oh how can you do this and why are you here but he's not really doing anything then you end up where y- you have max which that should be cool and again i'm not real familiar it, with it, max, it should right? be cool i've never cared about max mercury as our guru of the speed force the mystical wonder man that he is he's just this guy who like you know pontificates on being mysterious with what he wants to talk about the speed and where i go with this issue is suddenly as you're going through because i i don't have a leg day i don't oh my god his legs look crazy <laughs> like he needs to <laughs> hold that shit in, please so you end up with all this the little that i've read of max i i think that what Cy spurrier does is he's getting these characters he's gonna get that one thing that he thinks people might like and dial it up to 20 that's where you get like max he he doesn't even talk like a normal person because now he's the guru, like you said, which is fine. But I think it's turned up too much to then bounce off of Wally, who now suddenly becomes just goofball Wally. And then you get over the top, I can't pay attention, Bart, because all he can do is is dial these things up. But really, all that happens, Max comes, and, and they are, Mr. Terrific and Wally are talking. Wally ends up like, Oh man, I was right about those people But even that, this play that those people Ended up being warped out Off of, you know, Earth Now they're in crystallized time That's degrading Spheres that are are floating in space As the Earth revolves around the sun And that's the thing, the best is They're like stuck in space They're not moving And so I love the idea They're like, well, what can we do? Oh, well, I guess we're going to have to wait until next year to go around to get them again. I'm like, no, bitches, you, you got you got ways to go get these people and save them. Please hey, don't Superman. even play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superman or, you know, get Brother Eternity and his stupid rocket ships. There's a rocket man over there. But anybody could go and get them and you'd want to. But you're trying to play this game of being fancy, but also saying, well, we don't really have to deal with them because they're stuck in time. But no, time's got your nonsense. So then from there, that was just to say Wally was right, but we don't move forward at all there. Then we have the, you know, his co-workers, the Mr. Terrific tech guys. They're beating the shit out of each other like assholes. Max Mercury comes in with these legs that I've never seen anything quite like it. And he comes in and is like, hey, well, and even when you get the things you have, Zen Master Speed, Cryptic Dungeon Master vibes. I'm like, that's not that funny. He is this issue. He seems to have gotten somebody got a hold of him and said, hey, listen, you're a little too fancy, you know, make it a little funnier. And he's like, oh, man, I'm a funny guy, but he's not. It, it's not funny in this. And then they walk away. And Max is, oh, you, you're telling Mr. Terrific about this play. 
what you had this problem with. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to keep it in the Flash family. That's a mistake right there. Why wouldn't he bring up this idea? And all Max can say is, oh, it's because you think you're going to be fired because you're unreliable. That doesn't even make sense in what's going on and who Mr. Terrific is. Wally's already a superhero speedster. And he's going to be shifting through reality. So fucking Mr. Terrific ain't got time for that. He's going to be like missing all this time at work. So you mean, (laughs) I mean, yeah, well, seriously, if he ends up admitting this, maybe they'll realize why he is that. But they are they're trying to figure right, out right. this shit. They're trying to figure it out, and that's a big part of it. I'm Wally West. <laughs> I'm already working for this, you know, billionaire guy who's a fellow superhero of mine, so I'm getting some leniency along the way. I go and tell his ass I'm seeing visions of altering realities. Next thing I know, he's sending my ass to the sanctuary. You know who doesn't need that again? <laughs> Wally West. <laughs> the sanctuary thing. No, ignore You end up where, when this is going on, you're saying that in a book where they're talking the most gibberish bullshit that if he brings this up they're gonna have a fucking field day you might even stop those assholes fighting the tech like they're gonna start fighting again tana she comes back yelling any more origami three times backwards but wally's afraid to say listen i kind of get disjointed with time and end up in this place and and when they do come up there's the fight like it's so on the nose of this should be something he should know also Remember when that portal opened, the whole play in the last issue, it was Barry who was sitting oh, yeah. there. And then in this He's a sad sack right now. He Bart can't get out of mentions bed. that, but go and talk. What what have they gotten from him? He was there when this thing and now all of a sudden he can't get out of bed. And so that's where then we have Grodd who's, you know, yelling, wait. Then we get and then we just get Max Mercury says, Okay, we're gonna go into this deal. You know, maybe this is the speed force, maybe it isn't. Let me give you a little Essentially, we're doing with the speed force, with jumping through these sideway realities that are the same Earth, same time, stuff like that, just through a different perspective that we're using our powers to get to, or Wally's new powers to get to. We have the Blob Sphere, and in the Blob Sphere, it turns out when you use the the, uh, speed force, it destroys that part of that reality, which the stillness, those cosmic aliens that we saw previously that said, you don't even know, understand how your power works at this point in time. Maybe they're there to try to save parts of reality because you start destroying parts of reality, you destroy all of reality because you're a speedster along those lines. Ultimately, though, Wally finds himself falling through different realities, ends up leaving Max Mercury behind by mistake, and finds a reality where, oh my god, here's all the statues of everybody I love. I'm going to sit down for a second. What am I supposed to do again? Oh yeah, never mind. Folded reality of back home. Where's Max? I don't know. Even when we get to the one point of some reality, there's that caveman that Wally quantum leaped into in the Jeremy Adams initial run of the series. Hey, I remember you. And then they met up again with the rest of the dead people from Sanctuary at the time point. Is that, no. a, is that a woman? You remember, you remember that caveman speedster? Yeah, everybody remembers that caveman speedster, huh? Max is like, yeah, you know, I, I was talking to some fucking red-eyed buffalo. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Anytime Max says anything, I'm just assuming he was high. He's the guru. But Bart shows up. Hey, we're going to do this. Bart, don't touch anything. He's touching everything. I'm a poker with a stick. This is the sort of thing that gets me is when you're trying to... He just comes off like Gurr from Invader Zim. Yeah, yeah, he does. You're you're trying to tell a story here. So what are you doing when they jump into the sideways deal? And they do figure out, listen, and we kind of already were told and kind of knew the play, at least I thought, that this isn't another reality this isn't a multiverse deal it's they're still on earth but something's sideways something's wonky but that's where you end up wally says and this is what annoys me on this i call this the blob sphere that's a scientific term because you have to make a joke right and then he says i guess it's like a psychic ecosystem maybe these meat balloons things always seem pretty harmless except like 
you never end up getting an answer. It's always a maybe. Dude, it's it's always, I, think this. I don't even know what I'm supposed to get out of this because it's it's one of all these different folded realities. So then he says, and it just looks like like people's stomachs. This is where the dead people go. So he's pressing on this thing, and then all of a sudden, oh, that's new. But I, I did, what's new? I, I really actually, I don't know really what was new. Everything old is new again, huh? Blobsphere. They're like, oh, Wally, this isn't some alternate reality. The vibrations, the voices, the wind, it's, and you never get an answer. He keeps giving these things where I think it's this, but not. I, it might be this, but this. maybe. And so, well, there is none. And so when you have this, I would hope that size furrier. He has a story somewhere, right? Maybe in this blobs here. It's, it's missing. It's folded. But he's not doing a good job of letting me know what the fuck it is. And so by this point, when you do have moments. You. Tell me who he's letting know who this, what this is. We're already in a couple issues. I'm not saying that we've had tons of time to explore things. But when Max Mercury, a character that, you know, people do know and maybe like more than you. Right? You're a hater. I'm sure they do. But if, if you don't, how am I? Me get a connection when they come back and me. say Max Mercury's missing. How do I get a connection with that? Because you, you you've say. told bullshit. Well, why is that? Because the folded man. Oh, the folded man, huh? At this point, things could start <laughs> happening to Wally, and I wouldn't really care because I've had no time to settle down and kind of think things through and get character moments. The character moments are what get me. The idea where Wally doesn't know what's going on. Tie this into. The emotions and everything, even when they start giving him pretty much when he goes into this sideways universe, you might as well have cats in the cradle playing because they keep telling Wally didn't spend enough time with people and he, he didn't have <laughs> enough time for everybody. I want, you know, all of a sudden Harry Chapin's playing, but I didn't get a connection with that. I didn't get any cares or feels because I don't know what's the happening. Only, the only bit that I feel that we saw for the idea that they're trying to make Wally feel bad about himself is when. They they talk about the idea that you weren't there for Linda That's when she was trying I'm to talk saying. about That's how she felt. The cradle. The, I'm saying though, but she, they had all these instances like Barry wanted to spend time, Jay wanted to do this, Iris, Irie wanted to do this, and the only one that felt like I had a connection that I understood was the Linda one. So everything else, I'm like I don't feel like I saw that. So you you have that, and remember, I mean, when you jumped into this, you had but that. What's play. going on with Jay? But none of that was I know, and none of this was all really set up that much in this book. The only reason you're going to have that thing with. You know, Linda, it was mentioned in this that she was upset she didn't have the connection. But we saw her. We saw the birth and whatever. So even if if you get feels for Max Mercury, that's not from this. That's going to be your pre-deal going in. And even Bart, who's just this goofy guy, doesn't do enough for me to even care about him. You end up tying into things like that caveman. Nobody barely remembers that. And then you have the folded man. That is the wow moment. Like, the, what are you doing? Hell, I think when the caveman was there at that time point, I'm like, is that supposed to be Narc? I actually, that's why I, I brought, I'm like, that's who I, it might be. Uh, so you end up where then he's in like a wow moment is, oh my God, I'm in this giant garden with all these statues. You don't know what it is. You don't know what's going on. I have on. no idea. No. So, and, and, you know, Diodato, Mike Diodato Jr. is trying to play, like everybody's getting fucked up and crazy. That's what I said. You even have parts where, the characters are over top the paneling, but then they're underneath and they're obscured. You end up getting Hossein Atsame Ohal Hal is doing this crazy stuff with the letters. And I guess Trish Moville is just like, I'm not going to fucking go nuts with that. I'm just going to do my colors. But even then you have some weird plays, but it, everything, it feels like the book is out here to confuse me more than entertain me. 
and that's not entertaining to me. When you have your big reveal of this enemy that's trying to keep Barry and Mer- Max Mercury in these sideways realities, it's the folded man. I think you might have done better with that reveal if it would have been gross-ass double down. He was like pulling the – instead of cards, realities off his face and skin or something along those lines. I'm just trying to think of somebody who would work along those lines who's bigger than the folded man. What if at the end – this is just me. It's not going to work digitally. I don't know if Wally actually, actually ever fought the folded man. No. He clinched, whatever. How about the end? You get the folded man, and then you get like Mad Magazine, where you have to fold it, and you're like the all idy aller. That's what happens at the Classic. end. Like you did. Like that would be kind of neat, but it would drive us nuts because we read digitally. But still, well, that's one of those things. of the idea of even like you know you have a reality that you fold wrong like that. It almost feels like what we did with the New Fifty Two when you're putting all those worlds together to try to get the world to sustain itself at the end of Flashpoint. It was folded wrong, is what it was. We had to regroup. Yeah. <laughs> when you get this too, you, you get to this fold like the folded oh, I folded man. It right now it says rebirth. It ends up the folded man. Like, it, it really feels like that's supposed to be such the big thing that it's the be-all, end-all, that you don't really have to do much else with I'm like, the fuck is that? Then you get away, and the, <laughs> the only, I'm telling I'm grasping for anything to grab onto, and it's most of the stuff is through Max Mercury, but even then you end up having this, oh, do you know this this group of people, the stillness, and, and you end up where Max is nope, like, never oh. heard of them. And Max says, like, Pretty cool name, but no. And then we just, I'm like, you mean like the still force? No, the stillness. Most of this is you have Broad saying, wait. Then you also have Max Mercury, who's, you know, chill, chill and speed force is what I like to say. He likes to chill, chill, right? Chill and speed force. And so when you get really the whole play of this, and I've said it all along, that I just thought that this story was to thin up the herd, that too many people are using the speed force. So when you get that, that's a dangerous play, though. That's the devil's hand, as they say, Eric, because you know as well as I do, when you start saying that, that means a guy wants to qualify and, and explain the speed force. And that's what it seems like we're getting towards Don't the idea. do it, dummy. And, and it ruins everything. So when you have the play. When Wally said at the beginning, spooky speed force stuff, I was I was good. I'm like, that's all you ever have to do to say that because you try to get any deeper than that. You're going to screw things up. Next thing you know, you're going to have the savage speed force land. But then what happened? It, it, it is. That's, and maybe that's where Max is. We're back to the savage lands of the Speed Force, which I like more than a lot of other people are. But you end up where <laughs> when they say about this, like the idea when you hear somebody in a flashbook say, oh, my God, something's upset at us because we don't understand the Speed Force and we're using it. to You're like, oh, God, here we go. And that's all I can think is happening. But I don't I don't know. I don't even know. I know that Prickly Bear flashes guys. They're the they're the villains. Those guys. Like, I'm telling you, that's how crazy it gets. I make up shit in my head. I'll tell you this. This might be the most readable issue of Sidesprayer's Flash so far because he's not g- giving you all those, you know, detective noir explanations about like. I think this somebody is like called a, him a, while he has to dumb it down, but he jokes too and much. But it is the most readable. I appreciate the dumbing down of it because you get a more jokey Wally, which. You know, it's, it can get all in your nerves, but I still think it's more apt than what we had previously with the freaking I mean, the inner monologues of Wally West where he's like, you know, a 1930s noir detective trying to describe something like a fucking honeycomb. I don't know, but it feels more readable, but I still don't like what we're getting ultimately. The art's fine. It's not something I like for the flashbook, <laughs> but it's fine for what it's doing because it's giving you that, like, you know, such a wacky kind of creep book. factor. Yeah. But it's just, 
at the end of the day, I don't like reading this book. It's I just really either. hard, and I don't get the, the enjoyment that I feel that I should be getting out of a Wally West Flash book that also has Max Mercury and, and Post Barnell. Yeah, I mean, you just talked about, we talked about Amazon's attack. It's not even that big a book, but you like it because it throws in characters, it has classic feels. This and should it's be doing things, and I can understand it. <laughs> and the idea where we were worried, oh my God, we're not going to get the Flash family. Well, we're getting Max here. We're, we're getting characters. In and it. I, I, just, I didn't expect to get Max and Bart because, you know, we we knew that they were going to go off to try to do some like future Speed Force stuff to try to find the next barrier. And we knew that they were stopped for whatever was going on. But I didn't expect them to be here. It makes sense, I guess, because they weren't able to leave, that they would show up here. But and I never had expected it. the beginning, it. remember when they saw the buffalo and shit like that. But in this, like, the thing that I thought we're going to get it because they're tra- this will be the explanation why they can't break the barrier. I don't know. Which but- is funny, though, because after the last issue, I thought we were going to be getting Barry. Now nah, he- he's in bed. He don't want to come play today. <laughs> and that's the weird play. And-, and in that, we'll even have later, next book, actually, the classic quote-unquote or wink-wink of if you don't see a dead body. They're not really dead kind of deal. But in this, I'm like, Bart says that Barry didn't come out of the room and he was yelling from inside. And I'm like, was he there? Did he get lost? And there was a weird play. Like, there's something going on. We're going to go in Barry's bedroom and there's going to be a fucking portal shit because this book is so wacky that I can't say one way or the other. But like you said, it is more readable. That's what I meant at the beginning, that I'm starting to almost feel like I'm seeing a little story, but also... Because it's more readable, I realize there's not that much of a story that you're just there and they're just standing around for the most part talking gibberish to see the folding man to have like Max. There's parts that have Max Mercury is missing now. That's the big play. That's really in this. That's all you need to know. That's really the only thing that happens. Yeah. And you have where Bart, he looks like he's crying. I only touched things a couple of times. I'm like, okay. And. You get a, a play of like, is it that important that we know that the people who ended up getting in those bubbles, that they're crystallized time and they're going to be OK? We just have to wait to Look, get them. Yeah. That's just to put them aside to say, hey, we didn't let them die. Because at one point I sit back at the end of this book and I think to myself, what jerks that Wally and Max are leaving Michael Holt with Bart Allen. Yeah, That's really. All I have to think. Yeah, just him with somebody like Impulse, it would drive him nuts. Yeah. And those other nerds are also like, again, though, remember when you end up. Things in this book, uh, Jay doesn't have a shirt on it. He's at the boiler room. Nobody cares. He's crying in the boiler room of the school. It's weird. It took a couple issues to get back to the idea. Oh, by the way, we found those guys that got sucked in those bubbles. That they're all okay. We're just gonna have to wait to get them. In the issue that it happened, they just Wally well, we just left. He didn't even question. He just left and just left him. I think that- we, we still kind of had the idea where you had them in the first issue. The second issue, Wally got put in one of these bubbles. So you talked about that a little bit. So now it's, it's a progression. Now we're still worried about it because Wally got put in one, but he's okay. I kind of want my hero to worry when they are there because in between They're there, fine. <laughs> we saw out of nowhere – the, the, what was it? The the velvet touch? Well, it was the other kid. Remember oh, the kid? Oh, the indigo blur? Yeah, the indigo blur. That kid just became the inside out man. I mean, he was he, just he horrific. He became a monster man. And then they're like, you know, tore apart an ape who's stuck in the undead version of reality right now. Yeah, so, you know, the whole, you know, blur. What am I reading? They just left that blur because he's a blur now. Nobody even remembers that. The indigo asshole. blur was the indigo streak. I th- it it might have been the streak, but I like the blur. Yeah. Now I'm thinking that those are all his innards in the blob sphere. See, all, all I was thinking about was the red-blue blur, which they <laughs> called Clark Kent in the Smallville series before he was Superman. Might be the streak. The streak, all right. Inside indigo streak. Out. Not to, like, what, what's going on with that? 
And we do get that other He was just aid. a speedster we never saw before. He turned into a monster man and got stuck in another reality where the stillness, a cosmic alien race that we can't see, killed him. So you go into Obviously. this sideways stillness other thing, and we end up seeing the one ape who's ripped apart and trying to say, I'm confused. I'm going, I'm sitting there like, all right, what? It, oh, he's not really saying shit. Okay, I get it. Plus, I don't have any sort of reaction to it because, again, I don't have any footing, and this is some gorilla. All right, whatever. Go back to Gorilla City, asshole. I, I don't know why, but I, I, I know. But I don't have a feeling. Like, I'm not getting any sort of feels from this. Like, oh, my God, how dare they do that to Ape Guy? Well, you say that. I have no feels for what Gorilla Grodd's doing in this. He feels so weird and out of touch with everything. He doesn't feel like Gorilla Grodd. Yeah. What is it? It's, uh, hey, huh, you're Grodd. Oh, that's what he says. Wait, your Grodd sounds a lot like your Batman. Really? Apes are a cowardly, superstitious lot. Get the fuck out of here. But Classic what you, What would you give this? Again, because it's the most readable out of the series so far, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, I'll give it a 5 as well. Again, some of the art's okay, but then it just starts getting wacky for wacky's sake that I think this whole book. And that's a generous 5 because, like I said, I don't enjoy reading this, and that's a huge problem. There, and I'm gonna, we're gonna go to the next book, and I'm gonna kind of give that whole play where, when you're doing these things, and we're doing a, a recording and things like that, we'll we'll end up reading some things more than once, right? Sometimes because they're so goddamn confusing. But uh-huh. when you reread something, sometimes yeah, you get a better idea. You realize, oh my god, like Green Lantern War Journal, because of what happens by the end, I realize what was set up now a little better going on. This book, I just get more confused every time I read it. And then we'll go to the next one that I realized, like, oh, this is a bunch of bullshit. Uh, and, and more so bullshit of, like, just faking, you know, trying to make something work that really isn't and trying to pretend that it does. And it, it's annoying. But what is it? Eric? Green Arrow, number six, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Sean Isaac. Isaacs, Phil Hester, Trevor Harrison, Andy Parks, Robbie Fajardo Jr., and Troy Petiri. And in this... Conclusion to what should have been our story, the first arc is over now with Oliver trying to find out who's behind keeping his family apart to the point where he has temporal brain bombs inserted in him that every time he gets to his family, he then separates and goes to different parts of space and time. But we find out in previously in the series that the reason this is there is because at some point, the Green Arrow family being together causes the great disaster in the future. So we got... A future Oliver Queen got in touch with Amanda Waller and Parallax and said, hey, help me out from stealing this. Make sure that my I couldn't get to my family in the past. That's our story so far. And ever since that happened, things have been com- become a convoluted mess where we just had a bunch of green arrows attack Ollie in the previous issue, shoot him in the chest with a construct arrow, and then he woke up at a carnival. What he's not actually at a carnival, but with his future self, who turns out to be Malcolm Merlin, with I wanted to say at first was like reconstructive surgery, but no, it's some kind of weird just construct hologram thing. And the only explanation to anything that's been going on here. Yeah, I got back from the uh, surviving thing with the Leviathan, and I got a hold of Amanda Waller. She gave me some tech and space and time stuff. Oh, oh, that, is that what it is, huh? Just the space and time tech you got from Amanda Waller for no reason, Merlin, huh? And I said, when, when, I, when, this was, when this was coming up, I said, okay, it was six issues, and then it was extended. It was supposed to be a six-issue mini. So when you get to this, you're thinking, okay, and I said, while well, we were going towards this, is this going to be that we see six issues that were actually going to be that many and then you continue on or was it the play where if me and you are writing and we say listen we're trying our best but it's six issues won't be enough to tell this convoluted ass story that we're telling can you please extend it and then i'll give you this that whatever 
But no, no, this looks like this was the six issues. And the only thing that I can say about this positive is that hopefully the next bunch of issues are better because this That's is bullshit. This is so much bullshit. Where do, we get, where do we get by the end with the exception of Arsenal looking like he's, you know, killed? <laughs> but besides that, with everybody finally coming together, I'm not saying how it makes sense or works, but I like that we've got everybody together in the end. How any of it works, I couldn't tell you no, anymore because, because it's just it Merlin in the background. With space and time technology to keep Oliver Queen from his family just because he wants to fuck with him. But I don't understand where did Parallax come in? Was that actually real? Um, and it doesn't seem I, I to be. Understand. It seems all a dupe. And I don't know what to do. Like when you get to this, you cannot figure out what the plan might have been because it doesn't make any sense. This is what we keep saying about Joshua Williamson. This guy can't end anything. I mean, he's probably one of those guys when you're on the phone, you're like, okay, I'll see you later, Josh, see you tomorrow. And he's like, he always has to fucking keep going. Oh, yeah, well, what about that? Like, you can't add shit. End it. And he's there. Nothing that was set up ends up being in this. And then he's even fudging on top of that. Because you and end for up some reason, you're trying bullshit. to make Malcolm Merlin into Green Arrow's reverse Flash. I don't know why you want to turn Malcolm Merlin into reverse Flash with his motivations and how he's acting and this over-the-top, despicable evil. He just wants to see him, like, his... He just wants to see Oliver Queen be in misery the whole time, so he's going to go through space and time to do it. I don't know who this character is. Maybe maybe this is what Malcolm Merlin needs, because he's not that big of a threat, honestly, anymore. But it's just crazy. I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, you're just Eobard Thawne now. Yeah, and then I'm tell I'm asking you, because maybe maybe there was a play, because with Amanda Waller, and all I think, this is why when we were doing our, our spotlight, at the end we were talking about the books that we're going to be talking about, and this is, again, why I said that this book suddenly just reminds me of Deathstroke, Inc., because I think that a lot of this bullshit is just going to be thrown in here to then be used later in whatever the Amanda Waller event is, because things like if you sat there and thought at one point, oh, the great disaster, ooh, the Oliver starts that. Like the whole play of the great disaster, that's going to be based on something Oliver and the Green Arrow family does. Well, that doesn't seem to be really true. So what does that mean? And at one point, maybe you could have twisted and turned something with that into a bigger story. But now it just seems like everything before was just a lie. But but why? And then you end up having Merlin, who's like the worst of the worst of when villains end up going through a cut. I mean, the things that Merlin has been doing make no sense. And then he said, I could have just killed you. But that's not fun. But then I could have killed your family. It almost seems like he has the power of Parallax himself at this point. I just want to know, how does pre-Flashpoint Parallax play into this? And I say pre-Flashpoint, I mean like zero-hour Parallax. How does he play into this? Because that was the most intriguing part of this whole thing. It was a wild moment. That's it. That's the only... We actually have a zero-hour Parallax that's in this universe, fucking around, doing whatever. He hasn't been spotted since a little bit after Convergence. I want to know what this character's up to. Him showing up here, I'm like, this is gigantic. This is huge for people who understand and been reading for years now. And I don't even understand if he's a part of the story or if somehow Malcolm Merlin just has freaking parallax-like powers now. And so what, what, and anybody who disagrees, here's the thing. You're, you're trying to use this book at, at one point. I thought it's going to be this Joshua, like Joshua Williamson's trying to be clever to actually give you a reason why during the new 52 read, but like, why wasn't there Leanne, why wasn't right. there Connor? This was supposed to be like, we have these things happen. Jeff Johns is big for it. The idea, or even just recently, when we ended up having the Batman off-world, you know, outer space deal to give you the idea, Jason Aaron shows up and like, I'm going to kind of try to be clever to show you how Batman learned to fight aliens. You're trying to do this. Yeah. This is bigger, though, because, again, this is the play of why weren't they around when they should have been. 
And when he goes to do it, really what you have at the end is, oh, a guy, Merlin, he got, quote unquote, time traveling tech and just was fucking with things like before it felt bigger. Before, when you had power, like, we can't let this happen because the great disaster, we can't let you go. That felt big, and it felt like, oh, my, how are we going to get out of that? And then here, it's just like, it ends up being a Scooby-Doo ending times three. Like, this is the third time this asshole has pulled a mask off the old guy. Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, now it's Malcolm Merlin. I mean, this ending just keeps going. It's almost like Wayne's World, where they kept it going. But no, no, this can't be right. And they pull it off again. Now it's Merlin. But that's not the only problem because even when, you know, Merlin shows out, shows who he truly, actually, even before that, Green Arrow is going to fight himself, what he believes to be himself for the future. He's going to take an electric arrow out of his quiver and shock himself in the brain where he thinks his brain bomb is, which causes to activate. This causes Malcolm Merlin and him to fall throughout time onto a lone asteroid in between time. And at this point, I'm just waiting. I'm like, is this where Telos was left by Parallax when we last saw him turning things? And this point here, like, okay, we're trapped now. But if you remember, we had Connor and Leanne in the 31st century, the Legion of Superheroes, and Brainiac 5 was going to send Connor back because he could only send one person to find where Oliver Queen is. Somehow they pinpoint his ass in between moments of time like this on a lone asteroid, and then Connor's there, Dad, come with me. No, I can't. I've got to stop him. And then Malcolm shoots an arrow. And then Leanne jumps out and grabs the arrow. Hey, Brainiac 5 said only one of us come. Yeah, that was just to find him and to figure out that we're, where we're going to go next. So everything we had Did set that up was line a make lie. Sense? And the, no, it didn't make any sense. Now, she's like, now we're together, we could be lost together, so that's okay. So when we do actually end up teleporting to a new location, what turns out to be the island Olive originally found himself on when he came <laughs> to Green Arrow, island. and Black Canary is just there because she had a gut instinct. She better go back to the beginning, so she's waiting for him to show up there because, obviously, I'm just wondering, was Oliver Queen the only one with the temporal thing in his brain because everybody else was disappearing before him? So are they going to still disappear? Because they're together now? But it also, like, you have this going on. Because Leanne and Cutter, they disappeared. Did it not feel like, I mean, kind of when they said it, like it almost felt like Merlin had one too, because that got shut, but why would that be? And then when you do have this where you have that play, it's it's like so many things at that point, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, you're just making up shit as you're going. Even the play where a big line is, Hey, I decided to be your older self because the only one that you'll listen to is yourself. And that didn't even feel like a, a right line. Like in my mind, he should have pretended he was, you know, the Dina from the future. And then that would have played. But everything's getting fudged. When when Connor comes out of nowhere looking like Grandma Connor. is even willing to fight himself. And I like that. Yeah. So he comes out, though. And says, oh, you know, hey, I found you. Like, how? Because you're not even anywhere. This was where you got transported after destroying your brain bomb, which doesn't make sense to me either. Your temporal brain and, bomb. Yeah, and which makes no sense that you could just shock it and you're fine. And then you'd have a... So then you have, at that point, Merlin, even in, the, in three pages, he goes from, well, I should have killed you, but I didn't want to. I wanted to watch you suffer. And I could have killed your family. But that's too easy, and I wanted you to see this, to then just throw all that away when he sees Connor, like, I'm going to shoot I'm your gonna ass. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and goes like, it, it felt like it was a different thing going on. And then when the, the arrow is coming, when Leanne jumps out, like, this is supposed to be this, oh, right, but she did me to it. Catch too. And the idea that Connor said, <laughs> Connor says, I thought Brainiac 5 said only one of us could go on the trip. And like you said, she says, oh, yeah. That was just so we would know where we were going next. What does that mean? I don't know. Because she plans 
on being lost after this. Yeah, it, 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 but, <laughs> but together. It, it, is it? Because it's like, that was just so we would know where we were going next. But it's what they're talking about is well, you, I'm you just, just saying, grabbed an did, arrow. I, I don't know. Did, did Brainiac 5 send Connor throughout time and then tell him the rest of the plan after Connor left? Maybe. I feel like the idea here, though, is like supposed to be. Who like jumped the gun on that one? I, I don't know what I don't know what happened. Like he says, like I swear that Joshua Williamson wrote himself into a corner, had no idea how to do it, and things just happened here for no reason and to very lackluster degrees. This is I 100 percent agree because at at some point, like he does, he has changed the story around to then think of and maybe again, maybe it leads to something bigger in the next event. They go that. But at some point, you still have to make it make sense within your story. This is one of the most bullshit fudge stories I've ever read. And you know that he knew it. Because then, when they go to the island, for no reason whatsoever, you end up having Black Canary there. Like you said, she's like, oh, I had a feeling. Just so you can have... Let's go back to the beginning. Just so they can start making out and everybody can say, oh, right, you did it. I see reviewers who are like, this is a great ending. This tied everything up. Tied everything up. They didn't even get anywhere around where the laces were. Like, they, they're doing, I don't know what he's doing. And then to set up, oh, man, like Merlin at the end, I'll get you later. What the fuck is happening? And while all of this is going on, Arsenal and Jade are going off to try to oh, find yeah, some nice. of Roller's stuff because, you know, Cheshire working for the Suicide Squad previously, she has some inside intel. So they're going to an off-site spot that Amanda Waller uses whenever she's, like, you know, on the run or just trying to keep in tra- uh, track of the Suicide Squad members. And when they get there, they say, oh, my God, she's been watching us. And then they immediately get shot by Amanda Waller, who shoots up Roy and Jade to the point where they're just laying there bleeding out. I did not want to be found. And now no one will ever find you. Next up, the hunt for Arsenal. I'm like, really? Because what was this called? This first six? Was it not like the hunt for Green Arrow? Look, why are you doing What are we doing? To to be continued in the hunt for Arsenal, but then a little bit over. But first, what do you mean there's no Justice League? I'm like, we we haven't had a Justice League in a while. You started this when you did Dark Crisis. Wait, wait. (laughs) He's the one who did it? That was Justice League 50. How long ago was that? That was like years ago. Uh, again, I'm sitting there. Well, Roy's fine. Again, to go with the whole, you know, I'll, I'll play Joshua Williamson's game. I, I thought he was a Black Lantern because that's what he did at the beginning of Infinite Frontier. So fuck it. You can't kill him. He's a Black Lantern. Also, everybody knows about but the multiverse. You have to be dead to be a Black Lantern. He's dead as, as a doornail there. He's dead. They shot no, the him. The thing is, I'm telling you, he I'm might afraid, become a Black Lantern again. I'm afraid for whatever reason that. I'm trying to remember which arm it was, but when he lost his arm previously in pre-Flashpoint, that when he gets shot here, it's only on one side of his arm and stuff. Like, you know, he goes down. I'm like, are they going to try to say that this has been a robotic arm for him the whole time? I'm curious. This this issue has so many things wrong with it. Like, it it doesn't even make a lick of sense. This makes, and again, not that I'm saying it's wacky nonsense like Seisberger. He's doing his crazy thing. This makes less sense overall in a plot deal. It falls completely apart. You can't look like under a microscope. You can't look at this in any sort of way to even. I was so intrigued for the things that we had going on at the beginning of this, you know, series to the point where it would be on my twenty-five dollar do or die pullers because I needed to know how all of this was going to make sense in the continuity. It looked like Joshua Williams is going to make all these loose threads tie together and a nice little freaking bow for all of us. And all of a sudden, here we are. I'm like. 
How did you fumble the ball that quickly in the story that you were setting up? Because you had all the pieces there. Everything worked, seemed like it would be able to work. And all you would have to say, like we had previously, well, I was like, you know, spooky speed force. <laughs> all you would have to do here, parallax stuff. That's all you need to do. He has the power I, of a I god. I still think you go with that and the idea of averting the great disaster. And, and Why, at least you have even something. Even the idea of saying that the Green Arrow family started the great disaster, for one thing, it's way too soon. What are you doing? Don't even bring up the great disaster because you ruin everything in that maybe that's where maybe it just gets so wacky crazy that you have oliver's like wait a second like somebody realizes through time like it is too soon you're bullshit let's go but in this this is again the rest the first bit of five issues not the greatest and they started getting wonkier and wonkier as we went but there were some big things but this is the comic book version of the atlanta falcons in the super bowl Against the Patriots He completely fucked up There was no way that you could possibly Ruin it this much Even the idea, you were so interested At the end of last issue, oh it looked like a construct hour you're trying to figure it out. No, so I, I hated the last issue because I didn't know what the hell was going on. But I'm like, is that? A, I understand. I'm like, is that a construct arrow? Is this going back to like you know what? Parallax, like to Oliver Queen shooting Parallax before to take him down. Is this like a callback to that? So what was? And I don't. I, I don't know. We I don't, don't know what any of this was. We're not. I mean, we're dummies, but we're not idiots. And we go into this, and you, you can't explain what it is. All of a sudden, you said at the beginning, you said, "Oh," and then we're kind of at a, a circus, but we're not. And then it's like, oh man, I know this. I learned that. And then you leave that. You're trying to do like, these what moments do you do and you when don't you do go them. to this point where, where Oliver it does Queen look like is a construct you know, arrow, by the way, and it burns away for, I, I don't get it. Oh yeah, it. it totally does. He's hit by this construct arrow, falls throughout time to the point where he goes to this circus. He's like, this is where I went after I got back from the island to try to do more stuff with my bow. And then it doesn't matter. None of the scene setting matters. I don't know what we're doing. Did Malcolm Rowan actually have a plan here and it just fell apart? We just said, okay, time to move on. Malcolm is there, and Oliver's like, I saw you die. You died with Leviathan. And he's like, did you see a body? The greatest trick of the devil ever pulled, right? And then explains it. And this explanation, like, how can you get explanation that makes it worse? And he's like, I decided it was time to get revenge. Now, Oliver even says, really, you got revenge because I I, I beat you in a shootout? But we know that that's, that's, come on, Oliver, you know there's more than that. But even says, made a few backroom deals. This doesn't explain how he didn't die. Like, this is the nope. whole play. He says, I did take some, it took some repairs, but never well, really explains it. he's got a glowy eye and a robot arm. And then says, after that, because you have to do some repairs beforehand. Then he goes to Amanda Waller. I made deals with Amanda Waller for some time travel tech. I made a few small, again, if you're going to play it with the lay of the land and things like that, in my mind, you you try to play like, I don't know, I was dead and I woke up. I mean, because of a timeline opening up things happening like maybe he could play that but instead he tries to make stuff it makes no sense and the idea i made i got for some time travel tech and a few what about these construct shit you're making what about all that like it doesn't make sense obviously we don't know what amanda waller's end game is for whatever she's doing in the background of all these books but in what world do you think that amanda waller the wall but just give Malcolm Merlin some time travel tech to do whatever he wants with. And what, like time travel tech that was able to, as we're reading these books, pretty much take out half of the Arrow family for this long. What is Amanda Waller doing? But 
then using and make this them forget tech. about that. Like, yeah, I'm, so why isn't she using the tech? Why isn't she? Ch- who knows? I don't know. Then at the end, like, it, it is like the poster deal of it. A lot of people are already sick. Like, how can you be sick of Amanda Waller when she's not even really in books, but you're sick of because she keeps ending up at the end? Like this bullshit. And then I'm like, oh, and there's Peace Wrecker. Go fuck yourself. You're, you're lame. All these things are just ridiculous. And I just want to bail. And this is the arc. This is the guy who right now DC considers the architect of the entire universe. And people are wondering why stuff is bullshit. This is what he came up. This is as bad as the Justice League Odyssey that they kicked his ass off of. This is awful. Hopefully right now. He just didn't care about this. and But again, this is where I think I said uh, during the spotlight or some point, there is a point where wouldn't it have been better of them to just say, hey, time out. We kind of fucked up a bit, but we want to get the Arrow family back together. Merlin's back. He's back. like, I'd rather them just have a video and explain this. And like, this stuff doesn't make sense. But here we go. They wasted six issues here to tell us nothing. To them, fudge shit at the end to make no sense, and I'm like, I, I don't even know what the fuck's going on. But the and majority of the Arrow family's back together. Will they stay together? Who knows? Tune in next month, boys and girls. Except Jade might be dead, and there's no mention of the hunt for Jade. It's the hunt Nobody for Arsenal. Yeah, so you have the whole play there with, uh, and now are we like again? Does this lead to then Leanne mad at Roy because he couldn't, and then you're just not doing what I want either? But we just got done the hunt for Green Arrow, Oliver Queen. Now we got a hunt for Arsenal. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, what can we get now? What sort of construct nonsense can we get that'll fuck with Roy? Like, are we going to do the same fucking bullshit? Yeah, he could have some other crazy things. But there you go. Peace Wrecker. Got big gun. She's all pissed off. Oh, my goodness. And Amanda Wallace, she's there. Never going to find you. Peacemaker's there, too. Yeah, he's there. He's just Peacemaker. I'd like Peace Wrecker because I like to point out of the lameness of, oh, we have Peacemaker. Like, where's the Batwoman who laughs? Where's Dr. Hate? She's in, she's in the bleed. Dr. Hate will see this week in the Titans, uh, the, the Beast World. So we'll see that. We'll see a lot of this bullshit. What would you give this? Ultimately, I think the art is great. In this. I, love I like it. where we end up on the island with the family being together and just that great scene of, you know, Black Canary and Green Arrow making out on the sand and the beach. It's just that nice moment. That's the only thing that's really nice about this issue because the rest is just fudged bullshit to get us to this ending. And it really just falls apart and makes me lose all hope in the series overall, which I thought could have been one of the best series that DC was putting out for the like the dawn of DC era. So I'm giving it a 4.5 out of 10. <laughs> I'm giving it a 3, and I love the art. I, I do like that little you know collage. You end up where Dinah, she's walking down the beach. She's taking her boots off. Tough to walk on the beach with you know, those stripper no boots, reason. right? The hooker she had a boots. gut feeling. Yeah, and then she looks surprised, though she had a gut feeling. Then they look at each other in the eyes, and then you're like, ooh, they're remembering all the good times. Oh, God, there's where Doomsday. <laughs> Doomsday. So what you get is Doomsday crushing Oliver to death. The next panel is a bird's eye view looking down, and then the other one is them in good times. I don't even I know what that other one is. Like, like, But that's not even then. Because they're dressed differently. No. It's so fucked up. What is that? The idea that they're like, oh, man, there's Dinah. Oh, man, I'm getting horned up. Through the good times and the bad. <sighs> and even that, you don't even give enough of a play. Like most people now probably forgot that all this started with Doomsday killing Oliver and not even just obliterating. It didn't even make sense for him to come back. It didn't. And that's where when you're fudging things, you're fudging from fudge sake at the beginning, like none of this made fudge sense. Fudge baby. You should have, I mean, really at this point, you should have just played the idea. Oh my God, somehow the world without a Justice League, the dream world that Dinah had 
ended up somehow bringing back Oliver. Maybe play with the idea. Is he a construct? Kind of like before. Is he this, but he's back? Oh, like a hollow and quiver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's deal with it. And we would have been better off. You're going to be pissed again. We have this six issues to do. Like, what? You didn't even deal with shit. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, three. But that's that. That is it for this section of books. I I hope that we still had some fun with I'm more confused after these last two books than angry. But boy, Amazon's attack, huh? I The thing is, I read these. That's how right? you do comics. That is. I actually read these. I screamed origami backwards three times out of the fucking migraine. I wanted out, Eric. I, I still can't read that backwards. I'm terrible with backwards. You say that. I'm telling you, for some reason, I felt like you this time. It took me forever to figure out I said origami. <laughs> I did too. I'm sitting there. I'm like, are the hell's you wrong with me? Are you going to Scarborough? Like, why, why are they singing songs? Oh, origami or a jam. And at one set. point, I almost gave up and thought, oh, it's just nonsense words. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you were right, Eric. <laughs> you were right, man. It was nonsense because, again, when it, that ties in, she's yelling origami backwards three times. The next thing to say is, what the fuck does that mean? And then she'll go, oh, folding man. Boom. There you have it. But no, no, they just let her have a migraine and slip away. I, I don't know what happened. I don't know why. Why did her magic get affected so b- bad because of a speed force sideways deal? Nonsense. The folded man, you know, origami backwards. I'm telling you, it doesn't even work with how her power works. No, it, it's like me going to Tanya and saying, hey, do you know when the Eagles are on on Sunday? And because she doesn't like football, all of a sudden she starts talking gibberish, shits her pants, and then falls down on the ground. There's why, and then I'll be like, "Get up, bitch! Tell me when the game is." And then she tells me to look it up, and we're good. We're good to go. Folding man, hair. Folding man. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, that's like me on laundry day. Oh God, no, it's not. It's not. Crumple it up in a ball, man. It, it, there's no laundry day in my life, Eric. I've never. <laughs> I, I don't do. I don't do laundry. I don't wear clean clothes, Eric. I just go with the flow. I just go with I don't like your flow. It's gross. So then later, when everybody's bitching, like, oh, you did this. Tanya's big thing is when she does the laundry, she'll leave it down there. It's going. <laughs> Ethan, or not Ethan, uh, right. Now I can't even. Logan. I can't remember this. too many. Logan goes down, and it'll be in mid-cycle. He'll just turn it off, throw the wet laundry on the floor, and then do his shit. Cloudmaker. All the time. Yeah, really? And then Tanya will come up bitching all the time. Well, he did it again, whatever. I'm like, well, what did you say to him? Well, I didn't say anything because I don't want to upset him. I'm like, all right. You got to ask the this question. Talk to me two days from now when this shit happens again. Yeah, you do. Yeah, give him the third rail, boys. That's what you do. Is he Shut 18 up. yet? No, he's 17. He's getting uh, Almost he can kick his ass out. Do laundry down the street, boy. Brave's almost 21. We just ended up getting a new washing machine. If you, I should have taken a picture of the old one before we did this thing. I don't even know how it was doing any wash. It was like. Like leaning and crooked, it was all rusted out. But that's a terrible thing to say about Tanya. Yeah, really. Now she's the dishwasher. That thing's been broken for years. Thing doesn't do anything. Even though she said the other day, I clean the dishes every day. I'm like, fuck, are you talking about? Like you, you never do. And she's like, well, maybe not every day. And I just let it go. Like not every day, not any day. She doesn't do shit. She eats popsicles all day. Popsicles, Eric, like a little kid. <laughs> like a little kid. Oh, my goodness. She's eating popsicles. <laughs> you're reading comics. <laughs> yeah. That's me. Uh, she's eating popsicles and listening to Taylor Swift and I'm talking about books. And eating shepherd's pie like a man, Eric. I, oh. made a, I made impromptu shepherd's pie yesterday. Pretty good. 
pretty good. I bet not many people make impromptu shepherd's pie in this world. I don't know why they would. I did. I just, I'm like, what do I have here? I'm like, okay, I got ground meat. I want to use that. I end up, okay, I, I have some mashed potatoes. I got peas. Boom. Shepherd's pie. In and out, I made a gravy with the drippings. Aren't the drippings? Pretty good. Got me a sick, though. I was told not to feed the dog people food anymore. I agree. Don't yeah. do that. I, I try not to. She just begs so much, and I, I always cave. Uh, but that's that for the section. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we'll be back with two more books. I hear that these next two books, they're just stupendous. They're stupendous, Eric. We're going to love every minute of it because we're trying to be positive. What are you trying to see what books are next? Here we go. Yeah. That is it. And did, was your cat fiddling around earlier? I heard some shit. Oh, she was trying to knock stuff. over my hacks and figures. Ah, uh, that bitch. But we'll be back in a minute with Fuck. more books. This episode is brought to you by Dragon Ball Legends, the ultimate Dragon Ball experience on your mobile device. Dragon Ball Legends features action-packed anime action RPG gameplay with Goku, Vegeta, Trunks, and all your favorite Dragon Ball characters. Summon your favorite characters from popular Dragon Ball anime series, such as Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball GT to Dragon Ball Super. Fight in real time against friendly or rival Dragon Ball players from across the globe in live PvP battles. Enter ratings matches with your favorite Dragon Ball characters and earn rating points and rewards. Unite with friends to defeat powerful foes in co-op. Dragon Ball Legends features the best anime fighting scenes on your mobile device. And now, Legends Festival is on, so you can get up to 300 free summon tickets. Are you ready? Download Dragon Ball Legends today. Available for free on both iOS and Android devices. Well, my mom dropped me off and she never came back. Find old trash, yeah, that's my hack. Ducks under my ass ain't cutting me no slack. Thank God I'm a city boy. Well, my car's son here, cause I got what he needs. Mom's grave covered up by some damn weeds. Swamp thing talking, trying to plant his seeds. Thank God I'm a city boy. Well, I'm in big trouble, that got me in a pickle. My bitch mom left because she was so fickle. My pal said, still a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a city boy. Ah, oh, yes, Eric, city boy. That was the last second song there, and it's a little bit of a hoedown. A little hoedown? I say hoedown. A little city hoedown. Because City Boy's mom was a hoe, and she's down underground, I, Eric. She's six feet under. I don't know why you gotta be like that. She's a bitch. She caused all these problems. Oh, she caused these problems. City Boy's like, oh, God, I'm gonna now ruin Earth because some weeds went over this fucking shabby-ass grave. <laughs> What the fuck is going on? Uh, I blame the mom, Eric, but we'll just get oh right God. into it. What are we starting with? My own personal grief is everybody else's fault. It is. Hey, listen, I've had relationships falter, Eric. My mom doesn't talk to me. I'm not you trying to, to make mom. the world into an apocalypse, right? I'm not doing that. You would need a booster seat to do anything. Oh, my goodness gracious. I, I'm going to get a booster seat so I can reach up and punch you right in the nose is what get I'm going to do. <laughs> really, I, I'll just jump. I'll jump up. Actually, I'll like I'll drop You're a nickel. Ankle. You're fucking cheap ass. Though I'm a little cheaper. You'll you'll Way lean cheaper. down and I'll get you. Yeah, but you'll be like, oh, a nickel. I could buy another one of these fucking action figures because I'm a fucking man child. I'll look down. I won't even realize the nickel. I can't see that far. That is true. You're pretty bad at that. Is actually, and, and I'm so cheap. It's not even a nickel. It's like it's like a shell of a peanut shell or something. Penny. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> hey Penny. You're like, oh my god, and then I punch you. 
And then you yell at me, my mom shows up, doesn't talk to me, and then your dad isn't there because he's dead. See, we all have problems, Eric. We all have problems in life, but we're not making things into apocalypse. That's all I'm saying at the end. Because we don't have the power. We have these books in this whole We Are Legends. Like, I, I did need a scene at the end to have Darkseid go, oh, shucks, it didn't work. Like, what is he I doing agree. now, right? What is he doing? It's a oh, to play. the next one. Yeah, he's like, oh, that Macari son, you son of a gun. You failed me again. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. But still might have had a better ending than the other two. <laughs> it was very weird. But give us the credits. City Boy, number six, written by Greg Pasadena, by Minkyu Young, Sebastian Cheng, and Wes Abbott. And in this finale to City Boy, we realize that it's Cameron. <laughs> he's just done. Well, I'm saying he's just done with this shit because his mother, the person he's been looking for all this time, she's dead now. And this bastard Swamp Thing and his fucked up green gonna try to make people forget that his mother existed by growing up over her. <laughs> Her makeshift tombstone after Bloodhaven was nuked all those years ago? How dare he fuck this? City Boy is going Super Saiyan and bringing all of those avatars to life to create the super city that Makari's son and Darkseid wanted him to do all along. And it's going to take the combined might of Superman, Batman, Nightwing to try to talk his ass down. And, and also Swamp Thing as well. But Swamp Thing, his whole thing is like, City Boy, don't do it. You might think that the green won't remember, but you don't realize the city don't remember either. Nobody, Nobody remembers. remembers this shit, city boy. But you know <laughs> they what? Don't remember. You can remember. Thank you, Swamp Thing. The learning is half the battle. It starts off, and I'm reading, I'm, again, we've liked City Boy. Should yeah, have? we want to know a little bit of his power set. That kind of got a little wonky. Like, his ass can see through the avatars now and vice versa. Like, his powers just keep on growing. I love that we get back to really the idea of his most powerful deal is to find trinkets and treasures at the end because he finds a, a Nightwing you know, deal. You, I love that ending to the idea where he, everything is said and done in this series. We have pu- put aside all of Darkseid's freaking machinations. That Remember when he's start- taking apart walls like Tetris and shit? Oh, like yeah. That? But what happened he gets with that? Back to, he gets back to Bloodhaven after saying so long to the rest of the heroes, and there's a little a little child who can't play with their friends because they lost their Nightwing action figure. But you know what? Old Cameron, he uses his powers to find that Nightwing action figure, knows where it belongs, and gives it back to that kid to go play. City Boy, the end. But you know what? A good ending in my mind. Who writes their address? There's not enough room. He, they're trying to, like... The ending of this is Greg Clark wanted to have that nice ending, but he City Boy feels like a real creeper then of just going up to his family and says, hey, I kind of knew it was yours, whatever. Then the mom's calling the police. Just, just the, I don't care about any of that. The idea that's where I want to say I like this ending, but when you have City Boy, you have to explain why he shows up and say, oh, your address is written on the back of this action figure. <laughs> action figure. Again, I can't imagine. The amount I would lose my mind as a kid if my mother started writing all over my freaking toys. Like, it would, I'm bad now. I don't want anybody touching my stuff because I'm a selfish little boy still at heart. But if you ruined them back in the day, I would have had a meltdown to end all meltdowns. I can imagine you And then the going, mother's like, looks at it. There's no address on this. Not, there can't be. The idea is like a little Luke Skywalker going like, okay. 93 brace with there's not a room there's just not enough but he you can't make him feel like a creeper uh by saying oh i kind of knew and i did but it, that to me isn't you, that much of a creeper just have the thing like, is all you drop do is it and run up. away no you walk up give it to the kid and walk away before any explanation run like hell. You, you end it mysteriously you're just making this kid Punch have a nice the day the end oh my god i i think that the kid is like and they're like hey johnny 
Or, oh, just go, hey, Eric, get your fat ass over here and let's play action figures. And he, like, turns and says, oh, I can't. I don't have my – and then you just slip it there and run. Run like hell. And then, he, oh, my God, it's there. Just have that. You don't need an explanation of an address. But speaking of explanations, when I first started reading this, I'm like, okay, what's going to happen here? He, You know, you end up having City Boy Cameron. He's a little bit upset about everything that's gone on. He's getting a little over the top with these, you know, Again. the idea of the cities being used. He's being manipulated. But when you start off this and the whole play is, hey, Swamp Thing, the Greens bullshit. You. I am mad. Oh, why? And it's like Swamp Thing's like, oh, what do you mean? What's so bullshit about it? Look at that grave. There's weeds on it. I'm like, I, I wanted him to say, well, listen. I'm sorry there's no caretaker in the middle of the woods for your mother and her makeshift grave. We're in the woods. We're in the woods, pal. We're not and doing if you, know. you have, If you have any problems with this, maybe you can hi- like hire somebody to do like where. Oh, there's a, like it comes down to no landscaping is being done in the middle of the forest. <laughs> like that is complete bullshit. And the idea where you never get a point you try to through this weird avatar of cities at the end that looks like his mom to get feels but really by the end and why i still think his mom's just a downright bitch there's never there's never a part at the end where you see this like why doesn't he find a trinket or something that yeah well why doesn't he find something that was oh my god my mom had this and it was like a locket with my picture like his picture in it not mine eric that book but you know what I mean? And then, oh, my God, she never forgot me. Life isn't always about, you know, happy endings like this. For whatever reason, at one point, Cameron's mom ditched him with her father. She forgot and went about off him. To, went off to Bloodhaven, had herself a new family until a nuclear explosion hit, and she died. But she died after they took the new refuge family. in the woods. Like, they were living outdoors in the woods where she died oh, yeah. then and whatever. But if you're going to play the idea of his powers, finds trinkets and treasures. He ends up where he is really upset about people forgetting his mom. Though she abandoned him, why couldn't you have found just this locket there? That oh my god, what is this? I used my power. Yes, she did, and that's where I'm like, don't be mad at Swamp Thing. Listen, my mom doesn't like me. That doesn't mean I'm mad at Tanya. I got other reasons to be mad at her, but not about my mom (laughs) ditching me. Right? That that is not. My dad barely talked to me, but I'm not mad because. The next door neighbor's lawn was too long. You know, they didn't trim it. That's ridiculous. Are you the next door neighbor? (laughs) Maybe. I'm I'm three neighbors. (laughs) That's the thing, though. Like, you play it, and it's such a laughable thing about how mad he is. But you you could have set it up. I understand the grief aspect of it. Yep. He needs to find a way to lash out, and he's doing so. He realizes he's going over the top and has to control himself, but he's still a young man. He's lashing out. Everything he wanted in his life has been taken away from him. But he did end up trying to find his mom, found out she was dead, found a grave. That is, uh, I hate to say it, it's not a good ending, but it is some closure that he realizes. But we have another issue left, and Greg Pak has to go. I don't know where you end up. I think that he would maybe even get together and say, hey, Swamping, listen. You kind of control the green. Can you make sure? Like, even this grave deal is Bitch, just you this come random. Back here and take care of your it's just random. Yeah, well, it's just random grave in the woods. It's not even anything that's going to give him anything. Like, that was, yeah. It's just so ridiculous. I, you're trying to get the grief in it, but it's way down the line. Don't know what happened to Grandpa. He's being chased by Makari's son in her gang with, with, with you know, Dark Side in the background. Want to change. There's some shit that you need to get done here. 
don't worry about weeds over your mom's grave. That doesn't mean that she's forgotten by you. Who else needs that grave? Like the idea where he says, and Swamp Thing says, it doesn't matter. The city, green, they all forget. Well, yeah, the only person who's, it's not affecting, it's so weird. It's so weird. In and then this, we have but, to have Batman come in and be like, just be thankful for the time that you had to love her. You know what? You're right, Batman. Off I go. So long, Trinity. Or Nightwing, Batman, and Superman. Batman's like, listen, and, and he does end up trying to figure this out in the way that, you know, pretty much Nightwing's like, why the fuck weren't you that nice to me back in the day? Uh, but he says, listen, you I had your you time. In there, so. But that's not, that's not, like, that doesn't solve it. The idea in this is he is, he's lashing out. He's not mad that she's dead. He's mad that she abandoned him. And well, she abandoned him and he never got to resolve that because now she's dead. There are some feels that you can go with there, but the, the idea of lashing out at others with this, it would be more of the idea like, why didn't I have more time? Who stopped me from that? Whatever. It's just a weird play to kind of try to get the feels, to try to get the deal, because he found out a couple issues ago she was dead. And now he's just like mad at, at weeds. I mean, he really is mad at the weeds he's coming up the grave. He's just mad at everything. He's using that as an excuse at that point. The thing that bothers me is that when he's going buck wild in all the cities he's been in with, you know, Gotham, Metropolis, and Bloodhaven, you see the Avatar just becoming these gigantic monsters we saw him before. And it still upsets me that the Avatar of Bloodhaven is a bat and the Avatar of Gotham City is a rat. Why is that the thing? And they just come in. Again, I'm, I'm probably centering on it too much, but the idea where I thought, if you end up when you're doing all because he was using his powers to try to follow that trail with his mom. Yeah. And then by the end, it, it went, I mean, legitimately, it went dead. Eric is a joke. Sure did. But dead in end. my mind, then, where you, with that, get mad at them for giving you the power. Yeah, a grave you, encounter. In my mind, he did. He, he did, Eric. The idea, like, in my, like, Macari's son and them, they upped that deal and whatever the case may be with these powers. But that ended up giving him a false hope. And that's what I would have centered on the deal. I don't want to have these powers anymore. You're bullshit for giving them to me. But instead, he just kind of goes ballistic. He goes Super Saiyan. And then you end up where they're not really even at one point talking to him. They're talking through these stupid avatars. They're like Kaiju going around trash monsters. Listen to me, city boy. I know you could hear through this. Yeah. And then you have like. Dick Grayson's like, oh, man, but he's a good kid. They don't really know him. And then Batman's like, at least you had, like, the idea at this point that he's so angry. Like, just imagine, you you get upset. You sit a little more. You're getting older now. You're an old man. But the idea when you were really upset that your dad had died. And uh -huh. you have some things. I mean, legitimately, I'm trying to argue with you. And you did kind of have this more situation than I ever did with what happened here. Your dad ended up, you know, not to get personal, <laughs> but your dad ended up having another family, maybe sure more did. than one, right? Started maybe. doing things at points. Maybe that family and people involved, you weren't allowed to get involved anymore and things like that. But uh -huh. really, if you ended up and all that happened and I just ended up at one point saying to you, when you're real upset at the point, like, eh, at least you had time. <laughs> like, you would have probably punched me. Like, the idea that he's so upset and that somebody says, oh, at least you had some time. Almost like you're supposed to realize that Batman's like, my parents will kill that. Like, see, this is more different. than that. He, he, he waited for Cameron not to be upset with that whole thing, like, to get over and have this <laughs> so, as a weird consolation to. So it's not like a, like a throw in the face, like, hey, calm down, you cry, baby. You say that, I think that what he said was not, but I don't even know if Cameron heard it. I think it was more for Dick Grayson. <laughs> Look, Dick, I'm a pretty good guy. Uh, 
But yeah, it's just the whole play was, again, it was generic to a series that was way better than we thought it was going to be and still is, I think, the best of them. And by the end, I'm, I'm arguing with these things. It just is ridiculous. But I, I don't know what I would well, have expected from well, this anyway because is, though, of like, what is going I, on. I don't mind Cameron's freak out because we've seen it all along. It's the culmination of everything we see with the avatars to the point where he creates a gigantic metal avatar of his mother to have something there that he realizes he has to let her go like she let him go all those years ago, like in a, in a um, closure kind of sense. And like, you know, pretty much saying to Makari son that I'm not going to do what you want because I'm not going to destroy the world. While you have this going on, you have Dark Souls like, Man, I need to have that city boy. You don't see you don't see Dark Side. Just imagine what he's saying over there on Apocalypse. Gotta get that city boy to do that city thing. Get me a new apocalypse on Earth. So I better send my parademons to all of those three heroes that he had encounters with the last few weeks to stop them from stopping City Boy from doing his thing. And as soon as City Boy comes to his own wits, Dark is like, Well, better get them back out of here. And also Makari said you fucked up, you're coming back with me because you've got some explaining to do. That was the Dark best Side part. <laughs> he's like, I'll tell you. Dark side is uh, very quick with the, with the hook. Like dark he's side there, is moving on. Uh, yeah, dark, dark side. He's going by a pitch count. He's there. He's like, okay, I have the best pitcher in the league here, and he's only pitched two innings. But I don't like all those pitches. He's ah, I'm going to yank him, and then brings it. But like he does, he bails. He bails like without even being there, which is and hilarious. it's so but, weird too because Macari's son, which it sounds like you know, obviously Doctor Macari. We don't know who this character is, and it feels like he serves the the needs of like the he serves Darkseid without ever knowing what Darkseid truly is. So when he's being pulled to Apocalypse, he's like, "What what am I going to do?" He like he just doesn't seem like he understands what his role is now. Like the idea, like what comes next? Like he doesn't seem like he understands. Like Makari's son seems like it was just a weird play on the name Makari that he just happened to work with Intergang, who works for Darkseid. Like he feels almost like a dupe, but I don't understand it completely. And it, it's true. Like the yeah, again. I think that the biggest misplay, again, though, a little better than what with Spirit World and Vigil, they didn't seem to realize they had six issues and things got fucking wonky. And by the end, you're like, okay, if it continues, maybe. But in this, but there's still these weird things in this. We don't really know his power set. You said Macari's son just is kind of there. And then at the one point, this is where I think that it's a misplay. You do end up having that avatar that's going to be kind of the avatar of all the cities, and it looks like his mom. Mama. And you end up a car saying, do it, do it, and says, Cameron, listen, you don't want to throw the moment away, saying that that's your mom. Look at her. Look at your big monstrosity Look mama. at your trash monster mama. And he's like, what? What are you saying? He's like, well, your mom did abandon you. She's kind of trash. So here you go. And then he says, I, I used to dream of this, that she'd come back. That she'd find me, that she'd hold me. And now I'm like, are we going to do like Iron Giant shit? Like, yeah. But then he says, but this, this is a lie. And then goes to the point, I wanted this to be from his heart. That while this is a bad thing, he's freaking out. And he does make his mom. But he says, this is your design. So I'd embrace it. And that threw it all out. That line where he says, you duped me with even this. I wanted this to be where he's so angry. But the thing that pulls him out is the thing that he really cares about is his mom. And that ends up being the trash monster here that he's made for him and then realizes, wait a minute, my mom would have never wanted this. Maybe, I don't know, because the bitch left me. But the idea, he says, it was by your design as if he's been manipulated to make that. So it threw it all out. It threw it all out for me. And then he just kind of gives up and says, yeah. And then the, the trash monster gets a little, per- like, seems to have feelings. Oh, no. Don't leave me, Cameron. 
come to armor. You're going to argue with me that trash monsters have a soul, and we're going to get a big argument now, but he's like, come Look, to mama's I'm not going to say that trash monsters, city boy avatars don't have souls, because I don't exp- I don't understand how city boy's powers completely work, so maybe they have a soul. It was, he claims in this, the way he says it is that they manipulated him to do that. The way she was, though, that was his consciousness projected into this whole thing of how he feels like she would react to it. How she'd react to it? He, how would he know? She was, she ditched him. She ended up ditching him when he was a kid. I mean, that would have been the big play. You have Trash Monster, it ends up acting like his mom. It would just leave. It would end up somehow finding the grandfather now and dropping Cameron off with him. But they did this to him. To do- I wanted it where... It was something where they thought, oh, great, this is going to be what we need. But then the mom construct kind of, you know, goes against it and they kind of go. You have a, you know, never ending story ending where, yeah, and they're flying away. Right. So you end up, though, with this isn't what I wanted. This isn't my doing. So I'm going to watch it just meld away. You're defeated. The rest of the trash monsters just kind of gloop away for no reason at all because they're still using on their own. But they're still kind of their thing, but they're they not. They're only brought to life in this personification by City Boy. Yeah, but then at one point they shock him, and then they're shot. Like, there's some weird plays here. And then somebody comes in and does some landscaping. I think it's Dick Grayson. He's got those millions. Get some asshole there to clear that and keep City Boy off It is back. right outside of Bloodhaven. Yeah, it is. So get that going. Again, it's like a, a little glade in a forest, and he was mad that it got overrun. It's It's one thing to get mad at time. Get mad at people, get mad, but not the green. Like, how dare you? You get mad at a lot of things when you're suffering grief. They don't have to be rational. Yeah, but this is like, I I don't know. It's like too down. It just didn't make sense. Once you find something that you actually care about and it's taken away, you might understand. Maybe. I don't care about much, Eric. I know. I I got upset when you left the podcast. I got over that quick. (laughs) Did you? Did you? No, I didn't. I was very upset. (laughs) And every time I'd read a book, I'm uh, then again, you're right, because I would sit there and I would we'd have a book like say this was it. A city boy that me and you enjoyed together or a cyborg even that we're going to do next. And I read it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I I read it and I'm like, you know what? You're right. I did lash out. I'm like, oh, God, you know what I'm mad about? Those gutters that are filled with leaves and nothing is done. But like at the end, you just have. A deal on you. And Ultimately, you got mad at everybody in your life because I thought they he was going to move. I thought he was going to move the body too, but not the, maybe the just body? the gravestone because she's there. Like you're afraid of a poltergeist. Is no, gonna the idea that you're mad that it's going to be forgotten. She's in a fucking woods outside of the city. I don't even know if you could. He could get in trouble maybe with that body there. I don't know. He you, didn't do it. Yeah, but he's there. He's putting flowers on. You right now, my somebody. daddy's buried on a lawn somewhere. I don't even know who owns the house anymore. Do they, do, is the gravestone out and you, you don't even know no, that? There wasn't or? a gravestone, so it's kind of hidden. That's a little odd. I didn't know that. Like, that, did they do, you do think it like putting flowers on every year? A grave that you actually had a stone. Now I'm thinking that somebody went cheap. They didn't want to pay for a funeral. Look. There was a stone that laid on the ground with a nice little poem, and that was about it, with an archway that goes around it and a stone walkway. It just looks like a nice spot. That's exactly how we buried our dog, Bella, when she died in the back, Look, backyard. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I just thought it was in a graveyard that you went to. No. I did wonder why you weren't going now. Now I realize you can't go because it's on somebody's <laughs> property. You can't go see and again, I say that because it could That's still be in the up. family, this property, because at one point I always went to see my meemaw because it was parried on the side yard right there. And I say, but it's not like a body. It's an urn. So it's not that bad, thankfully. 
But when you have this going on, my meemaw moved away and didn't tell me where she was moving and changed her number. So yeah, I, I could be I could be lashing out right now. Who knows? I don't. I thought maybe your meemaw died and she got buried down at the old you know water treatment plant. And she could be dead and nobody told me. I don't know. Yeah, that's that. Now see, there you go. Now I'm upset. Because I know how much that more than what my family means to me that that meant stuff to you. So now I'm sad. I'm very sad. I'm gonna lash out and make a fucking there trash. You go. It's the other deal. All of a sudden, the trash monster of my mom comes and's yelling, "I'm from South Philly, assholes!" I'm like, "Get the fuck back in the trash can, you whore!" <laughs> like that's all the deal. I start really ripping into the trash monster. That's the thing. My mom, she's already a trash monster. What does she become when she evolves, Eric? I have no Human. idea. Yeah, maybe. Maybe some. Funny, I was thinking about your mom and laughing the other day because I saw something on YouTube and something I was watching trash talking Bournemouth, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, what a bitch! Oh my goodness gracious! But overall, what, what would you? Because at the end, we said it already. It's a nice ending. It's a little weird, but it's nice. He gets over himself, grief, and then he goes and ends up a lifetime of grief. He's gonna. I, I like to where he's just at the end. It's like all right, and he's like, whew. That was crazy. Walks out to the street. It is kind of a a play where Greg Puck, like, I'll give him credit. He's giving a realistic ending, right? Where he gets out and he's like, oh, shit, blood. (laughs) Just walks back into town. Again, (laughs) he didn't really have much of a life before. What does he do now? And I thought the idea here. banners around like the Incredible Hulk TV show. I just want to ask you one thing. This is the ending of it. Here's the deal. He's Bill Bixby. Superman, Nightwing, Batman, and Uh something. They're all there. They're all there at that grave. They leave, and this asshole has to walk back into town. Nobody even gives him a ride. They didn't even ask what he's up to. He needs time with his grief. When Batman says, hey, uh, at least you can be grateful that you had a chance to love her. And he goes, yeah. Nightwing says, hey, that's great. Let's get the fuck out of here. And they leave. Superman flies off. Swamp Thing comes up in some fucking plant in some other town he just goes back to being levi kamei in his home yeah and cameron and that's the other thing who could tell which one or whatnot it's it's kind of that generic swamp thing in my mind this felt as far more, as i am concerned alec Holland swamp thing is this gone. felt more like an alec though of like a wise i don't know it doesn't matter anyway but in that deal all of a sudden i think cameron's like all right well oh shit i gotta walk back to town <laughs> like those assholes didn't even give me a ride and then he walks back to town and then he finds trinkets and treasures. City boy's a walking boy. Uh, and I'll tell you right now, while it's a very nice gesture, I don't know why that Keith Giffen deal where he's, it, it weirds me out the way that they have. And that's legit a picture that they had with it, but it's not very flattering to me. And it looks like he's like ready to like tell me I'm an asshole. I, I don't know what it is. Eric. You see that it. there? Yeah, I guess you get it, you jerk. But yeah. He goes back and, oh, yeah, look at this action figure. How the fuck does it have anything printed on the back? It doesn't. Yeah. And then he's like, I did it. And in the play, you're right, though, because of all the three of these. The idea that he gave a little kid a toy to have fun, all that, right? And probably says, well. Goes back to his roots. And says, enjoy it, bitch, because, look, I see your mom's drinking right there. Looks like she has a beer. Your mom's going to just abandon you. Because she's a drunk-ass bitch. Stay off the pole, whore. And then he leaves, right? He gets the fuck out of there. poor idea of women. But it's a a nice deal that he gets to, you know, make a kid happy unlike himself. Because he is a miserable prick, Eric, is what I say. But what would you give? Ultimately, I'm going to give it a 5.6 out of 10. Because while I think this is 
you know, a decent ending to City Boy. It's nothing that's going to blow your mind. I think it's the powers you've seen so far going overactive, him calming down, realizing, okay, this isn't going to have to rule my life so far. And he gets back to doing City Boy stuff that he was doing before the series started. It just, it looks good. It has a nice little ending. It's filled with action, but it doesn't really wow you to the point of like, oh, we needed to have this because we needed to know more about the City Boy because it's just a little bit more of the same of what we've had the entire series so far. That's about it. But he's over his mom now. Yeah. So was half the town back in the day. <laughs> they were on top of it. Uh, it but you did say that you do have to get back to living, which does remind me of this. If you ain't gonna live, oh, God damn it. you better get living to dying. Because then you might die. Because you might be living. He did so it. Much. What did you give it? I was too busy. 5.6 out of 10. <laughs> So fine. This always happens where we're arguing about stuff, and I'm telling you how much of the bullshit I'm going to give it a six. I actually, by the end, I like it more than the others, and I think that I, I'd like. I don't just think even the dark side play, which elevated this book over anything else that this new age of heroes was doing, or the we are legacy books that we're doing. It elevated it to the point where, but at the end, it's like, oh, moving on. Well, when you ele- though, here's the thing. Just to tie it into other things this week. When I was talking and trying to get a grip of the Amazon's attack, the idea that that's a six-issue many and you're going real heavy on some big bads and things like that, that I'm afraid that by the end, when you go big, like, this is even big. I mean, Dark Side showing up in this book is insane. And then you didn't really do anything, and then he bails, which makes it that much worse because of the, the bigness that it seemed. How much did Darkseid show up in this issue, Eric? Did he show? Is, oh, no, he zero didn't come in this issue at all. Zero. Zero. 0.0. But I'm going to be is. I'm gonna be a sick. Darkseid, it, it reminds me of this. Did you ever hear this one? If you ain't going to live, oh, fuck. you better get living to dying. Because then you might die. Because you might be living. I kind of want to die. <laughs> right You're now. Keep living. What are we talking about next, Eric? Cyborg number five, written by Morgan Hampton, with art by Tom Rainey, Travis Mercer, Michael Atea, and Rob Lee. And in this penultimate issue of Cyborg, Donnie, I don't hate this. I don't think the art's very good, and a lot of it's padded out with Titan stuff. But when we get to the end with Cyborg versus the the android version of Marcus, who owns Solstice, Sol- Sol- I'm sorry, Solace, who calls himself Solace, we start getting what this book should have been the whole time, but it is padded to the nth degree with this whole idea that, hey, we got all these super villains out that are wrecking the place. Better go boom tube to the Titans and tell everybody that the Titans are more than friends. We're family. And Nick Grayson has to tell us how much he loves us. Like, I, I'm telling you, the deeper meaning of this book, I, I explained this, I think, many times when we talked about this. And I even brought it up during the Patreon spotlight this week. There are a lot of good ideas in this book, a lot of cool things that could be happening, but the execution. Is just done terribly. Like it just makes Cyborg look terrible throughout this whole thing. Because every time I try to tell everybody there is something to this book, there's just a heap of shit that's weighing it down where I can't say, but it's a good book because it's not a good book. It just has some cool ideas that could go somewhere, but they're not doing it. And I, I don't know how things go. I don't know how things come about. The idea, Morgan Hampton is, uh, you know, a newer writer. I ended up being somebody who was on like a, a podcast and a website kind of reviewing things ends up being a writer. And, All right. and I, I got and a I, chance. Yeah, you have a, a bit of a chance. Uh, but again, and you said Morgan Hampton, not Morgan Freeman, who said this. Right? Stop I it. won't do it. But when you get to it, this feels like a series that continuously had been fiddled with. You know, the idea that you had this idea at the beginning. Then it kind of changed. This issue almost feels like, oh, we're, we're, it's the penultimate issue. We're going to get out. Fuck the story. 
let's just end up doing something so people will get some wow moments and maybe they'll, they'll end up remembering that or whatnot. Some of the things that happen in this book, they're, they're cool enough, but they don't fit the story. Really, the whole play of this, in my mind, was to get to Detroit, really center on the idea of what Cyborg is by himself. And I think that at this point, again, they have thrown in the, you know, the towel. They threw the towel in to say he's only good with teams, so we'll do that. But even then – I just don't know why Cyborg – is it just because of this book that he's not a part of the Titans right now? I don't know because I, I thought – it's weird because even when he goes, he seems – you know, he's there. The Titans are there, but – they even do their own thing. It's until they end up, you know, joining up. But it's weird. It's it's almost like the idea that you go with this play and you you paint yourself in a corner of there's too many things we want Cyborg. He could have just went and fought, you know, this whole play by the end. But you, you get the Titans in. That's supposed to be the wild deal. And you get them on the cover with the ballroom blitz, the battle blitz. Yeah. But and even then you're like, you're going to introduce like, oh, my God, and I'm going down the line, too. And I'm like, oh, Eric, you love teams. You love the revenge squad. You like these deals. Like, this, is, this is nothing. This is just assholes who came together at one that's moment. That's the problem is when it starts, I'm excited again. I forgot all the things. I'm, oh, Gizmo. Yeah, yeah. G- Mammoth. All right. Mammoth. Yeah. Seymour? Oh, oh yeah. A- the, Atlas? The uh, B- Billy Numerous. Billy Numerous. Billy, Billy Numerous? Uh, and, oh, Jinx. The <laughs> It's like it's yeah. like a wish.com Jamie Madrox, Billy Numerous. Yeah. <laughs> wish.com. What a dick. The idea there is padding in this, like you said, kind of like. And yeah, and Jinx. I almost forgot that Jinx was a part of this team, too. But like, what? they're not doing anything. They're, they're just in the background for the Titans to fight to fill up some of the pages here until Cyborg makes his way to fight Solace. And even there, this. Dan Hampton's trying to get this idea of. Or Morgan Hampton. I said Dan Hampton. Morgan, yeah. Morgan Hampton's trying to get this idea of. Oh, man, looks like we're going to go at it again, Atlas. Oh, man, Johnny Numerous, whatever the fuck his name is. Billy Numerous. There's more padding than probably what Cameron's mom used to do when she was on the corner. Eric is what happens. But what does that mean? She was padded up. She's got to, you know, look good. She's on the corner. She's a hooker, Eric, is what I was saying. She's padded up. Yeah, she padded up her bra. Put the things in there to pad the bra. Okay. Is that (laughs) Now you're making me explain things. It's, it's not as good now. That just uh, makes you look like a jerk. You know, there I am. I mean, zero I'm 0.0. Zero point point zero. That's what zero. I am. But yeah, so you have this where you also had the play of the girl online. She's just there in this weird, like, meta way of, holy shit, look what's going on. And then you have, like, nothing with that. Everything, We're cyborg. Everything seems to be just, oh, get this. Your story was complete bullshit and was going nowhere. So let's just fucking have some Tights. fun, which, okay. But like you said, by the end, you even convolute your own story. And where you said, do these AIs and does this, you know, the consciousness that's downloaded, uploaded, yeah. whatever, do they have a soul? I just, the copies. I just want a story, Eric. They could have a soul, whatever. But in the end, it's. I'm telling you, this, this thing is, I actually like this. The idea where we had this database of all these people whose mind, memories and minds were copied in this thing to be you know, this processing power for anybody. They're essentially downloading themselves to be slaves with the guys of you can live forever. Slaves, and stuff, but know, they were it. originally downloaded because they wanted to make a, like a, a Siri that would know you per like they even mentioned that then it went a little wrong, but the people didn't realize this. And if they did, they didn't care. And now we have these consciousness out and about an AI, uh, not AI, but like, you know, Android bodies, the best one for Marcus's consciousness. And he wants revenge because 
even though he is the same person as this Marcus, he is no longer the same person based on what he's gone through in the digital database. So now he just wants to, he didn't, like, I didn't sign up for this. You might have did it because we're the same person. But once in there, this is not what I wanted. I need to kill you so I can be autonomous and free and not just a slave to you. And along with everybody else who just becomes a slave for these things because they become their own separate faction group. These people who just want to be free and not be worked to death as these memories of these living people. It, it wasn't like, here's the thing. And what I had a problem with from the get go, it really did feel like, you know, like the South Park type deal where, oh my God, you got the iTunes and you didn't read the agreement yet. Yeah, that seems like what they ended up gathering information that people didn't agree to or they didn't understand that they were agreeing they ended up getting well, that they deal. Were assholes and didn't care because it didn't affect them it was a copy of their mind well, again it was just the idea of getting hey we're gonna scan what you like and go and and so when you get online it's like making a clone of yourself and making him do all but your at work that, it didn't like the work he's gonna kill you that was the work originally though wasn't we're also then gonna give them robot bodies and they're gonna attack this was going to be oh, no, no. like they a that theory this was good so you're really centering on the idea that if I end up where somebody scans my brain to see what I like and don't like and then give me suggestions when I go online, am I going to have to worry that that Google helper is going to fucking kill me? Maybe. But it, it, it ends up being goofy because then all that information, it, it ended up being nefarious just because it was and then it gets bodies and now they're fucking attacking everybody. I just it, – it, it's silly to in my mind. I like the idea of having – these two Marcuses with two different, like, you know, personalities based on what they've experienced so far. You have the power hungry Marcus of the real world with flesh and blood who is doing all this thing for, like, you know, this fame and for the better, the greater good is what he wants. But the, his ultimate goal is to the end. You have this version of him that was copied and pretty much held captive inside this and forced to do all this stuff. Now that he's out, he wants to kill his puppet master who put him through this and he will become this big badass kind of character. And I can honestly, like, I can understand where he's coming from. When you're, you're explaining it in a way that makes more sense. But in this, it's not like the downloaded memories and what I like. It's more preferences and, and quirks. You know, all of a sudden my guy, he's in the leather a bit. Eric. I don't know why I, I, end up I know. like, you know, it, it basically is any, like you're so it's not like they're in the ether shoveling snow. They're not there working a nine to five. What the work is, is that when I end up kind of going online and I'm like, oh, I like Taylor Swift, it's going to suggest that maybe you'll like new jeans as well. Or maybe when I buy something, it'll end up saying, why don't you buy this? These are things we have. That was what it seemed. Then it got twisted but around. I also think about the idea when, it's, when you're not asking about, you know, K-pop freaking like recommendations. It's stuck in a digital cell the entire rest of the time going insane. That you're saying that because that's how that, but that's, that's silly. <laughs> then, and is it going insane because it has a better life than it's me? It's a digitized mind. It's there in there liking everything and knowing and it's, you know, suggesting shit. And maybe it gets mad at me because I don't want to then go and listen to Black it's the same Bank. thing, the idea, like, I'm telling you, just go with the it's idea this online is a digital helper, clone. But they, it's a clone right there. And if my, I, as soon as I have a clone, if I see it, I have to kill it because I know myself and it's going to try to kill me. This was at first going to be, it looked like, like the social commentary of, and we're jumping to these things like they were in the story of, Okay, it's just going to be the the best helper. It's going to be able to suggest things. When you go online, it's going to do that. Maybe you don't know the consequences of your actions. Maybe on every Tuesday, I usually buy a, a loaf of bread. It's going to remind me that it's Tuesday. I should, but it's or it'll buy the loaf of bread. Immortality. Well, that's where it kind of then twists to because then, 
on top of all that, you end up where this guy, he, he's sick and he's going to die. So he thinks that Marcus, also yeah. Marcus says, ooh, but this will be cool, too. Because then it, I can live forever, but kind of you have that, and also and even himself Silas, that he did back up on his and his you know server, he does not want to live his life in this robotic body either. This is no living for him. He just wants to lash out as at his freaking like I said, his puppet master, the person that did this to him. Yeah, it did it to him. And Cyborg again, now has to stop him. I'm I'm sitting there, even and, though he believes in what this guy is saying, but he doesn't want him to kill him, you know, himself. And you kind of get away from the idea of Silas in this. I'm sure it comes back next issue, but and it'll be the idea: is this the last? Like, if I turn this off, do I lose my dad? Whatever it might be. But I'm telling you. The story itself and the way it progressed is so goddamn silly. Like I said, to me, it comes down to uh, we got information from people without them knowing, and now we're going to get them to suggest things. But, oh, no, all these things got sentient life within the machine, and then they came out. Now they made, but it's just too much of jumps for me. It's too much of a jumps because I'm sitting there. I can type in right now. I mean, the idea, I'll put Google, and I'll put Eric S. and maybe – Oh my God, it suggested Eric Shea. That means I'm going to, like, you have these. These things are just things that, man, it's trying to play with the fear of big companies collecting your personal info and what can come about. But I think there's so much of a jump in logic about what's really going on in here to then make it a comic booky story where it should have kind of started a little bit different. Maybe you could have played the idea that this guy. Marcus was like dealing in some other, not just collecting people's, it, like, eh, just too much for me. Too much of a jump for me to sit there and say, oh my God, I feel bad for these online avatars that were supposed to be helpers. I, I don't know. Imprisoned minds. Yeah, are they? Like, again, that's the yes. play. But then is it imprisoned minds if I fill out a survey? Now, again, I'm willingly doing it. If you put on a freaking Cerebro helmet and digitally copy your every bit of yourself and the thing still lives on But digitally, at the beginning, it wasn't ju- It wasn't the idea of it, it was. It was that because that's why Silas agreed to do it. But it was your preferences and your things. The way that they said it was they're like, okay, we're going to get all of your hopes and dreams and pre- things like that. That, that, that. I wouldn't care. Make a million of me. Exactly. And that's why and that's why Marcus's double, Solace, is going to kill him because he didn't care. Again, I'm saying I was thinking more of like I'm the digital guy. Like, eh, fuck it. Like, what are they doing anyway? Like, they're yeah, they're in a robot body. <laughs> like, I, I'm just saying. Is he the mad because they're not giving him enough motor oil? Like, is it there is shitting out nuts and bolts? A version of you throws you in a cell and says, ha ha, fucko, you're going to work for me now. You're going to be fine with that. But I'm a human getting thrown in a cell. This is a digitized but they're human as well no, as, as far as they're concerned because your thoughts and your memories are all that make you up. Yeah, it's not. It's your experiences. It's the everyday thing. And again. And they've experienced everything that you have to that point. And now they're in a cell. I'm trying to do these AIs for some of these songs. I mean, now I'm afraid that if I do the Sammy Hagar AI he won't be able to drive 55 and he'll get pissed off and the say I was going to come and kill me. Just does not make sense in the whole roundabout way of, oh my God, you did this to me. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Every, nobody said, oh, so where are the people in the rest? We haven't seen anybody like step up and really get mad. It's just these people fighting and people like, oh man, everybody's, it's just such a stupid story in my mind to start with. It's, it's convoluted. 
Never no, makes I, sense. I think in the it's beginning. a very interesting story. I just don't think it's being handled properly the way it's being executed. Because I'm telling you, once we get to the end, I'm all about what we got here with even the idea of Silas being an AI. Because even after he died, because he's still out there in this whole thing, releasing all of those captive, you know, eight, like I, I say AI, but like digitized people essentially, because they're still who they were. And even this new villain of Silas, I'm like, this seems really cool. But when you pad it all out with, with these villains and the Titans have to come in and save the day, it just and just telling each other. Nobody telling cares. everybody how much they love each other. I'm like, really? This is the book that I was talking about earlier that when we mentioned, oh, what we're doing this week. And I said, so I, two people actually now have said they didn't even know that there was a book. Now I get upset because oh, yeah. we've talked about every issue. <laughs> so you might have heard us talk. But even so, when you're doing this, again, I've, I've seen the story a million times. And I think this is so poorly done. That I, I just skip this one and I'll go to all the other times that I've seen this story when Will Smith is fighting the robots and all it, it always is oh, the it's same. It's classic sci-fi trope. Yeah, it's just the same thing and it's nothing that is any bit more unique. You're just trying to throw in that social kind of thing. But again, I, it's just South Park where you get the iTunes and don't read the fine print sign off and now you're fucked. Now you're a human centipede. So that's here. You're just, it just doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, overall of what uh, would be, you know, why they even greenlit this, because this is this is bullshit. But what would you give it overall? I'm going to give this a 5.8 out of 10, and that's because I just really enjoy the idea of the story. When we actually get to see it, you know, materializing the book, I don't like the art in this book. Oh, I hate I don't the like art. the inclusion of the Teen Titans in no. this because it just pads at the story. But the actual story, and I feel like we only get it in trips and drabs of this series, it's really interesting to me. I like to see okay. it when it pops up. It's just not enough. Well, here's the other thing in this, because as you're going through this book, and I'm trying to find the spot where I, oh, there. I was I during the week I'll send you some screenshots and things like that and I ended up where I knew you wouldn't quite maybe you wouldn't know what book it was from but maybe you did but I sent the picture of Donna in the first panel she shows oh, yeah. up where she's eating pizza with her lazy ass eye like just the ugliest thing I've ever seen and, and the art when you first see it you're like ooh that doesn't look great when you go to individual things and actually like magnify it to just show a face or whatever, it is fucking horrific. I mean, it is a horror show, this thing. I'm telling you, the, 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 the art changes up during the battle a bit when we have the superheroes. It gets more cartoony and more bearable. But like when you have the stuff that starts out here, when you have the Teen Titans, like I don't even remember you actually sending me the no, thing or anything like what I thought yeah. about it. Then. No, I, I remember like I remember it happened, but I didn't remember anything I thought about it at the time. While reading this issue for this show tonight, there was one panel that really stood out to me. I'm trying to get it. All right. Was go it to page Wally four his you face can. that looks all like it's weird Wally flat? and Dick Grayson. Just look at Dick Grayson without his mask on page four. And it's the it is a slow when <laughs> I did Stallone this, face. The best is is that I end up in again. Oh, it's it's the one right above where you yeah. sent me. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, I mean, right below. It's the same page. I have that panel <laughs> that you're talking about. I have that as well. But I thought, eh, he gets mad. But I said, oh, too much. That's the worst one. Oh my god! I stared at this thing like, what's wrong with you? Wally becomes the two D man. In that face, he looks flat. And then you have that weird, like everybody's eyes, and yeah, it looks like sly. Hey, yo, Wally. Even when you have the Titans fight and you have like Raven and Starfire fighting against Jinx, the most you could do with these female characters is say, looks like you're getting the crow's feet. <laughs> I'm not yeah, getting what was that feet? about? I'm like, shut the fuck up. What are you doing? We had some of the Green Lantern stuff. I think the Jeffrey Thorne and some of the things with Tom Rainey, and we didn't like that. But this, it's weird, though, because like you said, when you get to the battle, some of that looks good. And I will tell you, if you go and it's like page eight, 
where you do have cyborgs show up, say, you have, you he have, looks good. You have Tom. You have Tom Rainey for those terrible parts, but Travis Mercer it comes in and Mercer saves the day there with a lot of when he shows yeah. up and he's talking. And the good stuff is Mercer. It's it's decent meat tenderizer line. But it, the, the I thought the crow's feet was going to end up as a joke word because Raven's right there. I thought she was going to say, "I like crows." I don't know. I was waiting for a punchline. I would hate it even more if that was the fact. But at it was least just do something with like, it. You're, you're just having women yell about them getting their faces getting old with wrinkles. I'm like, really? That's all you have for women to say during a fight? It was getting as bad as the point as we had with Katana, that one series, all that like DCYOU era, where they, your husband said you could burn toast. No, and no stop it. Your husband said you don't even make the bed. What? And he also ah! told me that you burn toast. What? Oh, man, I better talk to him in my sword. What are you talking about? Uh. It's so just terrible. I'm like, hey, you oh, have the hey. Titans here. Starfire is in Blue Beetle for some reason. I don't understand, but mostly she has nothing to do in the Titans book. And here she shows up to do something, and you start making fun of her looks. I'm like, stop it. Poor Starfire. And she's got that terrible nose in Blue Beetle. Poor Starfire. It starts with Seymour. He, like, why is it? He goes, oh, that's all you got, Starfire? You must be getting old. And then Jinx goes, are those crow's feet around her eyes? Couldn't be me. What? 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 <laughs> couldn't be me. <laughs> it couldn't be me. All of a sudden, they're they're oh, dancing God. around. You got sync going. Oh my goodness gracious! It's so bad. Yeah, and then I'm waiting for Raven. Raven's right there. I like, like the premise. I like Crow. all the stuff we're describing. Awful. Okay, now when you when you stepped away for a bit, Eric, and and just you you ruined my whole like my glee for life. Though again, I I say that I did like doing some stuff with other people, but again. It, it kind of threw me off. I ended up where you had all this and, and all this play. But this is, again, another book that reminds me when a couple people said that, oh, without Eric, <laughs> without Eric, everything's misery. Like, now you just get me. It was I wasn't very happy when people were saying, like, oh, now I'm stuck with Miserable Ass Jim, right? But they did end up saying, and, and I, I kind of tried to think, okay, well, how can I change how I well I can't this is how we do it but I do understand and I admit that I do agree a bit but you have this weird knack of giving people so much benefit of the doubt because again you like a book because they came up with a theory and yet you you do penalize them for not being able to present it well but you still yeah. give them that credit of I like what their ideas were and I guess I'm just surface level. Like I'm reading this issue, and it's bullshit. Like, it, yeah, your idea, but you're. It, it, I maybe I get even more mad when I think something has a good idea, but then you fuck it up this bad because it's bad. But I'll give you credit. Like I said, the idea that you are still giving credit that there was something here at one point, and it's still interesting when you actually get it. Yeah, but when you get it, it's like this weird. I don't know. I guess maybe. Well, first off, I didn't agree with you from the beginning, but you are give, you do Agreed. get that benefit. I'm more of a that soul, idea of you know, give me something, something. you're lacking. A soul. It's a, it is a weird play too because you get a book like this when we're talking about it, and you're like, oh man, I'm not liking it. I'm not liking it. And then we get something like the Titans show up. That could be cool. Some people may like it, but then I'm more angry because you're going it's, away from what you were trying book. to do. That's it. That's and it's a lone cyborg book showing him on his own away from the Titans. What do you do? Oh, I'm going to bring the Titans and tell you how much we love each other. Fuck off. Tell the you story. You had the online girl whose big play was 
he's always going and getting help or helping the, the Titans. And then you go against that. And she's just like, oh, man, look at this fight. It's the worst part. I can't remember what her name was. Was it Estelle? Yeah, yeah, maybe. That sounds right. And so, again, you're going against one of the things that you were trying to separate Cyborg and trying to give. I just think that because, again, new writer, not doing really well. I do kind well. of hope when the series is over that Cyborg does show up in the Titans book, though. Yeah, I, I like him. I, I, he does, I think. My, no, that's the thing. We've had him at points because, remember, he's always mentioned him. We can't. Oh, no, that. That's other. It's so weird. The boom tubes and things I was thinking about, but they did at the one point. They I'm thinking I'm at one point. I'm getting confused with birds of prey, with with the idea of going to. But they were going to go to the the church of blood, and they couldn't boom tube in because that would cause too much. I don't know. I don't know. I think he's there. He's just not doing much. He did end up getting him to Mars, didn't he? I mean, he is there in that Titans book. But he's not but doing I want much. him to be a prominent figure of the Titans since you're combining the original Titans with the new Teen Titans. It's a cool thing. I think feel he like Cyborg should though. be there. I think he's because again they have to get the I'm Mars. You, and... He's a reserve member, just like Levi Kamei the Swamp Thing is now. Yeah, <laughs> that got me angry. Look at Swamp Thing's getting more play in the Titans and Cyborg. Why well, wasn't Cyborg in the City Boy? He could have been there. It's like, hey, because he didn't go to Detroit. We stayed East Coast. You go to Detroit. Who knows? The Trash Monster is just the city. Because it's trash, Eric. That that is social Man, commentary. Alone. Yeah, but they, they remember it was like cyborgs always ditching us for them titans. That's why the city's left behind, and, and then you just do it again. Even when he comes in, and uh, what else is there too in this? Is that like I'm I'm not a, a fan of vegan pizza, but it's like a weird right. play in this that it's like the big thing to rail against. I'm like, ooh, those vegan pizza eaters are really gonna be pissed here. <laughs> so odd. So weird. Beast Boy's always ruining all the food for everybody. 3.5. Though you're playing that, I he always loves the regular pizza, as far as I could tell from the Teen Titans Go. You know, vegan <laughs> shit. Like, really? Like, you can't eat cheese? I know that that's a thing. I mean, somebody's like, you fucking, vegan you thing, fucking yeah. horrible person. <laughs> but I never thought of, you know, Gar not eating cheese. What's that? That's me. I just like to eat. Man's got to eat, and when you're hungry, you eat. That's is that how they no, no. say it. Meets meat, and a man's got to eat. Oh, is that how? Okay, I'll get it now. Eats when you eat, and you get hungry for the meats, right? Is that what Morgan you get? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> it's time to eat, and I have the meat sweats. Is that good? Ugh. Did I give a score? I'm three point five. I, I think this yes, is complete bullshit. Was I three point five? Because that's what I have in my uh-huh. head. Okay, at least I kept accurate. I don't write down the scores that. Causes me some problems sometimes, Eric. But especially if I like something, you have to go lower. Oh yeah, that's I can't really put my scores in concrete because I got to go off of what you do. I try to get it at the beginning. Hey, what do you think of that? We even started today. I'm like, yep, a lot of crazy books. We're gonna <laughs> you don't say anything. I'm like, word. I ain't giving you I'm shit. Like, all right, here we go. I get all upset. Footloose and fancy free. You'll figure it out when everybody else does. I'm sitting here, and what I do is I say, man. Some crazy books, right? I'm not arguing about a book before we and hit record. If you say to me, oh, I like these karate stamps, and then I hit, like, I'm ready. I'm in battle mode. <laughs> and, but if you say, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They are crazy. I'm like, whew, all right, let's go. Let's skew and review. Sometimes I'll say stuff like that just to throw I you know, off. You just did to it like last completely week. change At course. Point, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I, there was, I, what book was it? Where we're talking. You're like, I don't know. I kind of like that book. We get to it, and you gave it like a five. Like, you son of a bitch. You end up lying to me. I was in karate stance. I was ready. I was ready to, yeah, yeah, get you. But when I really do like a book, you <laughs> seem to not like it. What is going on there? Usually because I can find fault with it. Oh, oh, but yet everybody else gets the better for the doubt. 
about Morgan Hampton? Yes. He came up with the idea of AI. The movie, I'm saying. Or, oh my I'm God. I'm not saying that. It's like 2001. The idea is solid, especially when you're going to do a cyborg book. And the you only thing that anybody can do with a cyborg book is doing anything with digital stuff and machines. I shouldn't reveal this, but I now know something that I'm going to do special for you at a special time coming up. All right. Everybody just realized that we've hit the birthday month of Eric Shea. So that that will be part of it. But I'll just tell I think I'm going to get a hold of all these fucking robots and AI, and they're all going to wish you a happy birthday because you're the only one who realize they have a goddamn soul. Mecha Godzilla's out there thanking you. One day you'll be able to understand this premise. You got Hal. No, Hal's there, and I mean Hal Linden. Eric, he's dead, but they had got an AI of him. He's there. And he's, it's Barney Miller 2.0 or something they're doing now. Why did they have an AI of him? Because they wanted to continue doing Hal Linden shit. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. People like Barney Miller. What else did he do? I don't know. Probably on fucking Love Boat 80 times. So you got a robot version of him. He shows up. He's like, hey, hey there, fish. What's up? And then you have the other guy who makes the coffee, the Asian guy. I don't know what his name was. Yeah, the, the other guy. You get the other, the Polish guy, Wojciechowicz or whatever his name was. I don't remember. You have all that shit going down. We have Barney Miller. Barney Miller 2003, they call it. 2003. It's still outdated. <laughs> He's in the 31st century. I don't know what I'm saying. I am out of it. All right. I'd watch that. Is- that. Would you like just imagine you Barney Miller in the 31st century? Definitely. They're all robots and they're in the 31st century trying to China to end up, you know, solving crimes. You say that now I'm mad. It writes itself because at one point (laughs) while I was reading this, as I ended up having the dialogue at the end, which I was laughing at, I was saying it in a robot voice. and It was making me giggle when you ended up having them like, hey. I, what's worse is that you took my things from me. And they're like, oh, no, it's no, fun. man. You know, I, I underestimated the laziness of, of the human race. We won't be your servant. <laughs> you know? so, Dr. Who villain. Uh, yes, that is true. Cyber Jim, they call me the Cyber Jim. But that's it. That's it for this section. We're going to go off now, take, take another break and then have more stuff there hey, what about these next two books that we're doing pretty cool what about them? pretty cool right right i'm ready i'm gonna get the karate stance and i have to watch because i'll hit my <laughs> say i'll hit my damn mic and then we'll get kicked off luckily we, we keep having these technical difficulties i think it's because you won't tell me because we're gonna go off and there's a book that you thought we we're really gonna you know up the ante with this red lantern how about that eric I'm in a karate stance again. I look like Elvis. Like, I'm telling you, I have an Elvis look. So you look going, cool? Damn right I do. I look like Captain Marvel Jr. in a karate stance is what I do. As but, you should. Yes. Yeah, so with all of that, we'll be back in just a second. Riding power girl And I hope for not too long She doesn't seem to know The character And everything feels wrong I guess she never bothered Reading much Of anything that came before Well my attention Started wandering And I'm only on page two I gotta talk about this issue so there's nothing much to do But who's gonna give me back that hour I lost when I am through 
say here I am Falling asleep again There I am Recording in a rage Here they go Messing up shit again Where's power girl? Who the fuck's this page? that page here who well, might it am. be <laughs> i told you i ended up you had mentioned that version and I, I couldn't find it i deleted it or something so i had to do it real quick before so there we oh, are and we have the power girl deal and it's funny because that song originally was when we had the special coming right. out off of the backups in action so it's like oh my god what's going on with this and i thought Okay, eventually this song might be a bit outdated when we get some good stuff. It's not outdated yet, Eric. It's stuff. Power Girl, it's not horrible, but the book keeps doing things that I, it it makes me scratch my head. It's almost as if Leah Williams just keeps like jumping in her own way in certain parts of the story. I don't know, to extend it, to try to get some feels, but. Which is the symbioship horror of it just feels like this continued thing, like it's the end all be all. And it, it really is, but it just feels like this overwhelming Freddy Krueger presence. It's a leftover from Night Terrors. It doesn't feel like it should be. Yeah, and I love what, again, it really does feel almost like the Catwoman stuff when we had in the Gothtopia. And when yeah. this whole dream world was gone, she ended up still having the job that she had in the dream world. But in this, the thing that gets me, and I don't know why. Leah Williams does this. The idea that she says at the point to Superman, I think it might be the symbiote ship. And he goes, no, 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 it can't be. We took that apart as if that's it. Like you're pretty much making Superman a schmuck by making it the symbiote ship. Then what it seems like at the end and right under his, his nose. I mean, it, it really is right there in the fortress of solitude as the idea that Superman is an idiot. And I don't know why if she ended up saying, I think it might be the symbiote ship. Just have him say, oh, you're always talking that symbiote. It's like John yelling about that volcano. What an asshole. But make it seem like, oh, we'll look into that. So, and then it just happens to happen quicker. But he says, it's not that. He's like, you were there. I was there when it was <laughs> dismantled. I know it's not that 100%. He was wrong, Eric. But we'll maybe find out that there's a little twist and turn with it. But I might as well just go. Right in the credits now, it's Power Girl number three, written by Leah Williams, with art by Eduardo Pensico, Julio Ferreira, Ramallo Fajardo Jr., and Becca Carey. So we do continue this play that there's a Kryptonian virus out and about. But as we saw before, the idea that it's a Kryptonian virus, but from the Krypton that this Power Girl came from, from a parallel universe. Well, and then Maybe. What, well, what Leah Williams does then in this is then start to add things that we weren't really able to see adds information at one point i didn't know and i don't think it was ever said that only one person has this at a time because it seems like a lot of people have it right now you even have blue earth freaking out in metropolis in this very issue yelling oh my god there's a kryptonian virus i don't even know how they know that because superman said we have to keep it on the down low it seemed that the the only two people that knew it were page and and clark like, is, is Lord of Stern, like, figuring shit out unless letting the cat out of the bag about this Kryptonian virus, getting all the rabble-rousers freaking freaked out about things? Who knows? And and they're – I don't know because in this, you're just – you're fudging things. You're at, But why are you fudging it? You're actually making the story as we go, but yet you still seem to be – oh, I looked at the body that was the one victim in this 
coastal town and I saw that his white blood cells were higher. That must mean parasite. No, no, that would also mean a virus. Just like you said, like sure it doesn't make any sense. And everybody would have been able to see this. The doctors, the when they end up doing any tests, they would have known that. The play though is like she's trying to fudge that Not into these Bush just League doctors. one person at a time. Why? The whole play of this was Superman said, "You have to figure this out. It could wipe out the world." What one person nope, at a time? One person at a time. Exactly. That's the whole thing. This idea of a Kryptonian virus from a parallel Krypton that no longer exists was a cool <laughs> idea because how the fuck do you make that work? And all you have by the end of this issue is a parasite that's body hopping from person to person, evidently looking for Paige this whole time. Yeah, just looking because it actually is the symbiote ship. Symbiote ship. It's just <laughs> and even the idea where it comes from that freaking lion that was introduced in the like the Fortune oh, Solitude I told Zoo. You. And, but to Steve, the idea. Just, but it's not quite what I said. I, it, I will. It's admit not quite, that. but just the idea. It's a bridge. We have the idea. It is a bridge, but for some reason, this Kryptonian lion that wouldn't be from Pages Crypt time, but it's infested. It's infected with this parasite, but also it's seen before this parasite. The lion somehow escapes the Fortress of Solitude in the Bermuda Triangle. Somehow gets to land and is able to infect other people. Or when it was just out doing its little jaunt, it was infected by that last person. Who had it and died but in that freaking Bermuda Like, Island. Here's the thing. You have the Bermuda Triangle. I, I'm not a, a geographical guy, but I kind of think that that's out in the ocean, right? I so, think so. In the meantime, and that's where the fortress is. Does it say I saw lion like crypto? It's got Kryptonian powers flies around? It doesn't seem like that happens. So, no. Where's it getting that solar radiation? This is what I'm saying. The weird play of this is it almost feels like Paige got the parasite to then pass it on to the lion so the lion can pass it back to her it feels very odd because there's no connection between the lion and this co- that's a coastal town i think that leah williams when we you tried to give her some credit hey there still could be that bermuda triangle thing it seemed like that it's, might not the, be look, the, the bermuda triangle it. fortress thing works it's for the me. lame you, you fortress mean, we said but it is it, it's I, still there though I'm i fine think with that it. She, i think she thinks that this fortress I think she thinks it's like right on the coast. I don't even think she, uh, because even then, when you have this, for, like, we don't really know what the fortress was, but you have this lion kind of slip out and looks like he goes to the cliff of the fortress. But what is that? And then you have this coastal town thrown in. It makes no sense. We didn't know when she got to that town. Uh, 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 house was blowing its stack. She pushed that down and that was it. And now it's almost like that we should have known that there was that victim. She went to see him. In the meantime, Amalek. And then Amalek got away. Yeah. What is going <laughs> on in this? Well, well, Paige just lays there almost in the fetal position crying to Superman. All this happened. But you know what? Symbioship can't be symbioship, Paige. We destroyed that thing. But what if we didn't? And, and so you, you even have the play where Superman's like, listen, we got rid of the symbioship. One, two symbioships coming for you. <laughs> She's got to get the thing. She's like, oh, man. And even that where she's like, he says, I might ask, though, why is it you wanted to meet in this room specifically? Because they're there. She's there with this line. And that's right after he says, listen, the symbiote ship isn't a thing. I was there. We took it apart. That's impossible. She's like, well, I'm having nightmares. Well, so did everybody else. It was one night, one nightmare. Stop. So then he says, why did you want to meet in this room specifically? She turns to look at the lion, and in her mind, she says, I'm sad about the lion, but she can't tell that to Superman for some reason and says, I don't know, I'm sorry, and then flies away, maybe, because then he's right there. Then 
Clark says, well, I think that you got to hang here. At one point, just says, why don't you like, get out of my hair? Call your friend Omen. Look, but I in the meantime, the says, to do. Call Omen. Then, then says, Kalex is here. He'll be able to help you with anything. She's like, robot? Oh, my goodness. Robot, I'm not going to trust Calix right away. Like, everything is so wacky in this book. He leaves. He's like, sayonara, sucker. He gets out of there. Nothing's solved because it doesn't make sense. I think Clark's like, I got to get out of this cuckoo clock. This is fucking bullshit. And leaves. You have Karen. I keep want to call her Karen because, you know, power girl. But Paige is feeling sorry for herself in the fortunes of solitude because she can't find Amalek. Her fucking lion friend that she just found out about is dying. We have a freaking virus that's going around that might be her fault. And also, she thinks the symbiote ship and nobody's taking her seriously about this. That's the majority of what's going on with Paige. Lilith Omen, I mean, Lilith Clay Omen, she's actually doing more of the adventure. She's roller skating her. She's roller skating around. Girls like roller skating. And then then comes across the Blue Earthers who are doing terrorist shit. Metropolis doing riots and stuff. And she takes them out. But the biggest problem with that is she takes it too far in my mind. She freaking uses their mind to let them know, let her know what's been going on, why they're doing this, and then wipes their mind of everything they know about all of this. I'm like, look, we're yeah. going to do identity, identity crisis shit, shit here. Right? I'm like, please stop this, Lilith. Even when you have that, they're rioting. There's easy ways to connect this. You want to put Blue Earth? Okay, cool. You're, you're getting these things it's going on. Why not? In this book... Page had set up alien tech auction that went really bad and seemed to be no member. Blue Earthers were protesting it at the dock. As they should. Just do that. In this, though, they're protesting the deadly worldwide virus A that nobody knows about. A human Kryptonian virus has been released. Three are dead so far. It's the end of the world. Kryptonian virus? So this is why Power Girl wouldn't let me in on her mission. And And this is the play here. When you end up having these people dead, one of them being at that coastal town, I don't think there's any way, and the way that, you know, Superman had spelled it out already, that they would, that any doctor would be able to figure out what this was, especially because it's a virus from a non-existing Krypton. So the idea that suddenly everybody knows about it, they are writing, that alley has like 7 trillion people in it. Maybe the Thalamus engine is doing this, but um, then she the wipes her mind. The part is... When this is going on, all I can think of is now we're going to have the sovereign turn everybody against the Kryptonians and get them off of the world, too. Just like Wonder Woman with the dead, like, 17 people killed by an Amazon. Just imagine me and you are Blue Earthers, right? I know for you it's, it's not, not hard much to of a imagine. stretch, right? So you're there. We're like, I could have any filthy alien warden over me. Krypton equals kill. I, I want a good slogan. I'm just reading That's, a, why. that's things, a terrible right? slogan. Yeah, that's not really good. This thing's. I I would be a part of this just because I have... These ideas were like, look, I can't trust one? any of these aliens. But the thing is, once I see them write their slogan and realize how lame it is, I'm out because I can't be a part of this. Say good night. Get the kryptonite. Like, we'll do that. We're, we're arming ourselves. <laughs> Honestly, like... I don't even want to be a part of chanting because that's just not how I roll. So I don't want to be a – I'm going back home watching some Doctor you Who. You don't like chanting? Who's uh... also an alien who I love, so it doesn't make much sense. Aliens, go. Back to the volcano. We'll do that. That'll really upset like Lois and, and Clark. John. That'd be awesome. John's like, yeah, John John actually is there. I get it's it. almost there. He's up in the ante here. In the deal. He's like right there with the thing. But what happens when me and you are there? Just say we're there. We don't like slogans, but we love the signs. You came up with Krypton no, no. equals kill. I love kill. good slogans. I don't want to chant them, though. I'm trying to think of the other things. Nobody wins. Let's kill the twins. Can we do that? Would that be good? Look, I'm... The only thing I might have on a sign is Earth is for humans. See, I, I don't have a rhyme for that, Eric. Right? It's, it's not a rhyme because I'm not chanting shit. 
Krypton's bad worth. Get off our Earth. So what I'm saying, though, is the mines are white. Mines mines are white, right? And then we're like, oh, man, what what the fuck is this sign? Like, they're there holding Krypton equals kill signs. What are they going to think? They're going to remember it. They're going to be like, (laughs) it's just going to start again. Like, oh, man, what happened? Oh, wait. Krypton. Oh, I fucking hate that. Then they start chanting well, the thing again. Is, they're all, they're already against aliens and the crypto like Krypton people. And they just have this. They don't realize it's because of a Kryptonian virus. They're just like, you know what? I still agree with this. Why are we laying on the ground? Say good Kryptonite. How about that one? Would that good be good? Kryptonite. Does that work? Is that what you want to say? Good Kryptonite. I'm saying like you want to say good night, but you put the crypt and the crypto is in like a parenthesis. So it's like night, but it's crypto night because we're going to kill it's something you should uh, workshop a little bit. How about this? Not here on your own time. (laughs) Get the kryptonite. Lex was always right because I just go Lex. Then I just go full out Lex and and start, you know, shoving that down his stuff. Like, hey, uh, go over there. You don't have no hair. That's because Lex is teaming up with them now. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm the biggest, uh, greatest slogan maker or chanter, but I think I'm a little better. Then also what you do is you have the one guy with the sign, honk if you like cookies. It always works out, Eric. It, it gets everybody behind everything. But you're right, though. Omen God, does the – Omen kind of really does the, the comic booky thing here on her roller skates, but she mind wipes people. That's a no-no. And maybe sure you're is. setting up things, but I don't think so. Also, before that, maybe that's why we have things. Weapon of it's revealed, and this is the genius of Aaliyah Williams. We find out that all the bullshit with Paige, like she says at this, I'm leaving my first voicemail. Oh, really? Your first voicemail? Maybe her mind was wiped. Maybe Omen keeps wiping her mind Look. each day about not knowing shit. She, she finds out later, oh, my God, I'm a CEO. My name is For Karen. some reason, the idea of her like leaving her f- first voicemail to somebody bothers you. And I just want to think to myself, because I can't off the top of my head, go back in the comic books, anything Power Girl related, see if you could ever find her leaving a voicemail somewhere. Are we going to find out any time that they explain to her with a de- dictionary definition of what an intern is? Because you didn't like that when we got that shit. She didn't know how to deal with these are things that people don't even need to do, but would know how she seems like she's like, oh, my God, it's like my mom. When they're like, you, you know, you have that first voicemail. Usually and you should have played it. Most people, older people like my mother think that you can hear that voicemail as if it was like an old answer <laughs> machine. So you get the voicemail. And it's like, up, I know you're there. Pick up, you're like, you stupid bitch. Like, that's well, the thing is, I can't even remember the last time I left a voicemail for anybody. Yeah, really. This is my first text. This is my first 900 number. Oh, my, Eric. I still have <laughs> never freaking dialed a 900 number. Actually, that's not true. I've dialed it, but I never paid for it. It was because of a payphone on the highway because ah, I was scared. Well, there you go. So you <laughs> but I wanted to know what like, it was like. Yeah, you wanted to know what was up in the, the party line. Hey, where's all the <laughs> where's all the hot ladies in here? One 900 blowjob. We're, Ooh, we're, we're waiting for them, too. What are you? Are you a lady? I am. I'm a pretty girl. That's what you get. Kids and are stupid. <laughs> it was one of those things, too. But yeah, yeah, end up where, again, everybody doesn't know about the virus, but until they, they do, but now they don't. Or at least you wipe the minds of them, but are they the only ones who know? I don't know. I don't know. But then you go back, and Paige then is going to get some feels. And I did end up getting some feels with her and this lion, though not what set up. Yeah, Hamlet. And did, did you get the idea? I said that it reminded me of the Batman Superman Tom Taylor when you had Batman and Superman sit there the last night as the sun's rising. Oh, was, it, was it a Daxamite that it was that was yes. uh, the deal? 
And if people don't know, it was a really cool story back in the new 52. One of the things I really do like of Tom Taylor's. But in this, I was getting a bit of feels about the idea of, you know, there's Karen and the idea of uh, an animal or something like that. That's the last of its kind. It doesn't have, you know, friends. Everybody they know is dead. And now it's finally going to die and wants to just die in peace. I'm like, this is actually a pretty nice deal and something that I did get some feels with Paige here. Until he turns into a goddamn fucking symbiote well, robot it, it, out of nowhere. It's not even that for me because she's sitting there. She's so worried about Hamlet. People are dying from a Kryptonian virus. But she's so worried about this goddamn lion she just found out about yesterday because she can relate to it. But it's dying. And it escaped from its habitat. She realized some animals leave its habitat when it's, they're dying and want to be alone. I better to make sure it doesn't die alone. Walks outside the force of solitude to a cliffside where the lion is, and she lays down with it, and they just lay there until the lion dies, and she cries, gets up, walks away, turns around, and the lion's gone like a goddamn ghost in the night. She has no idea where it was, has to fly around X-ray vision. Somehow this lion got away, and she has no idea where it went. I don't even know how it got out of its fucking enclosure, let alone back in its enclosure for her to find out and the symbiote like lion the symbiote that it is. Why was it that quiet? She says, I didn't That's hear it. it at all. I like, don't understand no... that part at all. How did it get away from her when she was right next to it? You're never going to be able to explain it. Now, here's the thing, too. When you have this play, you can almost see what happened here in the play. Hey, uh, you know, Karen, Paige, you know, Power Girl. Hey, PG, there's this Kryptonian virus. It's from your Krypton. Oh, my God, it's going to wipe out the planet. And then somebody got to Leah Williams or they said, like, oh, wait, wait, we can't do that because a lot of people will die. And again, when you have this scene where she's laying with the lion, if at this point it's a virus that's wiping out the entire world, that is complete bullshit. But now out of nowhere. Oh, it's all slowed down. We're not going to worry. It's a parasite. So at the most, one guy will die. One person will be infected. Oh, so we could do it's such a weird pullback of a thing the story seemed like it really meant something though you have to kind of laugh at the idea of hey by the way power girl there is a world ending virus that is raging through they said at points that people were just dying in other countries well, and things. A pandemic. Make sense. Now it might as well be a mouth yeah. monster yeah so why wasn't anybody else involved like the idea that superman would say there's a pandemic that's wiping out millions you go to the fortress and figure it out, I got my own shit to do. Like, it, it was so silly from the beginning to then pull it back in a way that doesn't make sense. Then you have the Blue Earthers because now it isn't a pandemic, but they think it is. But why would they? They get their mind wipes. Then you go here and this lion, you get the feels. It disappears. How did it get infected? It's just there with her. On Why did it need to go through him to go to her? Because she was there with it, it makes no damn sense. And how do you end up okay, doing then. that from a dead lion? Uh, and not only that, then how does the dead lion, who's also a parasite-infested monster thing, infect Power Girl? Is the no. symbiote ship that's of the parasite actually stronger than Power Girl? Because the lion itself is from a krypton, but yeah. it's been stuck in, a, in a, like an enclosure all this time. I think that she just, just doesn't want to fight it. And but it's I, able I, to claw through her and infect her. And I'm like, how is that able to fight? That's like mm, Superman fighting a lion and getting his ass up. beat. Well, and that's the other thing. Now I'm thinking, too, like, there's no way. How does it get infected? I We're never going to know. But I think that what Leah Williams, like, it's so ridiculous. Symbiolids. The idea that she doesn't want to have the lion die 
except naturally. So you you do have the proud lion. That and goes sometimes out and it dead lays. is better because when it comes back to life, it's a Isn't symbiote. Isn't it funny? It dies. And the minute it dies, then it becomes a symbiote. It, it, that doesn't make any sense. But it ends up where Leah Williams, I think that she's thinking, well, at least then that if Paige starts to fight back, it's already that, dead. It doesn't make sense. Berm- did that dude in Bermuda not become a symbiote until he died? Well, again, I don't even. I thought that guy was like in Tampa Bay or so. Like the idea that there's anybody in Bermuda. And like I don't be. even know where they were. They weren't at the the fortress. It's its own thing in the middle of the ocean. But yet it seems like it's a hot. But it's in the Bermuda jump. Triangle, so I'm thinking oh, Bermuda's right by that. So there's still. It's not like I think that she thinks that the fortress is actually on the Bermuda Island. I don't get. She. This is bad, and it's bad in a way that it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like I'm reading this and if this was bad and it was detective or it was bad and it was Batman, then it would make things. It has awesome art. I love the way that everybody looks in this comic. It's just kind of a snooze fest where things eventually happen. You have to scratch your head. Why did this happen? Why did things change in issue number three out of nowhere? I, I have read a bunch of stories from her. This is actually better. Than a lot like this is better when I, I remember I used to tell you the Mary Jane when she was on the uh, the movie set and Mysterio oh, was yeah. disguised as a threat. That Sounds was awful. Leah Williams. It was terrible. Things would happen that each issue it, they just completely went against something else, but made no sense. And you just and that's what's happening now. It's already happening in this. The idea of where did you get from world ending virus to figuring out it's a parasite out of nowhere to then have it be the symbiote ship that is transferred into a deadline that fights you. And now you're symbiote up as Paige is gone. I am now. I'm like, really? Like, first off, Superman's got a lot of splaining. Superman's just going to come in and say, wait a minute. I saw you dismantled. No, you didn't. Eh, I think I didn't leave. And then again, like this Kryptonian virus, it wasn't. It was actually a symbiote techno. A symbiote ship, but. It comes from a Krypton that no longer exists. Yeah, but how does that go from where then Superman, what intel is he getting? It was a fight. Like, it's not now. I don't even know how anybody who would figure this out would know it's from another Krypton that no, no longer exists. No, that's what I'm saying. It's not a real virus anyway. It's the symbiote ship. To, it, are you just going with the idea of it's like a computer virus and we're just going to fudge it? Get the IT department in here. Get that. Get crypt. It's just an alien Kilgore now. Cyborg's going to come in. That's It, it is. I mean, uh, yeah, there you go. And, and when you get to the end and it is, Paige is gone. I am now symbiote, you know, Supergirl, Paige, Power Girl. Nine, ten, never Paige again. When you do this, like, it ends up like, uh, it's not, it doesn't even feel like a Power Girl story. <laughs> it's completely gone off the rails. But what would you give it? Ultimately, like I said, I think the art is great throughout. It's the strongest point of this book, but everything just feels so out of whack and out of sorts. Even how the story is being told fudged here and the things that it focuses on are so weird and out of sorts. And I just find myself scratching my head at what the logic is behind this four out of ten. I think I'm a three five. I, I like to where if I'm, you know, I, I get it. I'm part of Blue Earth and I'm like, oh, my God, the Kryptonians. They have a, a virus that's going to kill humans. Get me my Molotov cocktails. And they're just throwing at a, a random 7-Eleven. Dude, it's a riot. What are you doing? I saw, again, though, but they're there protesting in there. It doesn't Look. even feel like a riot. It feels more like a protest. It just doesn't feel right. It, it, everything's ridiculous. They're smashing cars up with their signs. I don't, I don't get it. 
I don't get it, but it's it's really bad. But we'll end with uh, wake up, people. The Kryptonians are bad. I'm gonna smash your shit until you wake up, you sheeple. You ain't getting your burger bites. I'm gonna take care of this. Kryptonians are bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I'll side with the Kryptonians. Also, when you're doing that again. Where are the Kryptonians? He got a lot in there, and they're just letting this bullshit go, and Omen's going around on her fucking roller skates. She's roller skating here, and she stops them. Where where did that come from? But with all of that, Eric, let's go to the last book. What is that? Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, number two, written by Tim Sheridan with Art by C.N. Torme, Matt Herms, and Lucas Catoni. And in this issue, we see... Alan Scott commit himself to Arkham Asylum after his boyfriend Johnny was killed four years ago because of the Crimson Flame. And it's such a weird way that we're going to tell a story because I like the idea of last issue, how we're going to kind of retcon things to show you the hidden, like the hidden years of Alan Scott to show you how he was always gay this entire time. But now you're taking things in a weird direction because you have the prophecy of the Green Lantern, you know, the, like the, the star heart as it is, where it's like, first it'll bring you death, then it'll bring you life, and then it'll bring you power. I like the original person who found the meteorite piece that will become they died. And now we're at the point where another person at Arkham Asylum during metal shop was able to make an old railway lantern out of the metal that he found there. Same piece of metal from all of them years, like thousands of years ago. And in this one, this guy who is a like, you know, he's a man who considers himself a woman at this point in time. And he's in here for deviancy because his family doesn't agree with his lifestyle choices. But the way they play this whole thing out where it gives him life. The the way that Tim Sheridan writes this, because this is supposed to be what happens. A, an inmate, like, you know, an Arkham Asylum, the, the life it gives him is supposed to give him his sanity back in the original Alan Scott story. And this one is they give him a lobotomy so he's no longer Billy, the female part of himself, and he's this the confused male side that doesn't have these demons. And this is supposed to be the life? He's simple Billy now. I, I don't understand why you would do this I, in this I will comic. tell you. I will tell you why. There, there's one big reason. Because Tim Sheridan sucks. He's an awful writer. We've never read anything that was just by him that was any bit good. Not even close to being good. That Titans Academy, awful. But even when you're trying to stress the idea of a message, which people – the biggest problem when people say with this book, like they're trying to force a message, which I don't have a problem with, but this is a weird fucking choice. You have mentioned – you have described some things that are going on in this. That nobody knows. I'm, I'm telling you, you are giving more credit to Tim Sheridan, even knowing as much as you do, because you're talking about the original, you know, deal and the flame and the prophecy. It's never been presented in this book. You have to come in with a lot of knowledge that you're saying in this. Then when people are going, so that would be cool, right? You know all that. I don't. So I'm going in. And, and really, when I got to this issue and we argued the last issue, I think that when you're going in, you're doing a retcon. And I know that Tim Sheridan somehow gets mad and yells at people, makes videos that people call it a retcon. It is it's a retcon. A retcon, it's by definition, it's a retcon. A retcon itself doesn't mean positive or negative. It doesn't no. mean you're changing something in a worse way. It means that something that was presented before, you are going to change it you to show why it works. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what this is. So when you're going into it, he's lost track of the idea that he also has to tell a story that is new user friendly. And what I said and what I thought when I was reading this, I think that the best play would be is you go into this as if you are writing a new character. I know you're not. I know that Alan Scott is an old character, but the way you're presenting it is going to be new. So you have to go with the idea that nobody knows Alan Scott Green Lantern because unfortunately what Tim Sheridan doesn't get, you had said you don't mind. And me and you both, we're going to be here for the story. 
Let's see how it works out. If it sucks, it sucks. We'll say it. But we'll we'll give it a shot. We'll see. Definitely. But the problem is not a lot of people. You are actually counting on people knowing Alan Scott. Unfortunately, for uh, reasons that are personal to everybody, most of the people that know Alan Scott don't want to read this because you're changing it. So you have to think of that and present this where you have to really tell me the prophecy. You have to tell me all I get from this. And it's the same thing. We all we both end up at the same spot. But the idea of, you know, not the prophecy, but the idea that suddenly Billy just happens to get some metal. And because he thinks in his head, oh, I think I'll make a lantern. There you go. And then give it to Alan. He goes, I didn't even ever tell you that I did some train engineering. And then the, and I'm like, that is so forced. Why? Which is I'm tell just saying, this? though, this is this is a part of the original story, though. But like, I don't you know, know the original story. I'm saying this is this is how it played out to a degree with he like you know somebody just made a railroad lantern out of this metal he had and it and it gave him his sanity back because this is the second part of the prophecy where it gives him life in this one they lobotomized Billy I'm like how does that help him two percent of the people that are listening know that originally that that thing would have given the sanity to but they they this is new this is there when we get into the Sandman stuff. You end up, yeah, you get thrown in, but you're at least introducing some things, and it's easy to say, okay, I kind of get this stuff. When you keep bringing stuff up, it's new to me, I've, and it's not in this book. All in this book I get is conversion therapy, lobotomized Billy, and the whole play of that, it's played out pretty, you know, with sensitivity and things like that going, but it's not what I want from this. I, I want Green Lantern. I want to see the origin, and I think that this is now very, you know, in my mind, this isn't any sort of Green Lantern origin. It is only a retcon, but a retcon that you have to come in knowing the past deal, and I don't, so I'm out. I'm out. I, I end up reading this, and I'm like, then they're escaping. It basically turns into one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Then they're on the fucking third rail gang. They're going uh, on the rails just to then force them into the point. At the one point, I didn't even realize that he was actually like the engineer on the train. They're just kind of lounging them. The tra- then I, okay, I get it when the train blows up, but all this other stuff, I don't have any connection to it. So where you have this is whole my idea friend? too? Like a- after he does escape Arkham Asylum and goes on the run and becomes a train engineer, he takes the uh, the lantern that Billy had given him and he keeps that with him. And when like a rival train company wants to take him out, they destroy the train he's on. He he ends up getting the power at that point in time. The third part of the prophecy comes true, but it seems at the same time. You're fighting this dueling battle with the idea, this new idea that we put in there with the the Red Lantern, because that is doing the same kind of prophecy where, because you see a dual aspect of how the prophecy is being told between the Red Flame and the Green Flame. So while it's going on, I wish we saw more of what was going on with the Red Lantern, because at this point in time, it becomes this deal. Does anything. I, I just. Uh, but this well, is the point during the train, like normally, like Alan Scott would be given the power by the Lantern itself and be told how to forge a ring out of it. Yeah. Again, though, when you get to it, because people don't know. It feels really forced. Whether you know it was just golden age storytelling, and it was wonky. You actually have gone on record and saying that it's amazing. Comics even got out of the golden age because oh, it yeah, was so ridiculous. But when you when you're doing this again, my whole play is if you have you know 100 percent of people reading this book, everybody who's reading this book, I think there are more people that are reading it that want to give this a shot. And less people that are old school fans of Alan Scott that are reading this. I think there are less old school. You have a lot of new readers, but you're not treating it like that. You're treating it as if you want them to have the prior knowledge. 
But then coming to here, and I think that's not the case. It's not for me, and I I don't hate whatever. It's just I never really cared about Alan Scott. He's a new character for me. So when I see these things, I recognize things. I recognize things more from the Earth 2 book, and that's the train deal and whatever. But when you're doing this, I think that he's missing out on that idea of that connection because most people that I've seen reviews, read reviews, things like that, will point out that this thing with Billy is forced. That it doesn't make any sense, but if it ties well, into the, the past, of then Billy. maybe it, it but- ties in for where he would get the lantern. But then, even when we have the train wreck later on after he escapes Arkham Asylum, because they were going to give him a lobotomy too, it seemed like when uh, like a bunch of people escape with him, and then but he escapes, he, and he, it's he, just so like easy. They just leave and run well, away yeah, because then like guards let him go because they realize they're like, oh, this ain't right what we're doing here. But they, he gets out easy, pretty much is like on the run then because he can't go back to West, becomes a train engineer, and like he's riding the rails, but in a legitimate way for what he's doing has his handy green lantern with him his old buddy billy in the asylum gave him but when we have the train car like this like blown up by his rival decker who's mad at the success that alan's been having we have this weird thing where a lot of people are dead i would say almost maybe everybody is dead you have the little prophecy spoken over first in the like the red flame like the thing we bring death and then the crossover between the red and the green flame then life and then just the green then power where Alan is given his power by the Green Lantern. But am I, I'm just trying to think of different ways to make this less gruesome because are we trying to change the fact, like, you know, the idea that Billy, who's now our person who gives, you know, uh, Alan Scott the Lantern, like originally because it was made by He's somebody who was pretty in much asylum. a vegetable. Well, yeah, but I'm saying it was originally it was made by somebody who had lost their mind in the asylum and it gave them their sanity back. Is it that we're changing that now because we don't want to disparage somebody with mental health issues so we can't see that this would fix him by making him a different way and we have to change that? And then the thing is that with we bring death, we bring life and power. Is it that we're trying to say that Alan has gone through all three prophecies here with the death of the people on the train, the life of him coming back to life and then the power? Is that what we're trying I don't to do think with that he's doing right any here? connection. I think that he's just going with, hey. Well, there's definitely a connection to something. No, I'm saying I think that he's just getting these, you know, the prophecy and keeps saying it. He, at one point, he's just like every time that it's like to him, the prophecy means when you got something bad, you got something good. It's like, you know, the whole play of like George Costanza of, you know, everything comes kind of comes because by the end, he's there in the lobotomy thing. That's not anything to me. That's just showing how awful people used to be to people who had different sexualities. And that's all he seems to be concerned about here. See, the thing is, I understand that. But why wouldn't you use that time to say, I bring you life by making Billy who he was to give him life, giving his brain back so he can be who he was and not forced to be this goddamn lobotomized freaking drooling monster because they didn't like of the deviant nature they decided he had. Because he wants to only push the idea that back in the late you know, 30s into the 40s. But you can still have Deva, that, but also but have Billy that. be who he was. But he doesn't, he wants you to get that well moment, not even well moment, that awful moment of that's what they used to do to people who thought different but and were a different sexuality because he doesn't want that. He doesn't want it to end up happy. He wants it to because be like you're wh- against Where does the life it. aspect come from that? He doesn't care. See, I can't say what he does or doesn't care about. I'm just trying to figure out where it comes in the story. Please. I, he blocked me. Go to his Twitter and see what he says about all this, and then you'll know what he's doing. He is only pushing. If I, if you said that to him, what you just said to me, not meaning anything bad, well, where's the life of it? You showed me this. Set. He will block your ass and say that you're a homophobe because you don't get it. They were mean to people back in the day. That's all but, the story is. That's it. <sighs> I, I can't even go anymore. I'm going from what he has said. He's made every day. He makes videos yelling at somebody who has asked him a, a simple question. How do he you is know if you're so blocked? Bad. Well, 
how do I know I'm blocked? I'm blocked. No, how do you know oh. this if you are blocked? Oh, no, I'm saying this is the things that he does. He has it on YouTube. He does these videos all the time now. It's become a big thing. When an issue comes out, he ends up just attacking people. But again, I don't. I think you're giving him too much credit. I said I'm you not, know more. Is, I'm not giving any credit. I'm saying that the way it's written is terrible and gruesome, and I don't know why he did these things because – you, he you wants to show thing. how bad it was. But why and leave Billion that way care. when you are actually taking away part of the prophecy that makes up the Green Lantern-like why, story? Why in this? Because he lost the love of his life, right? Uh-huh. He's sleeping with like 80 guys since then and just says, eh. Well, this is years later. Yeah, but it's still, it's not even one guy. It's not that what he's he says, I've been having flings all over the place. That, that even rubs me the wrong way of how you're setting it up. Proof. And the, the whole play at the end. We are going to have to get to the part where he's going to get married and have kids. And it's just uh-huh. going to be society made me do this. And, oh, what was no, no, me? And I, I, I've I hate always it. expected that. It makes do. perfect sense for the era that he's grown up in. In the play here, if you're going to try to present a book, like you said, you said it's gruesome. It is. Why would you want to read this? You you want the character, but you can make Billy okay again. You could take away the awfulness that they did to him because of the prophecy of the lantern, but you left him a lobotomized person who was never be who he was. Again, I, I, I maybe I'm explaining it wrong or saying it wrong, but the idea of this, and again, maybe it's not his intention, but from what I've seen and how I read this, he wants you to have the moment where you go, oh my God, people were so awful to people who had different sexualities and things like that. He doesn't want to pull back from that, even if it's just the lantern doing it. He doesn't. He wants that moment. He wants you to get out of this, not caring about, oh, my God. I mean, really, what do you get from this? You don't sit there and say, oh, my God, I saw Alan Scott get the power of the lantern. You say, oh, man, that Billy got a lobotomy. That's both. That's all he wants. That's why he's here. You can tell that he doesn't want to tell a superhero comic. He wants to tell, you know, the struggle, which is fine. But I don't know Alan Scott. This is not making me want to read. Anything with Alan Scott when this is over, whatnot. I'm not like, oh man, that intrigued me so much. I'm going to go read because first off, it's a retcon, so he's changing the things. But overall, I'm, I'm just it's misery. And yeah, that stuff happening. It's it's awful. I'm not saying you shouldn't think about that or forget about it. But when I'm reading comics, it's not really my you know bag, as they say, to go through. And I just I'm as confused as you of what the concept and all this is because again. When you talk about it, you can't help it because you're a no, You can't help. You know a lot of the background. So when you see things, you're saying, well, this could be that. That could be that. I don't have that background. So I'm just getting surface level. He checked himself into Arkham because he wants to com- He actually doesn't want to be gay. He no, wants- I get that. It makes sense for the time and who he is and what's around. Billy gets a lobotomy. Somehow out of nowhere, he saw a shiny green metal and decided to make a lantern hand it. No, no, that, that was before the lobotomy. No, I'm saying, but this is the whole play. Then they break out. He gets to the rails. They head to Colorado. Then he gets a job. At the, like all this. Also, just the idea. I, I kind of thought throughout all this that it would probably be a bad move, especially because he's on the record now of being full out gay. He's gone in and checked himself into Arkham Asylum for being gay and being deviant. Yes, it was, you know, his own doing. But he's still yeah. on the record, so there's no real hiding anything now. So I thought that was a weird play. No, no doctor-patient confidentiality? No, this would be records. And you really think that they're going to give the guy a lobotomy and they're really going to care about that? It just A lot of it just feels, again, I understand what he's trying to do. 
Some people may really like that. I just wanted to know why I should like Alan Scott and how cool he is and going. And and I think in my mind as I'm reading it, and yeah, you you pointed out some things. I can even tell, and I think most people, as you're reading it, you do you can tell there's gaps at points. You can tell, wait a minute, like well, even, there would have been something there and something different. Even we had that guy that was supposedly robbing that bank before and then was pulled out by what the police thought was Green Lantern, which turned out to be the Red Lantern all the time. And we found him on the roof and it's like, oh my God, it's this guy. It was this guy, Robert, who was an orderly who helped them go, who rode the rails of Alan for a while. And th- that was the guy who he ended up with, whoever knew, like, you know, knew this about Alan and his time with this guy. He's like, that person who did this, this other lantern, he knew about this. So who could it be? And I'm like, who could the Red Lantern be from everything we saw so far from being taken his boyfriend Johnny off the boat with the Crimson Flame, four years later being in an as- uh, asylum, and not even I'm say after that, going to an asylum and doing all this, but it's four years after Johnny died, essentially, as far as I'm concerned, and then you have a Red Lantern who is making things known. Is it just a connection through the Lanterns? Because even when Alan is talking to Doiby about all of this, because that's how they and have Doiby explanation. And gets so annoying in this. I actually like the way uh, Doiby that, talks. Oh I my, enjoy fun, you I like fun that? with it. It's not fun when every word, like it's fun when you you kind of pick a couple of deals. I like talking like that. I don't know. But it's like, it it gets what, the more he talks, the worse it gets. By the end, he barely speaks English. I mean, it's like, and the bank robber, you know, one parish dat was Billings Decker. It couldn't be the ones there that matter. I'm like, I don't know. You're wrong turn. Also, just to point out at the end of last issue, we did kind not argue we were talking about who could that person be who could this uh-huh. dead person be you couldn't play along we weren't even no, not at this to the no. guy we didn't so how well, are you even, setting up a mystery so when you and and even the thing it's an aside where it's two panels oh yeah it was this guy i met he was an orderly and we rode the rails for a while somebody knew that though i'm like you but set up a cliffhanger mystery of a guy who wasn't even introduced yet and so when you're the, talking the, to me about this red lantern that, there's though. no way we can fucking know the, even the idea what he's telling doiby about this because now we have to talk about you know, who Alan Scott is, because you just told Doiby his pretty much origin story, how he became the Green Lantern. Is that when you go, got that, that powers? I'm just going to much. But he's like, in our research, Johnny and I found stories of the Emerald Flame of Life as old as those of the Crimson Flame, of the, like the force of nature we once fought in which I'd survived. I'm like, why were you looking for the Crimson Flame and had nothing to do with this freaking Emerald Flame of Life? Like, you never even brought that up in the first issue with the idea that you're just going to collect one of these things. You, like, I, I don't know. For some reason, this just feels like an aside that, like, it's a duality that he knew from the start, but it was all about that crimson flame before. But then it's just, and also, I got this emerald power of life just because. It's it feels weird. He brings it up here. This says, "Oh, we, we we heard about this." He is a shitty writer, and I'm I'm telling you, he's. It was a big cliffhanger. Oh my god, who was this? I said it might be Johnny. Like somehow he's reanimated. I don't know. What would make sense? And you're like, it couldn't be. That was a while ago. Because you have to bring death first. But then again, in this, it's, oh, it was Robbie, who we weren't introduced to at the point, was just an aside. Now you sit there and say, oh, my God, the Crimson Flame, who's this, who's that, who's going on? Remember that not just Robbie here. Oh, my ally, that we were there and I met him. That nonsense. Like, we couldn't have guessed. How, How did that Red X shit go? Because that was oh, another. Terrible. Yeah, he's fucking terrible. He's not a good writer. He does None not None of that ever understand. made any sense. No. And then you still didn't find out who the Red X was. It was just no. this newer Red X and so it didn't matter because you didn't care about that character. This guy can't write. He He's terrible. And I'll give him the benefit that maybe it's that he's trying to do something and the editorial is good. But everything he touches, besides the one thing that he had help with that I – Flashpoint have, Beyond? 
and I've been told he didn't do shit on shit there. He really didn't. Uh, was the idea that Flash would be it? But anything else, the Shazam deal, how did that work out? Bullshit. It was like it was terrible. But the Red X deal was that big. And now we're we're throwing more mysteries in, and we already get one little mystery of oh my god, who could that guy be? And it was you could never guess because the guy is just a random guy who was never introduced yet. It's well, just even terrible. That, like even the idea of that, like I don't understand what they're trying to play at. Why like, they bring up the idea of the prophecy where the the power is saying these things. I don't understand how any of it works now for how it used to work. It's just there and you just have a guy being lobotomized. And I thought this is going to be great to a degree because, yes, it's terrible. It's the 1940s. People fucking suck. And with the idea of like, okay, the lantern is still going to give you life. It's going to bring Billy back and this is all going to be great for everybody. And it was nothing. We just leave that to go to a train and Alan gets his power. <laughs> and they say, we break death, life, and power. I'm like. You didn't even talk about the death for the first part of the like the emerald like it the was star weird. heart. Like I said, the way that the way that Alan, in my mind, as he plays it, it almost is like that tip for tat. Well, when bad things happen to me, good things present themselves. I'm like, I think it might be bigger than that. But when I'm reading, this is the weird play again, where you have this play where again you are going into this thinking that things are going to be changed a little. I mean, that's oh, yeah. what happens. A to few me. things. So as you're going. You're, you're going, I'm not talking sexuality. For, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm just looking for the connections so as well. So then, because you have prior knowledge, which should be a benefit, it drove you more nuts because he didn't do anything. With, like, And I'm reading it, and I'm just like, people are fucking pieces of crap. They gave this lobotomy. It's a shame. Guys seem like a nice enough guy. I don't really know him. But that's the play, and his family was awful. And, like that, that scene, okay. But really, at the end of that, you're wanting – the Green Lantern connection there, Starheart, things like that. What I just want is some damn Green Lantern. I'm like, what? Okay, we got a, uh, you know, the Lantern, but to me, it felt forced in that way. Then all of a sudden, we go through random scenes to just get him on the train so that it could crash. Oh, and I'm like, like, you're ending up doing this. Do it smarter. Like even the like you should have played even the rivalry between him and Decker a little bit more because you get Decker mentioned for like a panel and then the train blows up and like it's just too much too soon. If you're not paying attention, you're not even get because they're driving away from the bridge with the TNT underneath, but it just looks like a random guy just driving. You don't even know Decker, so you like that's the well, thing. Thankfully, that, the car has Decker written over it. And again. These are the things, though, where you have to make you have to take more care when you come in. And again, you know, and don't tell me that Tim Sheridan getting this book does not know that people will fight back against the sexuality change and whatnot. So when you end up doing it, you have to do it in a clever way. You have to make it make sense. And again, not everybody's well, going to go with it. Uphill battle, at least half the way the entire time, and you have to work it. Fight the battle. What he's fighting here is he's fighting on Twitter, and he's fighting in a way of, well, it seems like he said, well, people are going to hate it anyway, so fuck it. I'm just going to. That's not how you do it. And it's not sexuality deal. One thing I brought up to you, it's the only thing I could think of. But it's the play of the Skittle Landons, the different emotional spectrums. It's, it's a change. Right. It was a wreck, kind of. It's a changing. It's a thing. huge change. You hated it. I hated the idea of it. Yeah. Well, again, people hate the idea of Alan Scott being gay. So what you have to do then is show why it makes sense. Show why this could lead to better stories down the line, and show why that eventually, please, ex- not accept it, but give it a shot, and maybe I can win you over. 
this never had that. This never had that idea of, oh my God, because really all you could play. Oh, just continue. Please continue the story because I, I then read Jeff Johns, you know, wore the like the light colored. I, I ended up loving it. Yeah, you loved I it. Saying. So in this. I just didn't want to leave you the story where I was just a hater. And and that's yeah. where oh, no, things. no. And that's where the big, that's why my big play of it is that the idea that you did finally, even the new 52, people hate it, love it, whatnot. I were against it, it at first. first. You boycott it. Then you read and you liked some of it, didn't like, but you, you went in and gave it a and shot. The, so. the funniest part is the thing that got me into the new 52 was Earth 2 and that really powerful K. Helen Scott story. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. So that's it. the thing that brought me into the new 52. And here we are just trying to deal with it now. People give me shit because I was on the aficionados and at one point they were talking about, oh, I'm not going to. I'm like, it's been 10 years. I started screaming at the top of my lungs about, come on, let's go. But if it wasn't for the I'm telling you this straight up. That's so funny. I didn't even think about that. Without the gay Alan Scott story. I don't I don't think we have a podcast or a website. It's, it's quite possible. Because we were we were. I still remember this guy, Dave. We were standing there. We were at work together. But pretty much we had worked a little bit at that point together. And this Dave guy, little guy comes by and says, oh, I hear your Green Lantern's gay and started laughing. And then you, because you thought you were really going <laughs> to stick it to him like a fucking nerd, you're like, which one? And I'm telling you, you were almost like Nelson from The Simpsons. You're like, oh, with the epidermis. You're like, which one? What are you one? talking about? There's th- 3,600 Lanterns. What are you That's talking? the best. You go, which one? And then you go, you know, there are. That. You, you started telling me. And I'm like, oh. And again, I. I just started working with you a little bit before, so I, I might have been being polite, but I was actually interested, and I didn't know. And then we spent days of pretty much – people just would talking have about DC Comics. We became, you know, Bubba Shrimp deal. It, it was the whole deal with Bubba Gump <laughs> because people would have walked by us, and each Shrimped time they would by be like, yep, then there was <laughs> – Tomar Ray. And then they had this thing called the, uh, you know, the Great Lantern Dad. You just kept going and you were telling me the whole deal. I got interested, started talking to you about some things. And then I, you suggested, people, you know, kind of left, Identity Crisis. I ended yep. up reading that. I said, oh my God, what a mature story. And you're like, it oh my God. Like, with me. And then I decided in a deal, then I'm going to check out this new 52. Eric doesn't like it. But I'm going to check it out and started reading Aquaman and thing, and then started telling you about that. But but it was all from this whole play of the Alan Scott being okay. gay. And you even That's said so at one point your mom around. said I never it. thought about it. Oh, yeah, the later that day. You said my mom said it and that it's the only reason we started because we were talking about a lot of movies at that point, things like that, but not comics because you, I wasn't into them. So you never, exactly. but that was, that was the jumping on point. So again, it's almost like that kind of soft spot deal, but that's why I'm, I, and I'm, starting to lose my voice i'm yelling but not yelling what i want and what i beg is again to show me a story where things okay that makes sense that goes there but he's, he's twisting and turning not giving you some things and pretty much assuming people know but in my mind i think that the story could have just been because if you're gonna play the idea that alan scott was all, always gay right again people in the 30s 40s they didn't come out because of that you could no. have just dealt with that you could have had him being the Green Lantern, but then show these scenes of how he's conflicted, how he's going. But, it's, but it seems like in that's what I thought this is going to be. And that's what it should be in my mind. And it's not up to me to make the story. I'm not even going to script Dr. Shit here. But what I'm saying is Tim Sheridan, mm-hmm. why he did the Billy thing and why he's doing this. It always feels like when I'm reading it and maybe me, but it, it's like he's fighting you to get this retcon in. He's not trying to explain to you why it would work. He's He's trying to fight you and beat you down with it. 
because he's not showing you the good stuff. He's really showing you how awful it would have been or could have been instead of showing that, you know, just the internal conflict of a character, because that would make more sense along the way. And what, where people will still say, and some people will probably unsubscribe here, but the idea that a, a man gets married and has kids, even if they're gay and then eventually come out, this happens a lot. It All the happened, time, yeah. Me and you actually have a doctor in town that that happened to, that, you know, separately we know a doctor – and that's what happened. I went to school with his daughter and they and again, don't just sugarcoat the idea either that it's easy when that happens because it wasn't this. His daughter, Monica, it was really tough for us. She didn't see it coming because he hid it. These are things that happen. But deal in that angle. Tell the origin, you know, whatever. Give me an idea of why I would love Alan Scott Green Lantern. In the meantime, show the struggle that he had throughout. And then you can say, oh, that could have happened. Even the things I read, I didn't realize he was struggling exactly. there and show that. And that would have been so much better. People, a lot of people still wouldn't have accepted it. I get it. No, I get yeah. You know what I mean? No There's what. always going to be that. But make it in a way. And that's the way to me that it feels like you're trying to show how it always was, not force it that I'm going to make it how it was. And it just doesn't. It just by the end of it, the story's told really horribly it's, it's, it's a mess trying to get it's a mess this because if like you whether you know things or not you're waiting for things to happen they never do and when they do happen they come out I'm across just, i don't know things i'm waiting for things to happen where yeah you're, you're trying to tie into red lantern to be the complete antithesis of what the green lantern is but you're trying to tie it in but you have no context for it so things are just happening that you can't understand because we don't have enough information while you're changing things other ways just to make a gruesome idea that doesn't tie into what we originally had yeah again you're more concerned about showing how Bad things were for gays, trans, cross-dressers in the 30s, 40s, instead of telling a comic book story that then, again, this happened, and I mentioned it to somebody this week, the idea where people will say, well, you know, X-Men is always about, you know, gays, trans, or whatever, you know, group. But the problem, or not problem, but the thing with that is, is that that's the subtext of it that makes sense once you get into the story and understand it fully, then you realize, oh my God, this could have been about you know, race or sex and, and, you know, the mutants are an allegory to all that. But that's not the only thing that the X-Men and all these other things became popular, not because of that, but that added to it once you understood Agreed. it, once you liked it. And this just seems like Tim Sheridan doesn't have the subtle. He just doesn't have the knowledge. He doesn't have the chops writing a comic because everything he's written pretty much turns to shit. We could have saved Billy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, when people will just you know, close up. I like, oh, that Alan Scott. But those same people, I think that if this was written by, say, a Mark Miller, and I'm going to say people, or Grant Morrison, or say, like their fa it probably would be done better. It would be done in a better way and might be able to be, a good, but in this, you, you are legitimately, and I don't know why, but DC wants a big thing like this, and they pick one of their worst writers. They want to have Tim Drake come out as bisexual, they give it to Megan Fitzmartin. It's like they want it to fail. That they want Weird. to say we tried, but it didn't work, and that's the way to do it. But I don't. I just think they're dumb. The way they, I, I don't get it. I don't get what's, what's going your best on with foot this. Forward, yeah. please. And again, if this was, and I keep saying, and I say about even that Tim Drake, you give me whoever in your mind or you're listening, your favorite writer, and have them write this, and have them write the Tim Drake, whatever your writer is, whoever it is. If it fails, then then maybe it doesn't work for you. But don't sit there and say it won't ever work because Tim Sheridan, a hack writer, can't do it. 
that's not give, it's not giving your best foot forward. And as I say, when you get the other play, and again, this is kind of a soapbox deal, but the idea of it, it didn't sell, that means it didn't work. This is a shitty book. Shitty books shouldn't sell. People who are any sort of sexuality, this, that, or the other thing, they don't want to read shitty books. They're going to drop a shitty book. And this is a shitty book. And I think that even though it's a mini, most people should probably, if you're already in, go forward with it. I think that a lot of people are giving it a shot or God, done. It's because good. at this point, my other big complaint is that you end kind of in the same position. Yeah, you saw some background and things like that, but I really thought we were going to get more of this crimson, you know, Red Lantern deal. And we didn't. He's just hovering at the end. But but by the end of the series, I feel like we'll understand the Red Lantern at least. That's where I feel like we're coming down to this because right now we're doing a weird retelling of Alan Scott's origin. But in the background, I think the majority of it is, hey, Alan Scott's been gay this whole time. And here's the Red Lantern for our future stories. Is this going to would it upset you if just the only thing the Red Lantern brings to the table is he is a homophobic Lantern? That's because that I would think be that, very disappointing. I think that's what's happening. I think oh it's going to be the idea of a Soviet deal, and that's not accepted there. It's going to go there, wing, wang, bang, and it's just going to be that. I wanted it to be the Soviet deal, like even after like you know World War II, because I wanted him to have this whole red scare aspect to it. But here we are in the middle, of like you know, like before World War II, and even like during. But I don't understand the reason why we'd have any kind of Soviet deal going on with anything Alan Scott no, it doesn't from the make story sense. we've seen You're so far. You're not even in a World War II as allies in the deal, so it doesn't make sense. But in the play with, you know, who died here and what's going on, he seems to know what's going on with Alan Scott because he's able to find these things. I think that it's going to, I think it's just going to be straight up surface level homophobic lantern. God, that that's what not. it's going to play. I hope not as well. I mean, I, I'm yelling. I, I want to like books. I want books to be good and I want people to have books to enjoy. But when you get to here, like there's so many different levels where this book is not good. The progression is bad. The art's okay. Like the art. No, I enjoy the art. Yeah. yeah. But the, the story progression, the lack of setup, the lack of real characterization, because you're dealing with these moments, not character moments. You have a panel or two where he says, and then I got met this guy, but then I also had this other guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy that I did things with here. And then that's what I'm saying. Doing, that was like, the part where I'm Billings like, Billings Decker? And he just started naming names. I'm like, I didn't even realize through the punctuation that he was talking about different people at first because I didn't pay close enough attention. I'm like, oh no, this is different people he's just naming. But like, who are these people? Like, I understood Decker, but like Billy Billings, you know, like he, he threw this out here. It's like, for some reason, there's just so many characters. I didn't feel like we'd actually dealt with that many characters and by again, the end of this. <laughs> Billy Bill. And even even with, like you have these weird things going on. Like they are in Arkham. They are in the, you know, they're deviants. They're, you know, labeled as. And you have yes. that weird play of, oh, man, like, hey, I got you a gift. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, no, no, I wanted to. No, no, I mean that they're going to think that we're sleeping together. And then it makes it seem like Billy says, oh, well, you're not my type. Like, like that matters. Like, like the guards there are sitting there like, ooh, they look like they're, oh, they're not because I know Billy, that's not his type. No, they're getting rounded up and, and take, there's just weird plays how it's going. But the the thing, it is tragic. What happens like, to Billy? Like and I'll tell had, you that. We had two panels of this, you know, Alan riding with this guy, Jimmy, that he met that his boyfriend now before he ends up dying, it seems like. You know, actually, maybe, there, maybe there's like four panels, but still. Out of nowhere, just and then I met Jimmy and we were together. Oh, he's dead now. Green Lantern. And in that, I and again, I get it. And not everybody has to be, you know, never have another guy, gal, or whatever. But the way that you're playing the deal, and when he's there with that Jimmy, he's like, "Yep, 
I had a bunch of flings. Had a like I don't know. That's and not before really that, I was with Robbie. And but Robbie was this guy that was on the roof that the Red Lantern killed. Man, he like like who would know about that? I'm like, here's right. the thing too. Just that if we're gonna get into the thing, he checks himself into Arkham because yeah. unfortunately he thinks that. He can be cured. He thinks there would be a cure. The military wants him to do it as well because they found out about it, but he did save everybody. So he's pretty much just doing this as a way to get out of being court-martialed. That's also the play where I said that that was another bit that I'm glad you brought that up, the idea that it is kind of on record now because the military – so whatever. But then, he, but he's there, and he does seem at points to be saying – and again, it's going to be that tragic deal that when he's talking about it, like, yep. And I, I love the play. He's like, yep. I'm going to get out of this hospital. I'm going to ask the first lady I'd see to marry me. I'm like, no, no, no. Dial it back there, buddy. But when he does it. It's just going to problem is it's going to be Rose Kent and Rose and Thorne. I'm like, don't do it. Just wait for the second lady. I was maybe. thinking of all these people. He like breaks down. And it's like uh, it's Bruce Wayne's grandmother. You end up where all this going on where he's well, like, he I'm going to do father this. father Harlequin Quinn as well. Oh, I, yeah. Well, he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. The minute he breaks out, it is like wild in the city. Like he, there should be a thing. He's like, just, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to nail it. It's just a weird play. It's like this play of him, Tim Sheridan trying to like. Well, yeah, it's, it's Arkham Asylum, but it's kind of like getting out of prison. You want to run roughshod for a little well, again, while. But I, what it's happened? Been a while. I guess you don't ask the first lady to marry you. Now he's nailing anybody. I just Well, the ladies yeah. ain't hanging out at the train yards. That's right. They're, that's the third rail boys, not the ladies. <laughs> I'm sitting there. He's like, well, I ate some hobo chili. Who's up for, who's up for some action? I, I, it's just the whole play, though. Why I think it's funny to to point out who wants to get real. You know, you know what it is. It is, and the the reason why I laugh at it is because that's like a progression of three panels. Like he's yeah. like, I'm going to marry a lady. Then he breaks out. Then he's on a train. Then he's nailing dudes. Then he's. Back. I was with Robbie. Then I was with Jimmy. A, cra- a train so crashed. Green and Lantern. So you're not. You're not getting the time frame of how because you can't because it's three panels and then you have Dobie's like. Did they murder that boy? That bu- 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 I love Doiby Dale. The, the one word bubble where he starts talking about murder I is the one that I couldn't out take. And just it. ask me questions. So I, I'm telling you, you're like I, I'm one of those guys that get annoyed at shit like you know Etrigan rhyming, Bizarro backwards fucking talk, Zatanna's backwards. I hate all of that. I can get so down on some Doiby Dickle talk though. It was so uh, it was so over the top, and you just go back to Doiby. Is this when you tell me? Is this when you tells me that you got the power? No, not yet, Dobby. Oh, Moida. Oh, when he says that, I, I think it's. I want to find it. It's so over the top. It's like there. Oh, hang on. You got a Moida victim? Someone from that last boat and drought? The same <laughs> way as that army kicked Johnny Led, and it seems like da Moida. I know. I kept you around for a reason. Masquerading. <laughs> As Dark Green Lantern? I'm like, oh, Lantern? That's so good. I'm like, what is, what is this? Get the fucking nickels out of your mouth, asshole. Don't do it, Dewey. You're perfect get, the way you I are. I get you're trying to get the mood and the thing. It's way, I mean, it's really, if, if they end up at some point and, you know, you're there and he, it's a taxi, it's going to be, hey, forget about it, forget about it. He's just going to keep saying it. It's just nonsense. It's just bad. It's bad dialogue. It's Romeo. All right, check this out. I like the art throughout this issue. Doiby Dickel is the best part of the issue. The rest of the thing is a tragic tale that could have been way better and dealt with things way better than it actually did in this to get to Alan Scott and his power. It just comes off as 
a literal train wreck to follow what's going on in this book. And it's so disappointing because I had such high hopes for this. Even with people complaining, I'm like, this could be really good because I'm okay with Alan Scott being gay. Show me the hidden years. Show me where this makes sense and why people should care about this Alan Scott, knowing that he is gay and has been the whole time. There's so much drama to the story. This is, like I said, is a train wreck, though. And because of that, I'm giving it a 3.5 out of 10. I'm giving it a three, and you said a couple things. I like the train wreck, Eric. I'll give you credit there. But Uh, when you say it's a weird play, you're giving the hidden years and the hidden story that's not quite. I just say hidden years. It's not really. I'm saying I just say that for things like this. I don't really mean it like that, though. But again, when you go back to me, it was going to be more about the the struggle of him trying to hide the sexuality. I get that you want to have him, you know, out and proud and about it. And that's the drama it, but, I'm talking about. And we're not getting that. We're, we're getting Tim Sheridan almost like, and again, he's so upset about saying it's a retcon, but because he's saying it was always like this, but no, 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 you, you're changing a story. It, but it, it was a retcon to say that it was always like this. And you're showing more of the retcon explaining it. And I'm okay with it. It's a, it's an okay retcon. Just do it good. That's a blockable offense to that asshole. Now, if you say that, even if you try to explain it, he blocked me for no reason. I don't even know why I ended up tr- basically my play when he blocked me was I told somebody, well, maybe I said it in a weird way, but I, I think I did I say, <laughs> let's, let's wait to see how it is. Like I, but I might have phrased it as, "Let's wait till it comes out till we realize it's horrible." It might have been that. Eric. I didn't say that. I all I said was, "You guys are ripping something apart before we're able to read it. Let's read it. If it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. Let's decide from the actual work." Blocked. Yeah. And I didn't get it. I'm like, I, this was a guy who actually was DMing me at parts, and we were oh yeah, we, we were friends. I thought, and then he did that, and I'm like. He's just going well, crazy online with this. acquaintances. And so really, and it, it worked on me in this, this review that we had. He seems desperate because his books fail. This might be his last chance. It's, it's probably something that he is near and dear to him and he wants it to succeed. But instead of relying on his work. Well, I'm saying even the way he went on, that's what we talked about in the first issue, because, you know, his like, you know, way of getting people on his side or attacking people who aren't on his side I, I don't agree with it, but I understand it because no matter what, this is like your last chance. You need to succeed here and do anything you can to succeed because if it fails, you're kind of gone because you, everything you keep doing fails. You're you're turning off some people that may never look at it anyway, but you're 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 poisoning the well in my mind. The idea that if he goes from here and then hey, we just want you to do Flash, or you're going to do this, or you're going to do that. There are going to be people who have such a bad taste in their mouth because of him attacking people and, and pretty much because of our scores now. I'm afraid that if he heard this, he would say that the only reason we scored it that way is because we're homophobic. I think that we ended I'm up tired explaining of it. Homophobic. And I'm, I'm, I see <laughs> you end up where the whole play is. We tried to explain why and actually almost begging to give it a better you know deal give it more care of what you're doing don't just it feels like it's he's on the attack even in the story that he's going to force it instead of showing you a clever way to make it work which you could it, it's easy you know to sucks? show i was at that halloween party like you know for like last month obviously during the halloween season you know dressed up as my sexy aquaman but during that thing i hadn't seen my friends in months probably like six months almost to a year at that point I, it's been a long time and I made the mistake of going to my friends and doing this thing that you should never do to your friends, especially your friends like me, and opened up to them and told them how upset I was that people at DC Comics thought I was homophobic. And because I said this and told them how upset I was, for the rest of the That's evening, they, kept they just kept calling you. me a homophobe. There you go. Oh, you son of a bitch. That's what happens, Eric. You don't open up like that. I was that. so upset. But yeah. Yeah, I 
you know, I'm a lot of things. I don't think I'm a homophobe. I I end up being, you know, kind of, you know, loosey-goosey again. But I I yell a lot. But again, in this, I just feel like Tim Sheridan is just, it doesn't go past it to me that he's just a horrible writer. And this is a horribly written comic. The dialogue, the progression, the lack of setup, all that, it's bad. The art's pretty good, 3 out of 10. You gave it a 3.5. And you're usually somebody who is a little like, I'll go. How low can you go? Like I, on the site, I've had like point five well, look, and things I like that. I can go lower, but the thing is, the art's strong, and you ain't never seen a stronger dog. No, I'm saying a, a three. <laughs> strong, strong indeed. Ah, but what is your book of the week? My book of the week is Titans Beast World number one. That's mine as well. And again, I want to stress the idea. If you were worried, oh, I didn't read any of the Nightwing, I didn't read the Titans. Don't worry. If you want to go and get a vibe of that kind of worlds type fun. <laughs> I don't know. Brother Eternity's weird if you don't know anything about it going in. No, Brother Eternity's weirder if you do know what it was going in. That was one <laughs> of our biggest problems. Uh, he's barely in it. He's flying to a moon and he's tamarinated. You could you could go with it. And really, some of the things you just ask somebody to say, "Hey, what's up with this Brother Eternity?" They're like, "Hey, he's bullshit." All right, let's go. So yeah, I I think that you can get by and just listen to us talk about some things, and then you'll know. But that's my book. Of the week as well Let's talk about what we're going to talk about next week We finally get a little bit of a reprieve There's not right. as many books Not a million books We won't have to record on Friday Eric. That's that's always the deal I really, when I count I sit there and there's that point Where if you get to like an 8 oh, or it's a 9 point we call it. That's, <laughs> where, that's when you're like Oh, because we just go down We never know until the night we're recording We'll go down And I've gone down the list As I'm counting I'm like, all right I ran out of fingers Yeah, once we get to Seven is that There's the breaking point We can really go with That we play And sometimes eight Because we'll do Eight's the breaking point You go past that Eight's the real breaking point And still though When we have And what we mean is Two of the books That we're going to mention Are on the Patreon spotlight So we record those Thursday The rest have to be done After obviously when we do have eight books, that means six, six are on the regular manageable. podcast. That's manageable, but it's still a bit of a pain in the ass. Like that to me, because I have to edit it then, it's mm-hmm. still, I know we're not going to do the front, but I sit there and I'm like, oh man, it's going to suck on Saturday, but it's doable. You hit that nine, you're done. Now we have to, <laughs> so it's one of those. Thank so. God it's Friday. Oh yeah, yeah. So we have seven books that we'll be dealing with. Two of these will be on the Patreon spotlight. You can listen to that as well as a ton of other shows. A show that I have brewing, Eric. I have a new show that I might do as long as it's I can prove right to now. myself. Later it's going to be ruined. That's the thing. I need to prove to myself that I can continue doing the things that I already – and if I can prove that, I have another one that I think would be pretty cool. But besides that, we have a lot of reading clubs. We have a walking The Guy Gardner Warrior podcast, hell isn't boy. it? No, it's, it's pretty neat. Uh, we have a year one podcast. We have a crisis events podcast. All these things. Each week there are – Probably legitimately like 15 podcasts that we have in a week. And you could listen to whatever, all of them, some of them. There's always something. I do a a Grant Morrison reading club with my man, Gray. He's actually got me to enjoy Grant Morrison, unlike our friend here, Eric Shea. But. What did I do? The big play is every Thursday night. What am I night. supposed to do about every, this? Every Thursday night. We I tell have you to read old shit all the time. You're two like, I books. I do. I always read what you tell me to. It's, you know, <laughs> except when you're like, you go to read House of M. And I'm like, oh. Let's, oh, 200 issues. You still haven't read that yet? No, no. Just read the main story, motherfucker. We're going to be doing that on the Crisis deal. Right now, if people were interested uh, on the Marvel side of things, we're doing the 2015 Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars that Eric hates. 
Well, that's the thing is, when you're reading the 2015 Jonathan Hickman Secret Wars, all you can think to yourself is, why am I not reading House of M? The reason why we're doing that, though, is because they're doing the deal to bring back the Ultimate Universe. Now Jonathan Hickman's doing that, so we thought it was timely. But not timely comics, or When you go into these, two of these books will be on the Patreon spotlight. Thursday night, you join the Patreon. There is a seven-day free trial. So a bunch of people in the last couple of weeks have taken advantage of nice. the uh, free trial. So that's really cool. Uh, but these are the books. Batman number 140. Okay. I'm sitting there like I'm looking. I'm like, all right, I think we're doing some uh, things there, right? And the little little brain things. Zirin R. Yeah, I don't even remember what happened. I remember when we talked about the last issue. Zirin oh. R is going to kill Joker. Yeah, yeah, that that's it. <laughs> um, I have a uh, feeling that people will get what they wanted coming up, but it might not be what they wanted, Eric. What do you think of that? Is that is I don't that know what cool to think book? of that. I have a feeling Failsafe's going to be coming back. I hear rumblings that people are like, Chip Sadarsky's You've been telling hits. me that for months, though. He's been, well, he said they're always still out there, but there's been like things that he'll like side little jokes and things on social media. So we'll, we'll see if, if it's soon or not later. One thing that I may talk to somebody about, not an Eric Shea, but somebody else, I don't know, but there's a Batman Santa Claus Silent Night series coming out during December. It's by Jeff Parker, I believe. It seems kind of neat. It's nothing that we would talk about on the regular show, but I might end up grabbing somebody and maybe uh, I'll do that. It seems kind of fun. But what's Santa Claus going to think about that if Batman's Santa Claus? Because it's well established that Santa Claus is real in the DC universe. Well, I think it's actually the real Santa. I don't know. It's weird. The cover I look, it's it's, uh, Superman reading a comic to a kid and Santa Claus looking very leering. And the deal, like he's like the a did- naughty kid, like he's the diddler or something. And no. it is Jeff Parker with Michelle uh, Bandini on art. Pretty cool deal. So that's that's a good creative team. And here uh, we're not going to talk about it. So why not read the solicit to you? Because maybe you'll get excited. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's it. The four part crossover event of a generation. Yeah, yeah, really begins when a not so jolly Saint Nick hits Gotham City to investigate a brutal crime. And the days oh, leading God. up to Christmas, maybe he has to think of whoever did this is on the naughty list and has to figure it Obviously. out. What manner of man or beast could have committed such atrocities? With the help of his former student, Batman, Santa will team up now, with the heroes. I, I swear to God, I thought you were going to go, fuck you, of the DC <laughs> Universe to right this wrong. Or the world wakes up to coal in their stockings, a brutal two-fisted holiday tale of hope, wonder, and monster hunting. It's the perfect treat to ring in the holidays. I love all of those things. It's it's claws in canon, it says at the end. Is, does that Is make sense? C L A W S? C L A U S in canon. I don't I don't get it there. Santa Claus in canon. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. I don't like the way they say So we're not dealing with that, so take that. Birds of Prey number four. There was talk, I guess, uh Kelly Thompson had said that Barbara Gordon's gonna be joining the team coming up, which I think people will enjoy. As Batgirl or Oracle? Probably Oracle. I think that's Hopefully. the classic deal. Blue Beetle number four. You love that. Don't All right. You? It's a weird book. That's a book that gets lost in the shuffle in my mind. I want to love that book. I just don't love that book because it's this weird thing because Blue Beetle has changed because they changed Blue Beetle because of the movie that people love. But everything that they love about the movie is not Blue Beetle. But now the comic is just what the movie is. And I'm like – I don't know how to feel, and they're just changing so many things in the comic. And for some reason, Starfire's there, and I don't know why. That's uh, 
uh, Josh Trillio. Ter- but terrible writer. Peter. I love Heidi. Terrible writer. The, the, that fucking graduation day sucked. And this is, again, he's never telling the story of Blue Beetle. Fuck that, Eric. But we'll be talking about it. Hopefully, I like this one better. Fire and Ice, Welcome to Smallville, number four. Another you book everybody book. hates. I think it's kind of funny. And I, I give it the deal. Kind last, of bullshit. Last issue was, <laughs> was a bit of bullshit. We'll see. We'll see. Poison Ivy, number 17. Somebody what asked me week? the other day. Poison Ivy. What, what is this week? It's Drive Jim Nuts week. That's what it is. But somebody the oh, other day. you don't got any listeners week. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, well, this was that week that we always ended up with. This is the Batman Ink Week. Yeah, this was the Batman Ink Week. It's one of those. It's like the devil's hand. We're sitting there and like, oh, we don't have to record on Friday. And then we're like, oh, do we have to record at all? Because nobody's going to listen to this bullshit. But hopefully they like the banner, Eric. Somebody asked me, somebody asked me that was watching some of the videos on uh, YouTube and said, hey, I heard a lot of stuff about the Poison Ivy book. Should I read it? What do you think I told him, Eric? This is a a first eight issues. I actually said the first six, but I ended up saying, yeah, give it a shot. You know, try it out. There were a lot of people who liked it more than me. It gets a little wonky. It loses its way. But after the initial story, I said, there's by no that reason. Point, yeah, I said, by that point, decide on your own. But I did say that you should probably check it out. Check it out so you know what's going on. Especially if you knew what came before with the idea of Queen Ivy and uh, Naive Ivy being put back together, but the powers being stripped. Nobody, nobody cares about that but you. But that That's ended the up at, the end, part of the, at the end of the deal. I said to him, like, hey, let me know what you thought when you read it. Never got back to me. So maybe you thought I was bullshit. Shazam number maybe. six. Uh-oh. People the fun The book. fun train has been derailed. Eric. One of did. my favorite superheroes of all time, and I just can't get behind it, and it kills me. It, it doesn't. Does it kill? It does. Here's, well, here's the thing. All I've wanted was a Shazam book for fucking forever. Well, here's the play here. This is where I'm going one, with sucks. the idea. More people like the Shazam book than most of the other Shazam books we've dealt with. Well, because the other one sucked. Well, because it's just trying to have fun. You're there and Shazam ain't no fun business to you. This ain't no laughing matter. You, you want Shazam, Captain Marvel, serious book. It's not that. But I go back to... And that's not serious. Take, take the continuity and how things work serious. You can still have fun with the character because he is still a boy. It, it, like uh, When you say you can't have the fun, He's I want the boy. fun, but the fun shouldn't be outside sources like space bureaucratic dinosaurs and tourists freaking gorilla cities and uh, and just asshole gods and champions ruining the goddamn power of Shazam. So you want Osul, Jay, and Billy with their shits off in, in the boiler room. Can we do that? I don't that? know what's wrong with you. I, Can I we just, do that? You, you make like, it the worst. You go in and they're you like. You make me question things and I know you. I think we're alone now. They're dancing around. Oh, God. <laughs> dancing around. <laughs> Rather than, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that boiler room, Eric. I'm not invited. And then we have Titans. Good. Be- Titans Beast World. Now, just imagine me down there with them, too. I got my shirt up, big fat asshole. You're arrested. Hey, kids. Hey, uh, Titans Beast World Tour Metropolis number one. No, no, it's good. Here, listen to this. Now, me and you, I, I occasionally I'll come out of retirement and I'll do a couple uh, written reviews. Not many. Right. But you, you have you're in retirement, right? One of the things that used to drive us nuts, and we would actually even discuss things between us of like how you do label a book you would go by the dc site i would always say to you well i go by the compact roundup because i'm worried more about that catching it right away whatever we can deal with it but there's always those books that have long titles bullshit titles you don't know here's this colons here titans titans colon beast world colon 
tour colon Metropolis number one. Like, what the fuck are, are is you, that? Is there, is there really a colon after Beast World in the tour? Titans the colon Beast World colon tour colon Metropolis number one. That That is bullshit. Like, it's, it, look, look, you got Titans Beast, okay? But World Tour, World Tour goes together with Beast World Tour. Don't do that. Colons. It's like they want to separate the Beast World because that's the name of the event and then add the tour. But you're doing the Beast World Tour Metropolis. Don't. There's no reason for that other colon. There's no. more colons here than Eric on a Wednesday night. You don't need that. You don't need that, Eric. You, it's a lot you, of colons. Eric, I was going to call you something. I, 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 I was going to call you what your friends were calling you at the party, but I don't want somehow out of context that to stick for you, so I didn't do it. But, yeah, two of these books will be on the Patreon spotlight. How I would you make say a joke right about now, me banging dudes on Wednesday where I become a homophobe with what you're talking about? you a self-hater. I, I think that Titans Beast World colon so tour colon Metropolis number one, that'll probably be on the spotlight. Along with what I would say, Eric, Fire and Ice. I think that that has been Blue a bunch beetle. of times. Maybe. I don't know. You uh, doth protest too much about the Shazam. You may have ticketed that right too. <laughs> That's a lot of the times that it happens. I know that, yeah, yeah, he's trying to scientifically figure out how people vote. It's a losing battle. It really is. Oh, yeah. it, it goes no each idea. week. It's a fickle lot, is what I say. That's the thing the is, every week we say what we think it's going to be. It's never those things. No, last week we forgot to say it, and then it became the wackiest thing. I wasn't there to guide him. <laughs> but when we say something is, sometimes it's not because it's against us. Then it's like, oh, I hope it's not that. That'll be the one. It's so I better crazy, pick the so. worst book possible to make them talk about for the spotlight exactly. just because like, Vendetta. Oh, my God. It's so funny. I'm like, oh, my God. I hope that we don't have Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, and Superman 78. I think I just make up shit there. But those are coming out, too. Two of those books, patreon.com slash weird. <laughs> we wouldn't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, but I hope everybody enjoyed, even as we yelled and screamed. And there's some, again, that Alan Scott book is one of those plays where a lot of... Some poignant questions in there. And also because it's kind of a sensitive deal. It's kind of a minefield at points, and I hope that we didn't offend anybody or... Either way, I'm not even saying well, however that, that was we would have. Yeah, we're trying to discuss it and things like that. So, and I just, you know, Eric's a hater. You, you already said God, you were a blue earther. You hate aliens, and I'm just saying you mean, you know, real aliens here on Earth. God like aliens that would have lord their power over me? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. All right, but that's it. That is it, Eric. I don't have a voice left, and you're hoping that that is the case. But that is it, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Check these show notes for all the links, all that stuff. All that jazz, Eric, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. Week. Keep it weird. Weird. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Zero point zero. Bitches! You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Is there anybody going to bother reading the story all about a power girl named Paige? It's a comic that you want to like, but then you're sorry when you stop reading it in a rage. Power Girl. Girl. When I think of all the shit that I just keep on reading, it makes me want to give up and just cry. But then Eric says it might get good 
Did research. 